Obviously, it's UFC 300 week in Las Vegas. Friday, also in Las Vegas, it's the second PFL event of the season. Had a great start on Thursday. Uh, Dakota Cheva with a solid win. You had Moldovsky on there. You had a bunch of uh, former Bellator fighters, Liz Carmouche, getting a win as well in her PFL debut. And so I want to let you know that the PFL is back on April 12th with the lightweights and light heavyweights throwing it down. Last week, it was the women's flyweights and the heavyweights. You've got names like Impa Kasangane, who, of course, uh, won the 2023 light heavyweight tournament. You also have Clay Collard and Bellator, former champ, one Patricky Pitbull is, uh, is going to be on the card against Clay Collard. So if you're in Vegas for 300, go check them out. If you're at home, check them out over on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Uh, Plus. That is Friday, April 12th, live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... No! Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life. On this Wednesday, December 1st, 2021. Hello again, everyone. Hope you're doing well on this beautiful Wednesday in New York City. First day of December. December already here? This is crazy. I can't believe December is already here. We have a month left. And then it's a whole new year, 2022. This is nuts. Don't have that many shows left. The year has flown by. What a year it has been. I'm a little out of sorts. Seconds before we went live, I was drinking my water. Pre-game sip. The cap fell on the ground, and now I have to deal with an open water bottle because rest assured, I'm not putting that cap back on that bottle and then putting it on my lips. Are you kidding me? I'd have to take a bath in Purell right here and now, and no one wants to see that. Now, no time to dilly-dally, my friends. Uh, We have a lot to get to on today's program with a lot of guests. Breaking news last night. Kind of threw us for a bit of a loop, but we're going to get to all of it and then some at around 4 o'clock. We're going to be uh, answering your questions on the nose. Everyone's favorite segment of the week. You know where to ask the questions by now. I just checked before we went live. We have like 140 questions in there. What the hell? It's going to take me two hours to get through all of those. Uh, but I appreciate the love very much, and we will get to as many as possible. At around 3.30, we'll be joined by GC. George Connor get his best for the weekend. There's a lot going on in the world of MMA, maybe boxing as well. I don't know, but it's 135 City, so we'll check in with him, see if we can start the month on a good note. Rafael Dos Anjos is going to join us at 3 o'clock. A lot going on with him. Can't wait to talk to him. Been a while for me. Brad Riddell is one half of the co-main event for the UFC card on Saturday against Rafael Faziev. Fantastic fight. And I always love talking to Brad Riddell, so we'll check in with the City Kickboxing product at 2.30. At 2.05, we'll check in with Gunnar Nelson. Hasn't fought in over two years. Every week, someone asks me about him. So I figured, hey, let's get Gunny on the program. He'll join us at around 2.05. At 1.45, we'll be joined by Sergio Pettis, the Bellator bantamweight champion who defends his title on Friday. Fantastic main event on Friday in Connecticut against Kyoji Horiguchi, the Ryzen champ, former Bellator champ, blew his knee, had to take time off, vacated both belts, won the Ryzen title, now going back to get the Bellator title. At 1.20, we're going to be joined by Kevin Lee, 
who was released from the UFC yesterday. Breaking news. More on that in a second and more on our first guest in a matter of milliseconds. But let me tell you very quickly right off the bat that, as always, we are presented by DraftKings, our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of not only the UFC, not only the NFL, but also your favorite MMA show, the MMA Hour. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and please use the code THEMMAHOUR. That's very important for a special offer when you sign up. Again, that's code THEMMAHOUR only at DraftKings. Now, big main event on Saturday in Vegas. Rob Font, Jose Aldo, like I said, bunch of 135ers fighting this weekend, not only in MMA but in boxing as well. That's a massive one. On Monday, we spoke to Font, but to kick off today's show, we have to kick things off with the other half of the New England cartel. Now, there's more than two guys, but these are the two most famous guys. We found out last week that he's finally going to return to action on January 15th, almost exactly a year since his last fight. This time, it's against Giga Chikadze, a very tough rising star at 145 pounds. Of course, we're talking about Calvin Cater, who's joining us from Las Vegas, because, of course, he is there for his buddy, Rob Font. There he is. Calvin, how are you? I'm doing good, Ari. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Uh, so big fight for the team on uh, Saturday with Rob Font uh, against Jose Aldo. Massive fight for him. We find out last week that you're coming back almost exactly to the day of your last fight. Did that, I mean, when you got the date, did you, uh, did you notice that it was, it was, it's 364 days since your last fight, January 15th, you last fought January 16th. Kind of weird, no? Yeah, not because of my doing. I've been ready for a while now, but uh, it's funny how it worked out. And uh, it'll be two years now without a, a, a nice Christmas plate, mm. you know. But uh, I, I don't really miss that so much um, as I did earlier in my career. But uh, I, I, I'm happy to just have another opportunity, main event for uh, the, the biggest promotion in the world. So that's interesting. I actually thought it was your call to wait that long. Of course, we know how the fight against Max Holloway went. And I just thought that you, you know, needed some time off. You wanted some time off. In your perfect world, when would you have returned? Uh, I mean, not right away, obviously. Uh, you know, you got to be smart about things. And as much as I would, like, you know, my heart probably wanted me to get back in there. My brain said, take some time and, and just be patient. And my team, you know, it was a collective decision. Uh, but realistically, I mean, I'd say like six months sounded like probably realistic. But uh you know, more time. I never got worse preparing for a fight with more time. So, uh, you know, I just kind of played as it goes. And, and uh, I've been just training hard. And, and we've been getting in some work now for a while. So I'm ready to go uh, beginning of 2022, kick off the year again with uh, with another main event. Did you see this clip of Dana White from your fight last year where it seems like he's genuinely concerned that you were going to die, say to your team, like, get the, get the guy to the hospital right away. Have, have you seen this clip? And, and when you see it, what do you think? I've seen it briefly. Uh, I think it's, it's nice people care about me, but, uh, you know, I think a little bit of that. Maybe, I don't know if it's for the cameras or whatnot. I don't know what to believe with this shit, man. All I know <laughs> is what I can control, and that's me going in there and, and trying to take the guy out in front of me. You know, Max did a better, a better job that night. Props to him. He's one of the greatest of all time for a reason. And I was happy to share the octagon with him that night. And, and we picked up some, uh, you know, we obviously picked up some uh, some things we need to work on and improve. And and, um, and I think we've done that, you know. So I'm excited to go out and show those improvements in the next one. And um, but as, as far as Dana, like, uh, freaking out. I mean, I get it, man. It's It, it probably didn't look that good, but... Uh, you know, people giving Tyson probably a lot of shit for not throwing in the towel, but 
Uh, he probably would have had a lot more shit to deal with with me than all the comments, you know. Uh, and, and he sees me a lot more than all these, uh, you know, keyboard warriors. Right. So at any point, you weren't worried about your own health, your your, you know, your your I'm longevity, fighter, man. Yeah. I, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the in the moment, no. Right. <laughs> in the moment, I'm trying to like definitely uh, survive, but also try to get my hand raised, man. And and. You know, you see it all the time. Yaya with the one-second knockout. You know, you can't count a guy out to the last second. But um, I, I also – I give him shit, but I, I wouldn't have uh, – you know, I, I get a sense to me too. If, if, if they were, they'd do what they did. Uh, you know, we deal with it as a team anyway. But uh, it worked out the way it did, and, and here we are. How long did it take for you to fully recover from that fight? Like you said, six months, you would have been good. But, like, I mean, obviously you needed a break, right? When did you start to feel like yourself in the gym – following that fight January 16th of this past year? Well, I was kind of going hard for, for a while. I was training right through that pandemic. And, uh, I mean, I had fought, like, nonstop for a long time. So I probably could have used a little bit of a, uh, a shakeout from uh, in between camps and things. But um, I, I was pretty much go mode for a long time. But um, we're coming back from that trip uh, from Abu Dhabi to Vegas, we pit stop in Vegas and we did our concussion protocol, uh, you know, our, and my baselines were better than my, uh, my debut in 2017. So I felt like you know, overall I was with it. Uh, I could take a lot of damage, unfortunately, but I get, you know, people like to you know be tough in this game. I know being tough can get you hurt, but um, you know, it just so happened, man, the way it worked out, Max, you know, landed some good shots and, uh, and, and dictated the fight, but I felt good. Um, uh, I felt good pretty much, you know, obviously like a, even that 17 hour flight, man, tell me about how I felt even just at, how long it took me to settle in after just the time change of that 17 hour fight, right. uh, flight. And then, you know, fighting at whatever time we did. I know last time I was out there, we fought at 8 AM. Uh, we're up in the pool having drinks at like 11 and flying out at 2 PM. I was like, what a way to wake up, you know? Right. So, okay. So in this particular case, you're fighting in Vegas, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. Um, I've been looking to fight in Vegas for a long time. Rob's on his, like, eighth fight in Vegas now. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Vegas out here, you know, spoiled. So uh, I'm happy, man. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be able to compete and then, you know, hopefully be done around that 9 o'clock time frame out here and then just, you know, not be in such a rush to to see people that come out and support me and before we all jet back to our home our hometowns, you know. I was I was wondering if by the beginning of 2022 they'd start to move out of the Apex for these fight night events, but it doesn't seem like that's the case with your event being at the Apex. I mean, it's nice. It's probably very, um, you know, easy to access from the hotel, no stress. But, you know, are you jonesing for a big crowd show? Is that, you know, because of the pandemic, you haven't had an opportunity? I know in Abu Dhabi there were a few fans, but like, you know, these, these you know, 15, 18,000 you know, capacity crowd events that we've had so many times over the years. Yeah, it'd be great to have those back. Uh, I do have a lot of people planning on coming out and supporting me, but they won't be in the venue on right. fight night, unfortunately. You know, it won't be a few of them, but um, they, they're just chomping at the bit to come out and support me. So they're just coming. And, I mean, part of that's just Vegas, you know? Too, right, you know, right, right. People love a reason to go to Vegas, but... Uh, I'm just happy to be able to have some of my family come out. I know during the pandemic, they couldn't even travel. So uh, I'm just mm. happy that they could at least travel to the to the city, state, you know, and uh, and we can hopefully uh, enjoy some food or something like that after the fight because I, I haven't even been able to do that in a long time. So uh, I'm just grateful for that. Have you had a chance? Have you wanted to sit down and watch the full 25-minute fight against Holloway? Uh, I, I've watched it, yeah. 
Yeah, I've watched it. I mean, it was uh, – I mean, I landed some shots, but as bad as it was, I did land some shots, but Max is tough, man. He walked through. He, he pressured well uh, like he did in the Yair fight. And like I said, I definitely picked up a lot of things that he did in that fight, and he did a great job of it. And uh, a, a guy is, you know, uh, solid as, uh, you know, Max or some of these other greats in the game, like they can – it's like they could put a, uh, a mistake under a microscope and magnify it, right, you know, right. on fight night. So it's not like it, it, it could have looked like a lot – like it was really, really bad, but it was kind of just like I think minimal things that I did wrong that, you know, on fight night – just it, it looked at the way it did but also you know max came ready to go but i don't forget the the reporters all counting them all always on our own two fights uh skid you know what do you think if he loses this fight he could be the next kevin lee <laughs> uh-huh. you know uh but it, that's all bullshit i was like you know you guys are all they, they just want the next storyline next clip man uh, i knew max was tough when he went in there and um uh, and you know i just appreciative the opportunity to have these big moment opportunities and, and uh, main events and you're going to fight tough guys when you get them. You know, you don't – a great main event isn't one side. It's both sides, you know. So, um, I think it made for a great fight. Like I said, Max Max did his thing. And uh, I'm looking forward to earning the opportunity to step in there with him again. Uh, and these, the comments I read, man, it just shows me how these guys are just built different. Like, you know, that's why they stay in the comment section. What Meaning like people counting you out, not thinking that you can beat a Max Holloway, that type of stuff? No, no, just like how could you like even want to fight that guy again? Oh, you right, know, right, like right. the stat. I mean, I don't know. That's so what I, makes I'm you cool different. With, with, yeah, I'm cool with stumbling on my way trying to chase greatness, man. These guys stumble on the way to the supermarket. <laughs> don't let the comments get to you. You shouldn't read yeah, the comments. No, I mean, no, they're funny, man. Something. I mean, at least spell my damn name right. Right. Oh, I was gonna come. do the, you know, just. Yeah, every now and then, man, it's, it's funny because, I mean, you can't help but read it sometimes yeah. when you're already on it and then you catch it. But, uh, no, I mean, it, it's, all, it's, it's all funny, man. We, we joke about it, too, all the time. Like, the, the higher rank you get, the, the higher the ladder you climb, the more qualified your critics, too, man, because they come with statistics. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, they're, they're pretty good, man. So, uh, you know, shout out to the F the that, haters. F that. Don't read that stuff. I, I it, it, Nothing makes me more upset sad when i see like a fighter like you like you went in there 25 minutes yeah it didn't go your way but you freaking laid it all on the line and then you'll you'll go on your instagram whatever and there's people i mean like what compels someone to go straight to the source tag you and write like just if you, you know what if you want to critique don't freaking tag the guy just do it on your own little page but like to go straight to you you don't think this guy knows that you know he didn't win he didn't lose like come on man it, it I, I don't understand the mentality of someone that does that, and uh, I hope you don't take it to heart. Could I ask, though, you, you mentioned something you know, earlier. You said you know, a couple things that I did wrong. Just you know, from your expert brain, like what did you do wrong? What do you wish you would have done differently in that fight? I mean, a lot of, lot of little things. Uh, he, did, he did a lot of things well. Uh, you know, I'll let Giga try to figure all that shit out. Okay. <laughs> but as far as I'm concerned, like, as far as the last fight, man, honestly – I know people are going to want to talk about it, but even if I won the damn thing, I wouldn't really want to talk about it that much anyway. I probably want to talk about it less. You know okay. what I mean? All right. Uh, but, but, and, and I hear you, but as far as like, I, I'm not so much focused on, on uh, like the last guy as much as I am the next guy. And even aside from that, I'm more focused on myself than the next guy. You know what I mean? I just, I don't really care so much about most of these guys. I mean, I'm trying to just focus on, on myself. I think you can get lost in the opponent, especially when they switch them up on you on fight league, some shit happens. 
Um, I really just try to keep my focus on, on the things I can control, staying in the present moment, all the boring shit, man. But it really is what pays, uh, you know, pays and shows and, and results uh, on fight night. You just keep focusing on, on what you can control. So let me ask you, what have you improved on the most since we last saw you? What did you feel like you needed to, you needed to work on this past year and what do you think you're better at? I've just been continuing to improve. I haven't stopped, man. Over the pandemic, I think I've seen the most gains, you know, aside from obviously it didn't work out the, the well in the last one, but I made a lot of improvements through the pandemic. And since then, um, you know, just, just continuing to improve as a martial artist or well-rounded martial artist, I could have presented a lot more threats to, uh, to Max on fight night. And, um, you know, even just switching it up, maybe shooting the takedown, maybe taking just, just different, you know, if one door shuts, try another one, uh, and, and things like that. But, um, uh, you know, it didn't really, didn't really show my full, um, you know, arsenal in that fight. But um, that being said, man, like I said, I think I'm making improvements in the total MMA game. And wherever the fight goes with Giga, I'm ready, man. So Giga, is, is he a guy that you were aware of? Like when, when they get, I mean, obviously he's been doing some things, but do you watch the other guys in your weight class? Did you know who he was? Did you know that he was on this role? I mean... As of late, maybe, you know, maybe when he called me out after uh, he said some shit, I guess, I think after the max fight, yeah. like probably a week or two later, someone, like I said, I really don't pay attention a ton, but someone had, uh, I'm in a group message with all my buddies. Uh, it's like a UFC chat that they always, that's how I found out uh, like Jerry Miss Weight was from my group chat. I would just made weight. And then in my group chat, I'm looking at the message like, oh, Jeremy showed up overweight, this, that. And I'm like, uh, so I'm in a group text and it's always current, uh, you know, anything to do with the UFC and, and they're on it, man. These guys are good, but, uh, <laughs> and supposedly Gig had said something, uh, honestly, I don't even know what he said, but, uh, it was distasteful. Gig had some, uh, something, something he wanted to say after my last fight. And, uh, you know, I'm looking at, uh, I'm looking forward to the opportunity to make him pay for it in the next one. Um, you know, Max, you know the champ, obviously. I'm sure you're aware of the champ in your weight class, Volkanovski. Could I ask, who do you think wins if they meet for a third time? Honestly, uh, I'd say it'd be closer to like that last one, just 50-50 maybe. But I got a lot of respect for both those guys, man. Uh, I, I like the way they carry themselves. They take on, you know, the champ wants contenders, um, and he's not afraid of, you know, to to take them on. And, and He's just, they're just down to fight. You know, they're about it. They, they want the tough competition. They want who's, who's the best uh, and who's next in line. And I respect that. So um, I think the bottom guys underneath there got to figure it out. And uh, I'm just going to work on, uh, you know, like I said, what I can control, try to earn those big moment opportunities back against uh, the top dogs. And that starts with a big win over Giga in January. Uh, and for the team, it continues with Rob fighting Jose Aldo this weekend. Massive fight for him. Uh, I, and he, you know, I had an opportunity to talk to him on Monday, which was very exciting. Uh, I haven't had an opportunity to have him on the show prior to that. He seems ready to go. He seems pretty, uh, pretty locked in. Uh, you're, I'm, I'm assuming your level of confidence going into this fight for your guy, for your buddy, for your training partner is pretty damn high. Always through the roof, man. And, uh, that's, that's an earned perspective. Every, I, I got a front row seat at, uh, you know, Rob's training camp. Uh, every day and and the kid just finds a way to improve and, and look better even through the injury I was almost the most impressed when he when he uh, messed up his knee he he found a way to improve without even physically training you know mentally just watching films studying and uh, yeah the kid's impressive man he, he puts in the work and and um, it's no it's no surprise that he has this you know 
big fight, uh, big moment opportunity in front of him, and I'm excited for him. Uh, you're a New England guy, obviously. Patriots fan? Hell yeah, 8-4, and four, baby. Come Let's go. on, man. I'm happy we're having you on Wednesday. I'm a Bills fan. Bills Mafia for life. <laughs> Monday Night Football. We're about to tell the world that you guys are a joke, that you're a never was. Mac Jones is all hype. Everyone wants him to be the next Tom Brady. We are going to lay the smackdown on those poser <laughs> Patriots on Monday Night Football. Are you ready for this? Are you ready poser, for some damn football? Poser. Yeah, some poser Patriots. That's right. What do you have to we're say about that? Been. I think the Bills are the never was. Oh, always been. No, no, no. You that was an old era. Approved. You guys are still living in the past, and you're praying to the gods that Mac Jones is one-tenth as good as Tom Brady. Let me tell you what's going to happen when you waltz into Orchard Park on Monday. Josh Allen is going to remind y'all <laughs> that there's a new king of the AFCs. Remember these words Monday night when you guys are watching back home in Frigid, Massachusetts. The Bills are for real. Y'all were never wases, all right? Everyone's so excited. Listen, I'm listen, not talking about the 2014 just... Patriots. I'm talking about the 2021 Patriots. All right, all right. Well, well. that being said, I think you guys should stick to jumping on the tables and uh, during the tailgate and, and let the Patriots worry about playing football on, okay, uh, we'll on see. game day. We'll see. What's your prediction? But my prediction is Patriots. All yep. the way in Bill We Trust, man. Nothing changes. In Bill, Bill We trust. trust. I know we lost a good one in Tom, man. He's got... Man, it's fun to watch him do his thing, but uh, I, I we almost had him in that game, man. That was some bullshit. That was mm. some bullshit. But uh, shout out to Bray for for getting the job done. But Bill's coming, and I hope we see a Bucks Patriots Super Bowl twenty twenty two. Yeah, that, that ain't happening. in Bill, we trust last year when Cam Newton <laughs> was stinking up the joint. Everyone was like, Bill lost his magic. He lost his magic. Now everyone's back on the bandwagon. It don't matter. Yeah. There's a new king in town. Not to be. Buffalo Bills. Not to be confused with in Bills we trust. In ah, Bill we trust. All right, in Bill. We'll Don't see. get it confused over there. I'll text you uh, Monday night at around 11 p.m. Eastern time, and we'll we'll see who, what's what, all, all right? right? We'll have to put a little wager on it. Well, I don't do yeah, that. I don't bet on my team, all right? I don't bet on my team. No, no, no. money. No oh, money. No okay. money. Yeah, we'll, we'll, I'm going to think of something. I'll get back to you. But, all right. Uh, yeah, we're going to put something on. You can't just talk all that shit and not throw <laughs> something on the damn game. All right. Well, uh, I'll, I'll await that text. Good luck on Monday. More importantly, good luck Saturday night to the team. And, of course, good luck on January 15th against Giga. Uh, excited to see you back. That's a great fight. So I wish you the best, my man. Appreciate it, Ariel. Thank you, bro. All right. There he is, Calvin Cater, uh, representing the New England cartel. Uh, they'll have a great night on Saturday. They ain't going to have a great night on Monday night, I'll tell you that. Enough of this. Enough of this nonsense. 10-7 Cater, Mike Heck. I mean, I got two words for you. Enough of this. Okay, the whole world is tired of the damn Patriots. There's a new king of the AFC East. It's time for a change. It's been a nice story for the next, you know, for the last, you know, two months. It's been a nice story. But them days are over. And we shall remind all of you that, yeah, a couple stumbles over the past few weeks... Yeah, sure, we lose Tredavious White, we waltz into New Orleans, we lay the smack down on their candy asses, and we'll let everyone know who's who come Monday night. Don't you worry. On behalf of America, we shall rid you all of those poser patriots. Poser patriots, I should trademark that. Tell Breaking Team. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know the actual travel experience because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home you need a tool to get the most out of your time away 
That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Okay, enough of all that. A matter of seconds, we're going to be joined by Kevin Lee in his first interview since it was first reported by MMAfighting.com. Brazilian beast, Guilherme Cruz, Damon Martin... Shame on all those people who don't provide proper credit when there's uh, exclusive news. And it came out of nowhere around, what was it, 4.30, 4.45, 4.25, something like that. Uh, the news broke that Kevin Lee, after almost eight years, is no longer a member of the UFC. And so you don't want to hear me talk about it. Let's go to the man himself, who I do believe is at an airport right now, about to board a flight. There he is. He told me he'd find a uh, quiet spot. It looks like he found a quiet spot. Hey, Kevin, how are you? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a real professional out here, Ariel. What did <laughs> you think I was going to do? No, you are the man. And I remember after your Chiesa fight, uh, you came on, I think, from the airport as well. Uh, so, you know, we've done this before. Um, Kevin, very sorry to hear this news. Shocking news to me and so many others. Could you tell me when you found out that you were being released from the UFC? Uh, yesterday morning through email, you know, that, that, that was kind of the worst part about it. Didn't really, uh, have the proper, uh, notice or even get a phone call about it. No phone call, no text, no nothing. An email from who? Uh, from Tracy who sends out all the bout agreements. So it wasn't even from Sean or, or Hunter or Dana or any of these guys. And, uh, honestly, that's what pisses me off the most is, is the lack of respect. Have you heard from them since anything? Um, I heard from Hunter. He, he kind of fed me some bullshit, <laughs> but uh, not from nobody else. Okay. So when you get that email, what is your reaction? Um, first, first I'm, I was shocked a little bit. Uh, I didn't really understand what, you know, what, what's going on. But um, then once I talked with my manager, talked with the agent, and, and kind of made sure that it was official, I, I hopped on the phone with a bunch of other people and um, – yeah, p- pissed is pissed, a little bit embarrassed, um, and it really doesn't make much sense to me. And so, did you have any premonition, any feeling, any inkling that this was coming down, or were you completely blindsided by it? You know, I, I had a feeling once uh, once that last fight was over, and it was a shit fight. You know, I, I'm, I'm the first to admit that. Um, but once that last fight was over, and Dana was kind of talking bad on me. I had a feeling like something else was going on. You know, I don't think it, it necessarily had to do with the fight. Um, of course, that's what they're going to tell me. You know, I'm on a two fight losing streak or whatever. Um, one was to the world champion, but I, I think there was more uh, politics and stuff going on behind the scenes. And I got caught in the middle of that. What do you mean by that? Could you elaborate? I mean, I don't really know no more than that. I just know it was more than, I just know it was more than just the fight, you know? 
I know it was more than just uh, about my fighting skills, and I know it was a lot more than than what's on the surface. You said that Hunter Campbell, the uh, the chief counsel for the UFC, did reach out to you, and he fed you some BS, as you said. What what did he I, say to you? As I you reached put- out to him. Oh, you reached out re- to him. Wow, I reached out to him. Okay, I, yeah, I found I found his number. Um, so you know, again, that, that's that's the main thing that that kind of pisses me off about this. When when we in the UFC, like. You, that's really all you're fighting for is your respect. You know, people respect you for being a UFC fighter when you when when they hear the name, like you, they automatically kind of give you some respect. We're not doing it really for the money. Uh, it ain't a whole lot of fame in this shit. So it's like, okay, I've 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 done all this shit for y'all. I've put myself on my, and put my body on the line just to end up with you know an alcohol problem and some tax problems. And at the end of the day, you take my respect away from me too. It's like, okay, well then. You know, shit. What did he say to you? I'm gonna stop right there. Um, like I say, he 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 fed me some shit. Like, you know, you you go be a champion in other organization, and I can make a whole lot more money outside the UFC. I think that they understand that too. That's definitely the truth. I can make a whole lot more money being a free agent. Um, so he kind of told me what I already knew. You know, mm-hmm. long conversation. But they didn't. They. He, a little bit, but I, I kind of cut him off because he wasn't really telling me like what was the real reason. You know what I mean? What's what's really going on? So, yeah, I kind of cut him off. Uh, you mentioned you know the politics. Can I throw a theory your way? Sure, you you do it. You you speak. I okay. Well, I think I, I think you are right to a degree. I think that yes, you are on the two fight losing streak. However, as you mentioned, one of those losses was to the current champion Charles Oliveira, which is nothing to you know, sneeze at, uh, you have multiple knee injuries, you come back after a year and a half and you stumble in that fight, but you're out for a year and a half. And, uh, you know, it's tough to come back and look like your old self in your return fight. Two years ago, you're knocking out Gregor Gillespie at Madison Square Garden in front of 18,000 people, The Rock, the president of the United States, and everyone's saying that you're the next big thing, you know, at 155, you're the new Kevin Lee, reinvented himself, all that stuff. Fine. Uh, Since then... As you know, no breaking news here. Francis himself has talked about it on the show. Francis Ngannou, who's also represented by your uh, manager slash agent, Markel Martin of CAA. Uh, They're not seeing eye to eye. Markel and the UFC aren't seeing eye to eye. Uh, There's CAA, there's Endeavor. They don't see eye to eye because they're two of the biggest talent agencies on the planet. I think you may have been caught in the middle. And the fact that you had the USADA thing, the fact that you had the two-fight losing streak is a good reason to say, hey, let's go our separate ways. You could be a champion somewhere else, make some money, and maybe come back here. But in reality, uh, you can't get rid of the heavyweight champ right now. So it's a lot easier to get rid of the guy who doesn't have a belt around his waist. Am I crazy? Or is that the politics that you were referring to? Um, It could be. You know, we're speculating right now. Yeah. I didn't hear that from a definite. I, I, uh, Dana didn't call me on the phone and tell me that. So uh, we speculating, but but if I was speculating right, I, I would think so. Um, at, at the end of the day, we, we kind of already know this is a hard sport. This is a hard thing that we're getting into. So, you know, you're going to have them, them ups and them downs, especially when you're fighting at the top level. Uh, and I think they were just, you know, the, the timing was just off and, and they were waiting for the right moment. And I kind of gave it to them by losing that last fight. Uh, and they took it and they ran with it. They, you know, have other agendas and you will always meet that agenda at some point. However, that fight was in August. Why Why do you think this is happening on the last day of November? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. 
You know, I, I wish they would have told me this uh, two months ago. I'd already been fighting by now. Right. I wanted to fight in December. I, I wouldn't have to serve the suspension in, in Nevada. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's kind of a dick move, isn't it? Kind of of pisses you off a little bit more, don't it? Well, yeah, that's why I thought maybe something new happened. Like, you know, sometimes we hear someone turns down fights, this and that, but you were, you know, you're you're dealing with the suspension. So the timing of it, like, why why does it happen now? That's the part that I don't quite understand. Yeah, I I agree with you. I guess it happened uh, two weeks ago um, on November 17th is when they finalized it, but didn't tell me until yesterday. And uh, like I said, it was it was it was by by email. Um, so I don't know. I, I honestly don't know the politics behind it. I don't know if, if other people were in negotiations. I don't know what's going on. Um, I don't know. Wait, would have been nice to have a conversation and be able to fight out my contract. You know, how many fights did you have left on it? I think I had two. I renegotiated before I fought Oliveira, uh, a fight that I didn't really want to take that they, uh, got me to do. Okay, so you had two left. Um, why, why November 17th? What makes you think that? Um, that was the date that was on the email. But, you know, I don't, I, don't know why, I don't know why, you know. They didn't send out the email until yesterday. It's crazy. Wow, that is bizarre. And, and so in that whole stretch, the only phone call you've had with anyone from the UFC is Hunter Campbell, who you reached out to. No one has actually reached out to you and said, thanks for your services, much respect, God bless, good luck in your future endeavors. Exactly. Ain't that some shit? Yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah, that's, you know, the politics are a way of life. Every job has politics and you have to deal with it. You know, that's just life. Um, but not even to get a phone call that that actually would bother me more than the politics. Like getting caught up in some politics is like, OK, that's just, you know, the way it is. But to not even get like a phone call lasts 60 seconds, 90 seconds. And I think it goes a long right. way. I feel for you when I hear that. And that's uh that is disappointing to hear. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I'm a, I'm a little still emotional right now. So, so you know, I'm, I'm obviously I'm pissed. Um, uh, a, a lot of people telling me not to not to bash them and keep keep the keep the bridge open, right? They're sure. even telling me that. Okay, yeah, you you can come back at some point. Honestly, I don't really I don't really want to. Why would I want to work with somebody who who you know is. Is is you know going to disrespect me like that? That's, that's crazy. That's the only thing we fight for in this game. So my my only goal and objective right now is to show that they just made one of the worst mistakes that they did. Uh, and you know I'll be in a, a millionaire within the, the year or so. So that's pretty fun. It's it's not even twenty four hours old as far as you know the world finding out, but. Have you heard from anyone out there, other promotions, you or your management, uh, who are interested in signing you since the news broke? Yeah, I got, I got three different offers the, uh, on the, you know, yesterday. Already? So, um, yeah. So right now we 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 gonna uh, we gonna do a little bit of negotiating. And, okay. Uh, you know, we gonna we gonna talk. We gonna, you know, the the thing is, I'm still serving the suspension, so I'm, I might just wait to the end of the suspension. Um, Maybe if I would have found out a month ago, I'd already be signed with a promotion, but we'll see. When's it up? So it, it would be six months, right? So six months dating back to August. So uh, what would that be? August. So February? It's Fe- up in February? February 28th. Okay. Yep. All right. February 28th. So, I mean, a little over yeah. two months away. No big deal. Um, could you tell us who these three promotions are? Um, I mean, I'll tell you who, who you know, there's, there's Triller that's interested um, 
I don't know if I should mention them to be honest with All you. All right, I don't want to get you in trouble. I mean, that was one. I, I'll tell yeah. you, Triller. Obviously, they're they're paying guys a lot of money. They're paying guys who, let's be honest, some of them are past their prime. You're in your prime. You're 29, man. You're not even 30 yet. And yeah. like I said, not that long ago, you're knocking out undefeated Gregor Gillespie. So I thought Triller would be a great fit. I thought PFL would be a great fit for someone like you. And you talk about a million dollars. That's the the name that came to mind with their uh, tournament format. Do you have a? Do you, I mean, yeah. do you have a preference? I don't want to, to to box you in, but like in your mind, you don't have to tell me the name. In your mind, do you have a place uh, like I want to go there. I want to be a part of this group. I'm a prize fighter. So at the end of the day, I'm going to go to who paid me the most. Okay. Uh, PFL do got their million dollar tournament, but there's a lot of ways to make millions uh, out here. And I, and I can make a whole lot more than I ever did with the UFC. Even um, I've had, you know, top billing spots with the UFC, about eight main events. So um, that's a lot of millions put towards marketing. So I'm, I'm going to leverage that now. Um so I, there is a part of me that, that does want to thank the UFC for all that. You know, they, they, uh, they made me famous in the game, at least. Anybody who underst- understands even a little bit of MMA knows who I am. So it's now time for me to leverage that and really make money with these other uh, promotions. I think your manager, who said this to me yesterday, uh, nailed it. There's never been a better time to be a free agent in combat sports, especially yeah. in MMA. I think you're go- I don't even know how much you made in the UFC. Um, you don't have to share that, but... I feel pretty confident in saying, despite that, that you will make a lot more outside of the UFC just hearing what other people are paying right now. For sure, for sure. I mean, I, I maybe touched a million over seven years, and uh, I'm going to touch a million in, within a year, you know? Yeah, combined. Wow. Does that help yeah. make this uh, an easier pill to swallow? Like, once the emotions go away, are you already excited, or are you still grieving? I, I am. I'm excited to, to honestly, I'm excited to get in there in, in, in a different arena too, a little bit. Um, that, that should be, that should be interesting. That should be fun. I, I kind of needed a restart anyway. So that, that part should be fun. Um, yeah, of course I'm excited for the money. People respect money more than anything. Um, apparently, cause at the end of the day, like they're going to disrespect you anyway. So you might as well get the money. Then they can't, they can't say shit about it. So, um, yeah, I'm excited for all that. Some new challenges. There's a lot of big fights outside the UFC. Uh, there's a lot of, like, good competition, too. So I'm, I'm going to make sure we, we pick the right guys and, uh, you know, we're going to have fun with this. In this new chapter, you think you're fighting at 55 or 70? 170. Okay. 170 still, you know, for sure. You're done yeah, with I, 55? I can fight a lot more often. And, uh, yeah, I'm, st- I'm still growing into my body at 170. That That's what the timing of this doesn't really make sense to me. Um I felt like I was getting stronger in that last fight even. You know, no nobody comes back off of two knee surgeries within 18 months. You know, I, I can't think of another person that does. Usually people take two, three years off or something like that. So um, you know, I, I, I'm I'm still growing and I'm still uh I'm still getting stronger by the day. Um I don't know if you saw this, but uh Rizvan Magomedov, the CEO of Eagle FC, which is Khabib Nurmagomedov's promotion, they're coming to the US next year. They mm-hmm. announced ten or so fights. They've expressed public interest. They told MMAfighting.com's Damon Martin that they'd like to talk to you. The irony there is rich, considering the fact that you were the guy trying to fight Khabib for years and then Islam for years. I mean, is there any yeah. interest there on your part or is that just a little too weird for you? Uh if the money is right, you know, <laughs> if the money is right, we, we will talk. If the money is right, you know, they, they got this, uh, they got that Russian money over there. Yeah. I might, you know, 
I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. That that would be interesting, you know. I feel like that's something that we could definitely sell. That, yes, um, that would be crazy after yeah, all these years. Yeah, that could, that could be sold. That's fun. Okay, so you're not just shutting it down. You're open to talking to anyone, basically. Yeah, if the money is right, I'm there. You know, at this point, it's it's all about prize fighting, and then uh, then we'll go after championships. Proudest moment of your UFC run, almost eight years. You fought a lot of big names, had a lot of big wins, had that great run up until that big fight against Tony Ferguson. What a week that was with the shooting and the emotion involved. When you look back on your run, what what, what are you most proud of? You know, I, I'm proud that I, I always stepped up and, and fought people, you know? I didn't, as afraid as I was and as uh, as much as people told me not to fight these certain dudes that I did when I did, um, I'm, I'm kind of proud that I did that. I, I learned a lot about myself through that. Um, the, the fights were like Edson Barboza where like, I barely even remember that fight. It was such a whirlwind. Um, Tony Ferguson, even Kiesa when I fought him, um, Francisco Trinaldo, I, I fought a lot of like really, really tough dudes that people said that I shouldn't have fought. Um, yeah, to, to all these new contender series guys and stuff that's coming up, is don't take these tough fights. I ain't gonna lie to you. Don't do not do it. Cherry pick. That, that's what they really want to see. You know, they say they want uh, somebody to step up and take the tough fights and do all this. Man, take take the... They're they gonna be your best friend when they want you to take the fight. They'll damn near get on their hands and knees, but then afterwards, uh, they'll kick you to the curb, so... People told me that going into the UFC too. They told me that same thing. I didn't really listen. Um, you know, I just kept trying to give them what they want, but don't even do that. Cherry pick. Mm-hmm. Cherry pick like a motherfucker. That is good advice. Um, You'll get further that way. Right, right. Help Sean O'Malley right. Right. Route, you know? I was going to say that. The the unranked Sean O'Malley route fighting on pay-per-view over guys like uh, Dominic Cruz. It's working for him. Um Health-wise, how are you doing? You know, we talked about the Adderall and all that stuff last time, the alcohol. Since we last spoke over a month or so ago, how are you doing? Yeah, uh, it's been about two or three months since I've uh, had a drink. So, you know, like a serious drink. You know, I've had wine here and there. But um, even that has been cutting out a lot. So I I feel a lot healthier and a lot more balanced from day to day. You know, my my days go a lot lot smoother now. Um, That's something that, it, it, that was irrefutable of any of this, you know, it was all about like actually growing as a person. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm in a good place in, in that regard, at least. Okay. So er, everything's coming together the, w- the way it should, you know? And perfect world. When would you like to fight again? I know you have the suspension that we just talked about, but perfect world. When are you thinking? March sounds good. Um, late March, late March sounds good. You know, okay. um, give me enough time to, to get into a training camp. Um, we can really set it up right and we can really promote this thing. Um, it, it, I guess it's about time for me to throw my promoter hat back on. Yeah. So I, I haven't had that. I haven't had that hat on in about four years. So uh, we should have some fun. Hey, I'm not ready to give up on you, man. 29. Uh, you still have many, many more years to come. You're going to make a lot of money outside of the UFC. I know you're probably bummed. No one wants to be released or whatever like that especially with no real warning. Um, so I give you a lot of credit for the way you're handling this. You're probably biting your tongue a little bit, and I respect that. But just coming on less than 24 hours later is uh, is a really cool thing. So thank you for doing that. Yeah, of course. You know, um, I, I think 
I, I've got a lot of people that really support me. Um, and I got a lot of quality people that really support me. So they're going to do that regardless. You know, I, I still got a lot of time left in this game. So we, the, the, the best chapter is definitely going to come, especially once I start making real money. I wish you the best, Kevin. Uh, keep us posted. I know you have a flight to catch. So thank you for doing this from the airport. Yeah. Uh, much respect, my man. And uh, hold your head high and looking forward to what's next for you. One love, Ariel. All right. There he is. Kevin Love. Kevin Love. Kevin Lee. He said love. Kevin Love. Cleveland Cavaliers. Motown Phenom. Um, very cool of him to uh, come on from the airport. The part about the email sticks with me. No one deserves to be let go from their job that way. I don't care if you're a fighter. I don't care if you're a basketball player, a pro wrestler. Like the and and you know I said this yesterday. For all the flack that WWE gets, for all the flack that they get, their mass releases and the majority of them are questionable. What I always hear is from the vast majority of the the people out there who get released out of the blue is. They at least get that phone call from Talent Relations, John Laurinaitis, Jim Ross back in the day. It may not be the friendliest call. It may not be the longest call, but you get the phone call and you get the tweet. You get the acknowledgement. Email dated November 17th. You have to reach out to them to get some answers. Like, that's just not the way. And and I would say that if this was Bellator, if this was PFL, if this was one championship, it's just a common courtesy. This guy fought for you for almost eight years. This guy main evented shows for you. This guy fought on the biggest stage possible. Madison Square Garden. Picked up some big wins. Fought for a title. On a very big show for the UFC, by the way. Days after that horrific tragedy in Las Vegas. For the most part, this guy was a great soldier for you. Yeah, there were some mishaps. Yeah, there was the weigh-in stuff. Yes. The least he deserves is a 60-second phone call. Hey, man, thanks for everything. We're going to go in a different direction. Much respect to you. Thanks for the fights. Thanks for the entertainment. Thanks for putting your body on the line. We wish you the best. All right, man, take care. That's it. How, like, is that a big ask? Am I being a hater for saying that? I feel for the guy. Uh, no one deserves that. And I know a lot of people try to, you know, rag on Kevin Lee. He is a good guy with a good heart. And I hope that he is uh, given an opportunity and is able to make a lot of money and is able to show a lot of people that he's not worth giving up on at 29 years young. Not everyone's going to be under contract. Not everyone's going to be in the UFC. That's fine. Um, this is why I always talk about the Trillers, the Bellators, the PFLs, the One Championships, you know, the, 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 the LFAs, the Cage Warriors, all those promotions out there. The more opportunities for men and women to make money in the sport, the better for everyone involved. Now, one of those guys who is making... Great money outside of the UFC uh, is the current Bellator bantamweight champion. He has a massive fight coming up on Friday on Showtime against Kyoji Haraguchi. It's the rising champ against the Bellator champ. It's the former Bellator champ against the current Bellator champ. It's one of several great 135-pound bouts in both boxing and MMA this weekend. It's Sergio Pettis, and he's joining us now from Connecticut. Hey, Sergio, how are you? Doing good, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. Great to talk to you. So uh, let me ask you, Sergio Pettis versus Kyoji Haraguchi, Saturday night, Rob Font versus Jose Aldo. Which is the better 135-pound bout, my man? 
<laughs> I mean, both of them are going to be great, honestly, man. I Come think, on. Uh, Don't sit both, on the fence. I mean, both of them. Both <laughs> of them. Uh, I'm going to be honest, man. I'm a fan of both uh, UFC and Bellator. But, uh, you know, I, obviously I'm going to go out there and do, do the best of me. And uh, I know Horiguchi's going to bring that heat. So we're going to put on a good uh, show uh, come this Friday. When you won the belt against uh, Juan Archuleta just a few months ago, in your mind, did the first title defense have to be against this man, Kyoji Horiguchi, because he was the champ and had to vacate the title because of the knee injury? Like, did you feel like you almost had to beat this guy to really consider yourself champion? Oh, for sure, man. Um, I mean, obviously, I think it's a fight that makes the most sense, too. You know, he's coming from Risen, champ from Risen, uh, last Belter champion that uh, didn't lose the belt. He had to vacate it due to knee injury, so... I think this fight made the most sense in uh, 29 and 3. And uh, being as long as he's been in the sport, I think he deserves it. Now, why isn't his belt on the line? Because um, it's a Bellator fight, man. Yeah, we're not in, we're not in a, uh, a boxing case, or a boxing ring fighting. So, uh, yeah, my belt's on the line. And I think this really uh, is a good motivator for me, though. Signifies who the real champion is of this division at 135. Uh, has there been any talks? Like, if you win, do you get to fight him over there and fight for his belt? No talks on that yet. I, I I hope that's a possibility, though. Uh, you know, two belts uh, for me would be awesome. Anthony's got a belt in the UFC and the WEC, so if we could get Bellator and uh, Risen Bell, we'd have uh, a lot of belts for the Pettis household name. Um, I was watching the uh, the Bellator countdown uh, little show that they put together. It's like a 50-minute thing on YouTube. I thought they did a great job, and the most interesting part of it was just kind of seeing your maturation and evolution as a person of course we met you so long ago when you were you know just anthony's younger brother you were so young when we first learned about you and one of the things that you said in that which really stuck with me was for a very long time you didn't even believe that you were a fighter that you could be a great fighter what was that like like you you have this very famous older brother but internally and you're fighting in the ufc and internally you're not even quite sure if you belong yeah for sure man you know i I grew up uh not too confident uh I was a lot different than Anthony. Anthony grew up, he had this like, uh, just natural confidence and uh, just believed in himself at a young age. For me, um, I had to kind of build into that. You know, I didn't even think, like, like you said, I didn't think I was a fighter at the end of the day. And uh, you know, I think I realized I'm a martial artist. You know, I'm, I'm a martial artist grown into a fighter and uh, I've grown into a different individual throughout the, the martial arts journey. So, um, man, it's been, it's been it's crazy, man. It's been a crazy route for me. And uh, just to overcome all the stuff that I had to overcome personally and internally um i feel like a whole different individual i feel a lot better and more confident in myself and i feel like this friday is gonna be the first step of really showing who sergio pettis is what was the turning point for you how did you start to believe that you belonged here that you were a fighter that you were you know worthy of all of this uh, i think just that everyday grind man i i wouldn't give up you know even though i had these negative thoughts and this uh this bad perspective of myself at a young age the more i kept going to the gym the more i kept showing up and getting some uh, successful wins over big names, I started realizing, yo, maybe maybe I'm good at this and maybe uh, this is a sport for me and uh, the route that I want to take. And uh, I think around, honestly, when I, when I got my first two back-to-back losses, I really started to see my true love for the sport. I lost to Husier Formiga. Then I lost to Rob Final, like, right after that. And I had some dark times of questioning everything, man. I was questioning, you know, like, everything, you know, like the, the, my career, my, my life, all of that. And then... um only thing that made me feel better was showing up and going to the gym and I realized, you know, this is, this is it for me. This is what I want to do. And this is everything that I need has been in front of me this whole time. And now it's just, uh, you know, it's been, it's been a great journey, man. Like it's, it's been awesome to, to see all that. That is somewhat surprising to hear because usually when someone's on the losing streak, that's not the moment that you start to believe in yourself. Right. So 
Um, I'm wondering, did someone help? You know, your brother Anthony uh, has talked to me about, you know, working with, you know, a coach, um, like a mental coach, a sports, I think it's a sports uh, psychiatrist, if I'm getting that correct. Um, do you do the same thing? Have you had success with that? You know what? Uh, I've never done that, actually. I feel like mine was more throughout just my journey. I started understanding things uh, myself, you know, started reading books. Um, my, my girlfriend, you know, she really calmed me down and settled me down into a life of uh, a professional athlete. You know, I was a little, a little crazy when I was younger. I liked to party throughout camps and drink and smoke. And, um, and I'm not saying I don't smoke or drink still, but it's like now I just know when to take it serious. And um, not only that, I take myself serious. It, it took a while to really uh, see myself as a, a grown-up. You know, I, I felt like I was a younger brother the whole time and felt like a little kid. And then uh, I'm like, yo, time is flying. I'm starting to see some gray hairs in my head. My hairline's starting to recede. And I, I'm like, I got to take advantage of this time and make sure that I'm investing in the things that I want to do and the lifestyle that I want to have. Uh, you said uh, your girlfriend helped you realize this. Correct me if I'm wrong, fiancé now, right? Yes, sir. Fiance. I just got engaged uh, three months ago. So wow. Congrats. Finally, uh, finally made a step. Yes, sir. Thank you. When's the big day? Um, as of right now, we're going to wait it out a little bit. She's got some goals. She wants to uh, get done. She's going to college to get her master's degree. So I'm um, probably going to wait till 2023. So give us a little time to actually plan and uh, figure out what, what day we really want. And how long ago did you guys meet? I met her five years ago. So yeah, we're coming up on year number six this February. So uh but I've been knowing her my whole life. I've been knowing her since I was about like 12 or 13 years old. Oh, wow. And then you reconnected. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We were friends, you know, throughout it all. And then, uh, yeah, 22 is when we met and really not met, but we uh, started taking, you know, that, that next step and becoming more than friends. I love it. I met my wife Thank when we were 12 you. as well. So that's a good uh, that's a good age to meet your... And we weren't obviously yeah, dating right. back there. So respect, respect. <laughs> um, For sure. You know, the, the, the part about you know, maybe not believing in yourself is, is, uh, is very interesting to me. Do you think if your older brother, like based on your DNA, based on the kind of person that you are, if your older brother isn't doing what he's doing when you're coming up, do you think you do something completely different? Like the only reason why you went down this path, eventually you come to love it and you come to grow and, 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 and appreciate everything. But like, do you feel like you do a completely different thing in your life if, if Anthony wasn't doing this first? Honestly, uh, I'm not sure. He made the first transition in MMA and I didn't really know nothing about the sport. I mean, I've watched it on YouTube at the time, you know, watching pride fights and um, watching UFC fights, but never personally would I, was I thinking like, yo, I'm going to be a fighter. Like that's going to be my profession. I always thought I was going to have the normal route, you know, go to college, uh, have a normal life and, you know, figure things out from there. But uh, I went to, I went to sign up for college for the first time. And I was like, saw someone I knew was a lot older than me. And I'm like, you know what, I'm going I'm to wait to see, uh, see what's happening. And uh, I took the martial arts route instead. Wow, so you never even went to a class? No, sir. I, my last class was uh, senior year, so yeah, it's been a while for me. Wow. <laughs> so, so you went that first yeah. day, and then you're like, I'm out? I'm sure you don't regret it. Oh, no, I don't regret it at all. <laughs> you know, I'm glad I pursued this, and yeah, man, this is uh, definitely the lifestyle for me. Okay, and so um, now you're in Bellator. You've had a few fights under your belt. Could you tell me, from your perspective, biggest difference fighting in Bellator as opposed to the UFC? Um, I mean, the shows ran a little bit different. You know, my first experience with Bellator, um, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't used to that at all. You know, UFC has like everything set up for you and they have, uh, you know, they have like things, uh, people to take you to the saunas and stuff like that, where my first fight with Bellator, I had to really figure everything out by myself. You know, it kind of felt like the beginning times again, but, um, you know, second and third fight when COVID started coming around, I feel like things 
things got very similar to how the UFC was, you know, it was very organized and everything was really well thought out and taken care of. So I really don't see a, a difference at all, to be honest. I mean, just, uh, I feel like for me, it was just less pressure, you know, like I kind of, not only that, I think a time in my life where I'm like really enjoying being myself, you know, throughout my UFC career, I was, uh, I was in conflict in who I was, you know, like I, I was still searching at who I was, what I liked and who I am as an individual outside of fighting. And I think I found that once I left the UFC, you know, I had to spend some time and really, uh, mature and figure out who I am and, you know, what I do. And I think, uh, now it's just blossoming, you know, like it's, uh, all coming together for me. I kind of love the fact that you took this route that you 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 bet on yourself here because people forget like you you your last fight in the UFC was a win. It wasn't like you were you know you got yeah. released and your old news this and that. But the fact that your brother never fought for Bellator feels like this is your own path. Like you're not walking in his footsteps. You're not trying to get the belt that he had. You know, different weight class and all. This is a whole new thing that is just exclusive and unique to you. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I personally I needed it, man. You know. Um, my comfort zone was UFC and you don't grow in your comfort zone. You know, I left and got uncomfortable for a little bit. And I feel like, uh, I needed that, you know, like I needed that, that rebirth of me, you know, to really push my limits. And not only that, to show, show everybody, you know, that I'm part of a, I'm part of a legacy, man, you know, Sergio Pettis' legacy is going to keep growing and growing. And, um, this is definitely the route that I think was, you know, better off for me. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, I get to buy a nice necklace and have some money in my account to be able to afford uh, nutrition and, afford uh you know recovery and the stuff that i i want to put my money back into um which is mostly my career uh correct if i'm wrong you're doing better now financially than you were in the ufc yes yes sir yes sir 100 percent. okay that is uh definitely worth noting as well uh and i understand according to your coach duke rufus your younger cousin who is what like 14 15 just had a win in his amateur debut right 16 maybe yeah yeah he's actually uh 18 he just 18. turned 18 now okay. yeah 18, but uh, he's been training since he was about 14, 15 years old. Gotcha, yep. Yeah, his name's AJ, AJ Pettis, man. He'll be the next one out of uh, the Pettis family to definitely make some noise for sure. He's a, he's a beast, hard worker, and a humble kid. You know, I'm very excited for his future. What weight? Uh, he's a 135 right now. Oh. Yep, 135er. Coming for your belt. <laughs> uh, he might be, man. The kid's a beast. He's uh, He gives me work all the time. You know, I, I work with him, and... Uh, it's just cool to have a, a almost like a little younger brother in a way, you know, that I could uh, feed some knowledge and just uh, help him blossom. And uh, we're we're talking to you, and I feel bad if I'm being honest because the weigh-ins are tomorrow. How tough is the weight cut for you to yeah. 135? Honestly, the weight cut for 135 is so much easier than flyweight. You know, okay. I, I can keep a smile on my face. I mean, I still got the dehydrated mouth and stuff, and everything that happens with the weight cuts, but. Uh, yeah, I'm a lot happier individual, man. The, the flyaway weight cuts—they were—they were tough on me. Yeah. So, like, could you tell us, like, right now, how much to go? Yeah, right now I got three point six to go, so oh, it's gonna be a uh, breeze. Yeah, easy night of weight. Yeah, easy night of uh, weight cutting. So, I mean, for for my flyaway, I'd probably have to cut about like six or five tonight. So I was pretty strict though. It taught me a lot of a lot of discipline with everything I needed to have for you know my my pre or my current weight cuts. Uh, the hardcore fans love Horiguchi. Everyone at ATT says he's one of the hardest workers, one of the best guys in their gym, which of course is saying a lot considering the greats who fight out of ATT. Have you been watching him for a while? Are you aware of him? Are you impressed with him? Yeah, man, I've been watching him ever since he got in the UFC. I think his first fight was uh, Dustin Pegg. Um, I was I was young, you know, coming up, and uh, he fought my teammate uh, Chico Camus. So, you know, mm. I was definitely keeping an eye out for him, helping Chico prep for him. And I've watched him throughout his whole career, you know, when he fought Demetrius Johnson, um, 
the success he's had at other organizations like Risen and Bellator. He's a beast, bro. He is. He's 29 and three for a reason. And um, his style is interesting. He's got like a karate background, MMA style, a little bit shorter than me. Uh, you could see how powerful he is with his punches. And, um, you know, it's he's a full mixed martial artist. You know, he's not just a stand-up fighter too. He can submit to you. He can take you down. So he's definitely a dangerous fighter. You know, it's, it's going to be a big task this Friday. I'm assuming you're, th- I mean, you're preparing yourself for 25 minutes. This feels like it's tailor-made for a 25-minute battle. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm prepped for a 25-minute battle, but uh, whatever happens, happens. I would love to get a, a knockout or submission. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, if he wants to go out there and point fight me, I'm going to go out there and point fight him as well and control what I can control. I love the fact that it feels like 135 is in focus this weekend. Like I said, your main event on Friday, UFC's main event on Saturday. I don't know if you're a boxing fan, but two of the best 135ers. Yeah, Gervonta yeah. on Sunday, Devin yeah. Haney on Saturday. Last week, we had Teofimo Lopez and George Cambosis fighting. Like, it just seems like all the 135ers on the planet who are top-tier talent are fighting in the next, you know, few days. So it's very cool. I can't wait for your fight, man. Congrats on all your success. Thank you. Good luck on Friday. Hey, thank you, Ariel. Appreciate you guys having me. All right, we'll talk to you soon. There he is, the current Bellator bantamweight champion, Sergio Pettis. Won the belt a few months ago, defeating Juan Archuleta. But again, uh, you'll recall that his opponent, Kyoji Hiraguchi, who once fought for the UFC flyweight title, was once the Bellator bantamweight champion. He won the title at uh, Madison Square Garden in New York City in June of 2019. Uh, He was also, at the time, the... Ryzen champion. He beat Darian Caldwell in Japan in 2018, end of 2018, December 31st. And they came back and had the, uh, you know, the second leg of their back-to-back, if you will. Uh, He did fight Ben Wen in between, but then he beats Darian Caldwell in New York City. Unfortunately, tears his, his knee, his ACL, shortly thereafter. Had to vacate the title. But he has come back, and he has won uh, the Ryzen Championship. He won it uh, December of 2020, so almost a year ago, the 31st of December on their uh, year-end show. And now he is with Bellator, and he's trying to get that bantamweight title back. Uh, In the middle of all of that, Warner Charletta uh, won the vacant title, and then Sergio Pettis beat him back in May. Archuleta beat Patchy Mix to win the vacant title in September of 2020. Pettis beats him in May. And now we're getting Pettis versus Kyoji Hiraguchi on Saturday. Uh, And then we're getting uh, Rob Font versus Jose Aldo. Excuse me, Pettis versus Hiraguchi on Friday. And then we're getting Rob Font uh, versus Jose Aldo on Saturday. Also on that Friday card on Showtime, which is going on in... Connecticut at Mohegan Sun in Uncasville, Connecticut. Emmanuel Sanchez going up against Jeremy Kennedy, Canadian-born Jeremy Kennedy. Another Canadian on the card as well, Josh Hill against Jared Scoggins, formerly of the UFC as well. So a nice little card there. Kai Kamaka, also formerly of the UFC, fighting on the prelims. And DC protege Kyle Crutchmer going up against Oliver Enkamp also formerly of the UFC. So nice little card there on Friday for Bellator. Looking forward to it. And then uh, Saturday's UFC card is a really nice one as well. 
Of course, that main event is great. Rob Font, Jose Aldo, like I said on Monday, I think the winner of that fight could definitely make a case for a number one contender fight against a TJ Dillashaw. Uh, Rafael Faziev against Brad Riddell, who we'll talk to in about 30 minutes, is a fantastic co-main at 155. You got the return of Clay Guida against Leandro, uh, Leonardo excuse me, Santos, Jimmy Crute of Australia against Jamal Hill. That's a fun one. Chris Curtis coming back on short notice against Brendan Allen. Brian Barberina against Darren Weeks. Maki Patolo on the card. Jake Matthews, also of Australia, against Jeremiah Wells. Alonzo Menafield against William Hill. Mickey Gall on the card. Louis Smolka on the card. There's a lot of people on this card. This is the final Bellator card of uh, 2021, by the way. Two more UFC cards coming up uh, this year. There's the pay-per-view, the final pay-per-view of the year coming up on uh, December 11th. Dustin Poirier, Charles Oliveira, Amanda Nunes against Juliana Pena. And then they'll close out the year December 18th, which should be a fun night. Also in combat sports with the Jake Paul, Tommy Fury fight card. Um, And then, of course... Derek Lewis against Mr. Chris Dawkins. That should be fun. December 18th. Also, uh, Wonder Boy Thompson on that card as well against uh, Bilal Muhammad. I will be in Tampa. I can let you all know for that Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury fight card. I'll be doing the uh, in-ring post-fight interviews, uh, the backstage interviews, uh, some stuff in the lead-up, the face-to-face stuff, the weigh-in stuff. So I'm very excited to be working on the telecast again. Love doing the uh, in-ring interviews, the post-fight interviews like I did back in August. The locker room stuff is new, so I'm looking forward to that as well because you get to interview the guys in boxing in the locker room moments before the fight. So I'm very excited about that opportunity, and I appreciate it very much. I'm looking forward to that. I'm actually going to LA on uh, Friday to uh, host the weigh-in show uh, for the Gervonta davis Isak Cruz fight, which goes down Sunday at Staples Center. I'll be doing that, uh, that little stint for Showtime. I'm looking forward to that. And I'll be working with Paul Pierce, of all people. So a little Knicks-Celtics action, combo action. One guy actually played for the team. The other is a loser fan of the team. Tough loss last night for the Knicks. But I'm looking forward to that very much. Tank Davis, huge star. Big fight to close out the weekend. Getting to host the weigh-ins from L.A. The Truth and Hiawani. The Truth and The Nose. I feel like we've got the makings of a show right there. The Nose and The Truth. A-side, of course. Nose and The Truth. That's Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, So stay tuned for that. And thank you very much to them for the opportunity. Happy to be a part of it. I'm not sure who turned it down initially, but I'm happy to be a part of it nonetheless. Big opportunity for me, and uh, I love doing that sort of thing. Now, Wednesdays, we do On the Nose, as you know. Coming up later in the program, we answer questions. Uh, It seemed like for the last few weeks, I kept getting questions about where's Bryce Mitchell? Where's Bryce Mitchell? Give us an update on Thug Nasty. Get him on the show last week. Not only does he give us an update, not only do we find out the next day that he's fighting Itza Barbosa, Later on in 2022, uh, he also tells us about the mixtape, which, by the way, is out right now on his Thug Nasty YouTube page. It's absolute fire. We'll talk a little more about it with uh, GC when he comes up. But, I mean, it's just tremendous stuff. 
If you haven't listened to the mixtape yet, I got my don't don't bone, all that glory goes to God. I mean, it's just fantastic. So we check that one off. The other one that I keep getting asked about is Gunnar Nelson. Where's Gunnar Nelson? Where's Gunnar Nelson? Give us an update on Gunnar Nelson. We haven't seen Gunnar Nelson fight since September of 2019. Two plus years ago. And so I said, all right, we need to reach out to Gunnar Nelson. We need to get an update from Gunny himself. And so without further ado, let's go back to the Zoom machine and say hello to the pride of Iceland. There he is, Gunnar Nelson, rocking a friend's sweater. I didn't expect that. Are you a big Friends fan? Yeah, I am, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I love Friends. Who is your favorite (laughs) character? Uh, Well, I go back and forth. Chandler was my first favorite, but then, I mean, Ross is just, he's ridiculous, isn't he? What about the, uh, of the women? Like, which was your favorite? Everyone had a favorite, right? Um, Yeah, same, kind of go back and forth. I've watched it so many times. Wow. It's, I go back and forth. Were you a Seinfeld fan? It's kind of something I put on when nothing is going on. The kids are just running around or you're taking it easier or taking a nap on the couch. You just stick friends on it. It's just background noise. You know, I, I I appreciate what you're saying, and I understand what you're saying. I didn't peg you for a Friends fan, so this is a nice little surprise. Seinfeld as well? Do you like Seinfeld? Uh, never seen it, no. What? <laughs> You've watched every Friends episode multiple times? You've never seen Seinfeld? No. Come on. Never seen I know it is, but I've never seen it. It's, you have Netflix over there in Iceland? Yes, right? Good Netflix? You have Netflix in Iceland, right? Yeah, yeah, we have Netflix. Yeah. You need to watch Seinfeld. It's on Netflix now. You got to sit back and watch Seinfeld. Trust me on this, Gunnar, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might check it out. All right, fair enough. Um, well, good to see you, my friend. It's been a while. Uh, let me ask this very simple question right off the bat. Why haven't we seen you fight in over two years? Well, uh, COVID is one of the reasons, but mm-hmm. uh, really the main reason was I had a really bad injury that took a long time to recover from, and um, um, but I'm I'm good now. I'm good now. Okay, I'm back is- and I'm ready. I, I had a rib injury. I had actually two rib injuries back to back, and I don't know if you've had a rib injury yourself, but it's they are horrible. Yeah, and it takes such a long time, and they're so can be so crippling, and uh, they're just terrible, you know. Um, it was at the top here, so the top ribs, so it affects the shoulder, affects the breathing, affects everything. Multiple so, rib injuries. I had a couple, yeah, two. So uh, on on each side, actually separate injuries, but okay, yeah. And uh, you sustained the injuries via training. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. With time and training and yeah. uh, and um, rehab, you know, stuff and um, yeah. How do you feel now? Great. Okay. Feel good. Really good. Um, because it was actually around a year ago. I remember when Connor was fighting in January. Uh, John Cavanaugh was doing some interviews, and he was like, "Hey, I have a message." from Gunny and his father, Holly, saying, like, he's ready to return. Like, there are articles about this from January, but you never returned. Yeah. Uh, so did you, were you yeah. ready back then and then got injured again? Yes. Oh, my gosh. That must have been fr- Did you That's have something? Happened. That's why I said it was, so it was two injuries. One of them was uh, an injury that I had, like, a while ago, actually, just before the, the Burns fight. So I went into that fight, fought that fight afterwards, I recovered. Then later, 
Um, I got um, probably even worse um, injury here on on the other side, my rib. And yeah, fuck it. It was, um, you know, you've probably seen the video of me in the mountain rolling. Yes. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, this is where it happened, actually. Come on. I haven't even spoken to him about it. I don't think he knows, but I think this is the first time I've spoken about it, that it happened there. But yeah, I just... Yeah, it was a, it was a, <laughs> it was a bit, uh, it was fun. I enjoyed it, but uh, I, I wanted to get an armbar from the bottom. It was my mission, you know, because obviously it's, uh, it's a hard thing against somebody like him, and he knows a little bit, you know, so he knows how to use his weight a bit, and and he's 160 kilos of pure muscle. So when I, I. So I catch him with an armbar from the top, but I'm thinking I want to get it from the bottom. And so as I tried to do that in the second round or something, he collapses on top of me and I I could just feel a pop, like a nasty pop. And very shortly after, and I mean like seconds after, I could just feel it all swelling up. But I, something in me was like, I'm not going to say anything now. Right. (laughs) I'm going to try to finish this round and, uh, I'll just get it over with, and uh, and so and then it, it, happen, it happens again where where I get curled up like this, and he puts all his weight. And at this stage, I'm just having real problems with like my uh, my arm and like breathing and stuff. And I'm just thinking, uh, yeah, I just have to wait for him to show his neck, and we can get this over with because it's too late to stop now and say I I hurt myself or something. Uh, it was, yeah, like I said, it was a, it was a really fun thing, but it was probably stupid because he's 160 kilos. Um, as well as I probably should have stopped when it happened, mm-hmm. thinking back, you know, because maybe I did some additional damage. I don't know. But, you know, you're, it's hard to stop when you're in it. Right. And, like, not that we were going crazy, but it was just, you know. Now, for those that don't know, 160 kilos is around 352 pounds. How how much do you think you weighed on that day? I'm 85, wow. somewhere around there. Jeez. I haven't really changed much. So he, he's pretty much double your size. He's a mountain of a man, quite literally. This is the mountain man from uh, Game of Thrones, very famous guy. I've seen the clip. We just showed a, a bit of it. I was just going to ask you because I thought it was just some fun thing. Why did you even do this? Like, How did this all come about? Uh, well, we know each other a little bit, so we we've been talking about it to have a have a little wrestle and just videotape it and just have fun, you know. Mm-hmm. And and to be honest, I always thought like uh, it's a little bit risky, but yeah, sure, you know, um, just a bit of fun, really. And then we did did a li- little thing around it where he was having he had that boxing fight coming up, which got put back a little bit with Eddie Hall and. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did a little thing where he was asking me about some certain things, if I could show him some tips and stuff. It was just like a fun video for, for, uh, YouTube. Um, it's a fun thing. Really. Yeah. And when was that? Do you remember? Was it like May, April? It's, I can't remember. I just, I, I just remember that when it happened, it's a while ago uh-huh. when it happened, 
I had been like healthy for a short time. Oh, and I, I was like, okay, this is, this is, I'm feeling great now. Let's, you know, let's get it on. It had been like back and forth with the COVID like yeah. thing. Everything was closed. You couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't train with anybody or, or except just at, here at home and stuff. And then things were kind of opening up a little bit and, and boom, man, but it is what it is. And you never said we're anything. Healthy now. Never said a we're thing. Healthy now. You didn't you didn't even tell him? You were able to hide it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I didn't I oh didn't say God. a thing. I think my dad maybe met him and and he told him something about it. I haven't said anything. I like it is what it is. It's not it was not his fault or anything. Sure, sure. It, was, it was just uh it just happened, you know. It's, yeah. he wasn't going spassy or anything. He's just hundred and sixty kilos. Yeah. And he was just trying to do his best there and um, he was not, yeah, he was not being a spaz at all. It was just. And what was it? Collarbone? No, rib. Rib up here. Just by the collarbone and, gotcha. and, and some muscle that torn and that connects the collarbone and the rib. And yeah, I don't even know how to explain everything, but it's, it's the, it's the top two ribs mainly and okay. some, how they connection into the sternum. And and then some muscle here that had to kind of recover and or grow back or whatever. And for something like that, can you even do rehab, or you just have to wait for it to heal itself? You can do something. First, you're pretty, you're very limited, and you have to be very careful for for a long time because there's always times when I when I have these injuries where you and like I'm sure most athletes know what I'm talking about when you when you feel good and you get quite eager and then you think because it's been a while since you've done something live and like rolling or wrestling or sparring or whatever and then you get a little bit into it and then you know you get a little backlash on it you know it mm. it's and then you're in a bad way for maybe a week or something and and you realize maybe it was a little bit too far i have to be careful and so that that always happens once or twice but nothing major Okay. It just takes such a long time to yeah. heal, so you're able to move. And the main thing was to be able to wrestle again. That was the hardest part. I was actually able to strike a little bit and stuff, but but rolling and wrestling and and was was really difficult because there were so many positions where my arm and stuff I couldn't go. I would just literally had to had to tap if I got caught in a certain right. way. That wasn't like a submission or anything. It was just like. Yeah. Also hard with the kids, right? Can't pick them up and all that stuff. Yeah, well, uh, I have another arm for that. That's true. That's a good point. By the way, how many times did you tap him? Uh, two times, maybe? Two times. Yeah, two times. Because the second time, I went for this, and then I, it got fucked. And then yeah. I had to survive he, for a little bit, and, like, trying to decide what I was going to do. And, and then I decided, like, just I'll wait for his neck. He didn't tap you though, right? No. Nah, come on. That's crazy. Um, so now you're good. You're healthy. You're ready I'm to go. Now. You're hoping to fight yes. in 2022? Yes. Okay. Do you we're have looking, a fight? We've been, we've been talking. I've been hearing about London. Yeah. March 19th? In March. Yeah. It sounds It sounds uh, perfect. Um, we've been, there's been some talking and stuff and, and that, that time sounds perfect, and I'm ready to fight. And you know me, I'll, I'll fight anybody. Yeah. 
in London. So okay, so March nineteenth. That's what I'm hearing. Um, it feels like it's going to be a big card because they haven't been in London for quite some time. What did I say something? Oh, I just sometimes you kind of break and I'm focusing on. Oh, sorry. Yeah, March nineteenth. I'm hearing a lot of big names, a lot of uh, European fighters, British fighters on that card. Now, John Cavan also recently said, "Hey, how about Gunner versus Hamzat Shamayev?" And everyone started mm -hmm. losing their mind. Wow, Gunnar hasn't fought in two plus years. Hamzat's on a roll. He's a beast. What do you make of this uh, idea? Do you like this idea? Yeah, you you know, I, I'll fight anybody. Wow. So if if he wants to fight me, then let's do it. Have you watched this guy? Yeah, of course, of course. Are you impressed? Yeah, he's very good. <laughs> so no, I mean, there's a, not a lot of people uh, raising their hand to fight him right now. No. I mean, he's just yeah, he's on a roll. Well, yeah, yeah, I can understand. Uh, I would definitely like have thought he would have fought somebody in the top uh, five or ten or whatever. I, I don't, I don't really follow the rankings too well. But um, uh, if he wants to fight me in London, then of course I'll, I'll be honored to wow. share okay. the case with him. Do you have a preference? Like, yeah, I know you're not the type to call people out, whatever, but like in your mind, so, perfect scenario. Well, we've talked about this before. The only man I really want to fight is Ponzinibbio. Right. That's the that's the man I want to fight. Um, but other than that, I don't care. Anybody. Anybody. Doesn't matter. Like I said, it's been a while. I know I'll fight anybody. I just want to get in there and fight. Mm. Uh, for those that may not remember, you, you have fought Ponzinibbio, but it was controversial because you were poked in the eye, right? That's why you want to fight him. Yeah, it, it was a it was a nasty thing he did. And, and when I watched it all back, and I mean, this was, it was everybody saw it at the time. And uh, you could see that it was purposely done and he did it multiple times. Wow, you think he did it? First, you, you still believe he, he did it on purpose? Yes. Wow. Yeah. I didn't think so after. I knew he poked me and, and like I was seeing double and all, but I didn't think, like I didn't know, but when I saw the tape and see how many times he'd done it, it, it was pretty clear. And like I'm on the fence and he's already hit me with a good shot after the first or something. And then he, he goes again into my eye with his thumb and like, dude, what the hell? I mean, <laughs> you've seen the tapes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I saw sure the tapes, the pictures. It, 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 yeah, well, it it sure looks like it's intentional. And yeah. If you're trying to do something like that intentionally, whatever you're wearing wouldn't really curtail it. But I'm just wondering, we have, you know, we have seen some, some gnarly eye pokes, uh, especially recently. Do you want to see them change the gloves? Again, if you're doing it on purpose... As long as the fingers are avail you know, free, you could do it whatever you want to yeah. do. But there's always this talk about changing the gloves, making them, you know, a little more rounded, um, using these different, you know. Yeah. What, what do you I, think of I that? I think it would be a good idea because the, there is definitely guys that like do it unintentionally. That, yeah. Because the glove, they're just kind of, you know, finding space or or, or backing away or you know, um. So in those cases, for sure, you know, that, that, that maybe if that helped, then yes, of course, uh, 
that's not a I, I think I've I've put some clothes on they were like that and it, it feels nice as well it's not nice when you have to like force your hand closed mm-hmm. yeah for sure how much did you miss it the comp two and a half years long stretch and by the time you come back it's going to be even longer right if it's in March how much did you miss the competition mm-hmm. everything that goes into the fight camp the build up the event all that stuff uh, it's it, it's always a big part of me you know the, the competition and because you know I, I'm a craftsman and I love spending time in the gym I love coaching I've been doing a lot of that lately and all this stuff but it when you go in there and you test all this stuff and you and you and you it's like that's where it's real then you really figure out where you stand where the stuff that you've been doing how, how it works and it just Chain even from a hard spar and to this, it just it's just another it's just so real, you mm-hmm. know. And that's this sport. It's so real. That's what I love about it. Uh the division is interesting. Kamar Usman, what do you think of him, the champion in your weight class? He's been on a roll uh since you, you know, have been gone. You watch him, you impressed by yeah, him. Yeah. I I watched him, yeah. He's very good. Very good. It looks like he's improved a lot. His striking is a lot better than it was. And um, he's excellent cardio, really good at pacing himself. And, and and slowly, like, seems to be his game is to wear people out a little bit, slowly break them. And, and he's done a good job of that. He's a good champion. Seems like we're moving in the direction of your old foe, uh, Leon Edwards, fighting him again for the belt. Do you think Leon can beat him? I would love to see that. Leon is somebody who's improved a lot since they last fought, which I believe is like years ago. Yeah, uh, like 14. 14 or 15, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. So that'd be a very interesting fight. And it's strange to see Leon, he's been on a roll as well, and he, it doesn't seem to get the recognition that he deserves, to be honest. Yeah. He's a great fighter, and he, uh, like, yeah, it's strange to see somebody who's been he's on a crazy winning streak um and i don't know what the story is if people don't want to fight him or if he's not accepting certain fights either or what what the story is but just it's it's weird that he hasn't got a title shot yet you know for uh you know because i think a lot of people didn't know about your injury like you said you uh you didn't talk publicly about it um, but for the last couple of Connor fights, I would always get questions like, why isn't Gunner with Connor? Why isn't he training with Connor? Was it because of the mm-hmm. the injuries that you weren't there, part of those camps? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think when uh, which which camp? Like the last one? The Poirier one in the summer. Yeah. I I've been like like I said, this has been a long the like the longest consecutive injury like season for me it's just mm-hmm. like horrible because and then you just get back and you're like okay i'm feeling good now and then it happens again it's it's part of it and i'm sure i mean i know there are some other fighters that have dealt with consecutive like injuries like that again and again and again and it's not nice no it's not nice <laughs> uh do you, do you worry that you'll never get back to 100 percent no, uh, like being 100% is something that uh, you never are 
anyway. Like mm-hmm. I've said this when I go into a fight, like people are like, yeah, I'm not feeling like I'm, there's something like there's not many times I go into a fight and I'm hundred percent, you know, there's always something. And I mean, you can make up excuses that you were like a little bit like this and that. If you decide to go in there and fight, then you think you're ready to fight, you know? And, and that's what I did against Burns. Um, I was, I, I was not hundred percent, but I was ready to fight. And mm-hmm. I went in there and I fought. I didn't know, like guys have that all the time. And it, when they win, you don't hear anything about it. But sometimes when they lose, you'll hear something about it. You know what I mean? But hundred percent is is something that rarely happens when you train every day, all day for fifteen years or whatever. You know, you're always something. But it's more of a feel than anything. And sure. I feel hundred percent. Life in Iceland now with COVID and everything is it is it easier to train? I was talking to uh, a fighter in Europe, different part of Europe yesterday, and he was telling me that it's locked down again. You can't go. What's it like uh, for you guys in Iceland right now? Um, there was some another wave recently, yeah. and I'm, I'm to be honest with you, I'm I, I don't uh, follow it. All as much as I used to, because yeah. it just seems to happen again, yeah, and again, and again, and again, and so I just follow the rules that uh, that they set, and I put on a mask when I'm supposed to have a mask, and I, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah. But can you train at your I'm, gym? If I'm to quarantine, then I do. Right. Um, you can train at your gym, though, right? Yeah. Okay, that is good. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's not been closed for a while now because we had a few big closes uh, like where the gym nobody was allowed there and it was yeah that was that was bad but um it hasn't been it's been open for a while what about the uh the traveling it's been yeah. it's hard yeah. and to get guys over to train uh, and like like all the traveling has just been very very difficult and it's it's hard for everybody and um so yeah that's that's kind of the main thing what about the sheep's head have we had uh sheep's head recently We've had sheep said, yeah, um, recently, like a couple of months, maybe. Okay, nice. Still tastes the same. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know yeah. how you like see it on your plate and continue to want to eat it. It's just the actual like head there. It's, it throws me off. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, I can understand that, you know. But when you when you're used to it, and you're you're used to it. <laughs> If you try it, you might actually like it. Yeah, maybe. Um, the tongue is delicious. Mm. You put anything on that, or is it just? Uh, I mean, you season it, or what? Uh, salt. Salt. Mostly. <laughs> I mean, you can season it, but it doesn't need much. It's pretty fatty as well. Keeps okay. a lot of flavor. Uh, I saw a picture recently, uh, Gunner. I mean, you have what? Uh, you have two children, right? Yes. Uh, Halloween recently, uh, your poor daughter. I mean, you're wearing a very scary outfit, Gunnar. How old is your your youngest? Um, she's two. She's two. But this this picture here. We're, we're showing the picture here of you wearing a very scary clown outfit. You can't see it, but the public can see it. That's your daughter that you're holding, right? Yeah, I think I know. Is she crying? Yes, she's crying. Is Why that, would you do that to her? Yes. That's that's actually from a year ago. A year ago, I wow! Don't post much on Instagram. 
<laughs> Why did you do this to your daughter who was even younger then? She was one. She was one, yes. And her. the funny thing is that it's her birthday. Her birthday is on Halloween. Oh, my. Wow. You, that's actually even more cruel. <laughs> Why did you do that yeah, to her? Well, well I, I didn't know how she was going to react and, and <laughs> it was scary. Halloween and yeah. it was you know so but we, we tried to take one picture she wasn't having it well I guess we got that snap in but then she uh, I passed her over to her mother's arms <laughs> it's kind of a terrifying clown and, and outfit I, and I took down I took down the clown and the clown only came up for the picture okay because okay. otherwise he was freaking out yeah yeah I can understand it's very scary people mm -hmm. are afraid of clowns um, alright so we've covered a lot here you're feeling good finally. Um, we're going to have a word with the mountain. I mean, it was very reckless what he did. I'm not very happy about it, if I'm being honest. Uh, I'm sure your father was thrilled about the whole situation as well. Uh, but you're good now, so what's done is done. You're a big Friends fan. Yeah. We learned that today, which was uh, a bit out of the blue. And you're going to work on Seinfeld. Yes, yes. That will be the next thing. Uh, you're great with the singing. We haven't had any, like, uh, Justin Bieber... Any music videos? Any videos from the from the gym? Yeah, that's true. We were we were uh, we were gonna do actually we were gonna do one and then like a while back, but then the another COVID COVID closing and 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 like we had a date set and everything to to shoot and to do it. Ah, and then what was the song? Um. Well, I think we're still gonna do it. So. Okay. 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 Yeah. Uh, uh, it would be great if it's the, I'll be there one. for you when the rain starts. <laughs> you know, that I mean, it would be fitting. If you recreate the whole thing. Before. Oh, my God. I just came up with a great idea. The whole thing with the chair, the sofa in front of the, the waterfall, like you and the guys on the team, this, the umbrella. Yeah, yeah. On There's the house. There's been a lot of great ideas. Okay. Here's uh, one. Right. <laughs> Doesn't sound like you're so into it. It's okay. Uh, if you use it, though, on the house, uh, great to talk to you, Gunner. I'm very happy to hear that you're okay, and I, I hope that we see you uh, March 19th in London. How about Gunner Nelson versus Hamza Shemaev? Sign me up. I'm in. Yes, sir. It would be nice. All right. All the best to you, Gunner. Thank you for doing this, and uh, all the best to your family. Happy holidays as well. Thanks very much. All right. Likewise. Talk to you soon. There he is, the one and only Gunnar Nelson, the pride of Iceland. Kind enough to join us here on the program. Great to hear from him. Hamza Chmai versus Gunnar Nelson from a grappling standpoint would be something he hasn't fought in... Over two years, September of 2019, his last fight. His last fight was against Gilbert Burns in Copenhagen. How long ago does that sound? Lost a unanimous decision to Gilbert Burns. Prior to that, lost a split decision to Leon Edwards on the infamous... Till versus Masvidal card in London. That's the uh, three-piece in a soda card. Prior to that, a win over Alex Cowboy Oliveira. And then prior to that was the, uh, the controversial Santiago Ponzinibbio fight, which he lost via KO, but he strongly believes and he has the evidence and his father has the evidence that 
He was poked in the eye multiple times. He was out for well over a year, a year and a half as a result of those injuries. Has beaten the likes of Albert Tumanov. What about Brandon Thatch? We haven't heard from him in quite some time. Jorge Santiago, George Santiago, Omari Akhmedov. Uh, always a pleasure to watch him fight. Of course, the grappling is what he was originally known for, but he has turned into quite the striker as well. Hopefully he can get back on track, get a big fight. And yes, uh, the word is March 19th is going to be the return of the UFC in London. Would be quite fitting for them to fight on that card. to have a return uh, to London on March 19th because that would be almost exactly two years to the day that they uh, had to cancel the Leon Edwards versus Tyron Woodley card, which was happening, what was it? Uh, probably, I think it was March 21st, March 22nd, something like that, 2020. Uh, that was the one, you know, right after the Kevin Lee versus Charles Oliveira fight card in Brazil, empty stadium on that Saturday afternoon. There's no one in attendance Essentially, the world is shutting down in front of our eyes, and uh, it's all very surreal. UFC at that point on that Saturday afternoon was the only game in town, and the word was that they were going to try to move that car to somewhere else, uh, go to uh, uh, you know some kind of uh, reservation, and uh, it got canceled. And so here we are two years later. They usually fight in London around March. Uh, that would be nice. Now, there are so many guys that you could put on that card. I mean, Gunnar Nelson would be a huge addition to the card. Mohamed Mokhaev, who we had on the show uh, just a couple of weeks ago, or was it last week? They all blend together. Uh, he announced that he has a signed contract. Um, it would be interesting to see if they put him up there against uh, Cody Durden, who he has openly called out, not only here, but on social media and other places as well. Uh, so you have that situation brewing. Uh, but then you have big names like Tom Aspinall out there, Molly McCann out there, uh, Jack Shore out there, Patty Pimblett, of course, uh, in his second fight back home would make a hell of a lot of sense. I mean, there's a ton of names. You could literally do a England versus the world card with all the big names right now fighting out of... Uh, out of the UK. You could do that. Speaking of the UK, have you guys been watching the uh, the Beatles documentary on Disney Plus, Get Back? It is a fun time. I like to watch it before I go to bed. Now, I only last five minutes. But it's a fun time. So anyway, that's uh, something to look out for. March 19th, a potential return to England. Hopefully no variants, no nonsense. We're done with this. Tired. Over it. Please. Let's go back to normal. No more. No mas. Someone call Roberto Duran. We're done. S'il vous plaît. Can't take it anymore. Had enough. So hopefully that happens. O2 would be nice. It'd be rocking. Can you imagine? Darren Till potentially on the card. Uh, potential Darren Till versus Uriah Hall fight. Um, we'll see if, you know, Till's been rehabbing in, in Las Vegas. So we'll see if he's ready to go. But, I mean, the possibilities are endless. Absolutely endless. Shout out to Everton. 
going up against Liverpool. Nice little derby uh, later on today. Up the Toffees, going to be a big night, a big afternoon, depending on where you're watching it, uh, for the men in blue. Now, speaking of Las Vegas, big card this weekend. Sneaky good card, sneaky loaded card in Las Vegas at the Apex. Main event, Rob Font versus Jose Aldo. Co-main event is a great one at 155 involving two of the very best in that weight class, loaded weight class, of course, Rafael Fiziev going up against Brad Riddell, two guys who have trained together, two guys who didn't necessarily want to fight each other, but there was no one else who wanted to fight them. So they put them together in this co-main event. I can't wait for it. It's the people's main event. It's uh, it's a fascinating matchup, and we're uh, we're lucky enough to be joined by Brad Riddell right now on the program to talk about that fight and more. There he is, Brad. How are you, my friend? Yeah, I'm not bad. Just uh, finishing up media day. I know. Apex, so. Yeah, you squeezed us in. You're very nice. Are you in? Tr- am I in uh, trouble? Are you in trouble? Are, are they mad at you? Don't worry about it. We're good. Okay, we're, we're good. We're good. You're the man, and uh, and and your your manager Ashes as well. I appreciate you very much, Brad. Um, so a lot to talk to you about. Uh, I saw, can I just ask you about something? I'm very jealous of you, Brad. You had um, a picture on your Instagram recently where you got to spend time in a camper van in New Zealand. <laughs> this is my dream. Yeah. I love. I, my dream is to buy a camper van. I want to get a Westphalia camper van what was it like for you and what kind of camper van was it what year was it was it a volkswagen uh, it was a mazda bongo i don't know if you guys have them here it was like a 2010 but i was actually um that's what i was sleeping outside the gym when uh dan hooker's camp started because i didn't want to sleep in the gym where there was like you know 10 other guys farts and burps and snoring so i i got a uh my mate owns that company and he lent me a camper van so i slept out in the car park and it was uh I definitely won that one. Yeah, that was very smart. And no one else copied you? I would think all the guys would just get that same thing. I didn't tell them. I just um, I turned up a couple of days late in it. And, uh, yeah, that was like the little congregation area outside the gym was uh, the camper. And after that, I went and bought one. Once I gave it back, I was like, I need one of these in my life. So oh, my gosh. One. So you got one? What kind? Yeah, I bought a 98 Toyota Hiace four-wheel drive. It's the mighty Hiace. You can't, you can't kill it. It'll, it'll live longer than me. Wow. And you sleep in it? I haven't slept in it yet. I only just got it. And then um, I went to the shop to get some new tires and stuff. And then I came over here. So as soon as I get out of quarantine, we're going to the top of the country. And we're going to go up there and camp on the beach for a couple of weeks. I love it. Now, how long have you been in the States for? I got here on Friday. So I've only been here like five days. Okay. Like Would you have preferred to come earlier because of the, uh, you know, the time change and all that? Yeah, it's like a little, a little bitter. Uh, we get Friday or Monday. So if I come on Monday, I have to like water load on the plane. And it's a bit of a pain in the ass, like getting up and peeing all the time and trying to make sure you get like an aisle seat. So it's easy to come on Friday when you can just like eat a little bit more normally and uh, don't have to water load, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I heard, so correct me if I'm wrong here, because I was following one of the, the local journalists. Did you get the lottery thing and now you're able to come back home? Yeah, so mine's is slightly different. I managed to get something called like a pilot program. So it's like a trial period. And um, you had to leave the country inside a specific date and be back in the country inside a specific date. And I get back a day before that, which was like uh, December the 8th. And so I get to go isolate in my house uh, for 10 days. Better than doing the hotel for two weeks. It's cheaper. 
but I just have to uh, pick my family out for 10 days. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Where are they going to go? Uh, they're just going to stay with a friend down the road. So, yeah. And are you, are you allowed to see them outside? Nah, it says no visitors. So, I'll just be chilling in the house for 10 days. And, yeah, it's all good, man. It's better than uh, what it was. Sure. Being in the hotel and, I mean, you're kind of going crazy in there and all that stuff. Um, and uh, so are the plans, I mean, are the plans no more? It sounds like you guys aren't going to move, right? You're, you're going to, you guys going to ride it out? Well, I don't think any of us are leaving anymore uh, because February, I think, 13th, they said they're opening the country back up to all, like, citizens of New Zealand. So if you're a citizen and you're double vaxxed, you can, like, come and go. Uh, as normal as the world used to be, so that's pretty exciting for us. So now we get to stay in New Zealand, so everyone's pretty happy about that. Uh, you know, we heard the stories about uh, Dan Hooker, obviously recently, and, and the troubles that he had, and, and other members of the team. Izzy, how difficult was this camp for you? Uh, mine wasn't anywhere near as difficult as Dan's. Uh, I managed to find a place and um, get the work done with a certain few people, and. Uh, you know, stayed stayed pretty hidden, but Dan's was uh, that was very very testing. So you know, kudos to that guy for what he went through, and especially to get that one. When you say hidden, like you're doing this in secret? Like, yeah, it was. Um, they they shut all the gyms down and everything, so you weren't supposed to be like, I don't know, train. You could have like specific bubble, which we did stick to the rules, but um, you weren't supposed to train inside. Uh, like, you know, other, I think anything other than your residential place. <laughs> and uh, they're following you, right? Like the journalists are taking pictures of you, like paparazzi in the freaking bushes and stuff. Like this is big news that you guys are doing this. Yeah, so originally they got a couple of snapshots from us with some telescopic lens uh, <laughs> when we are at the gym. And so they snatched on us there. And the police came and they decided that because the gym wasn't a place of residence that we couldn't stay there. So they told they kicked us out. We all disbanded. And then we, uh, you know, continued to help Dan train because, you know, these guys don't understand that you're not preparing for like a team sport where if you lose, there's no consequence other than a loss. Like if you lose, you could be really badly damaged, really hurt, like it's detrimental to your health. So you need to prepare as adequately as you can. So, you know, we continued to help Dan train and they followed us there and snapped us again. And then uh, that one really, they put us on the news again. And uh, then Dan had to finish his camp on about five mats in his garage. Did you feel like you guys were in, in some ways like on an island by yourself? Uh, because I understand like the, the rugby stars are being treated a little differently than you guys. And here you are just trying to provide and be as safe as possible and you're being treated almost like criminals, like you're outlaws. Is that weird in your own home country? Yeah, I definitely didn't feel that welcoming. Um, we're just trying to do what they were all doing, all right? And there was like a little bit of preferential treatment and there was denied, like a little bit denying by the government, which was, um, you know, it was upsetting. I didn't, I don't see the difference between us and them. And, um, you know, then there was people in the public that were saying, oh, just deal with it. But, uh, you know, this is our income. You know, this is the way we earn money for our families and uh, this is the way we support them. Dan Hooker's got staff members that he needs to pay for his gym and stuff like that. So, yeah, man, it was, um, it was testing times. Mm. 
Uh, maybe I'm naive because I live in this bubble, but I, I would argue that the likes of you and Israel Adesanya and Dan Hooker, etc., worldwide are more well-known than the All Blacks, right? I mean, I know they're a huge deal in New Zealand and Australia, et cetera, but worldwide, like you you guys walk down the street in Canada, people know who Izzy is, right? I don't know if it's the same with them. So the fact that he's being treated differently, you guys are being treated differently as a team is quite baffling, in my opinion. A little bit, yeah, it definitely is. But um, maybe, uh, you know, we just have a little bit of, New Zealand just has a little bit of catching up to do. Um, with uh, the recognition that we're, we've got from the sport. But um, yeah, man, like what can you say without shooting yourself in the foot? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to get you in trouble. So is it like, is it back? You could come home, but I understand Kai Kai France can't come home. He's fighting next week. Yeah, so Kai, I think, um, doesn't get home till a little later. I think January or something like that. Oh. Uh, that's not just for, I think Dan's managed to get one in January as well. So. Yeah, those guys will be having Christmas over here. So you got lucky. I got extremely lucky. Um, I didn't have a voucher either. Like, I was bringing my family and everything over as well. And then about two weeks before I came here, I got an email saying that I managed to get into the pilot program because some other people hadn't been accepted. So that was um, that was good news. Much has been made of your history with Rafael. Could you tell us how many years or even months did you guys train together over in Thailand? Uh, we trained together a couple of years there. I think close to a couple of years at the same gym. Um, before that, he was down at a different gym at Top Team. And I was at Tiger. Um, obviously knew who he was. And uh, we've, yeah, like we, we, you know, know each other's look from back then very well. But it's been five years since then. We've been apart longer than we trained together. So it's uh, two very different men going into fight this weekend. Do you feel like too much is being made of this this history together, or you know, is it? I mean, like he, it seemed like he was someone that you liked, right? Your 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 friends, you're, you still like him. I wouldn't put it in the past tense, but do you feel like this is being uh, made out to be too big of a deal? It's it's made to be a big deal. Um, it's it's not really uh, too too big a deal now that like everything's you know signed and done. Like we knew we were going to have to do this at some point. Uh, it just came a little bit earlier than we thought it was going to. But, um, you know, it's healthy competition at the end of the day. When you got the call that they wanted you to fight him next, did you try to pitch another idea or were you in right away? Uh, yeah, well, like I, I asked um, if there was someone else, you know. Uh, I thought I asked if we could fight like a bit later, like when we're a bit higher ranked. But... Um, uh, the UFC did that there was nobody uh, above me uh, willing to fight. They were waiting. And um, so I either fought somebody unranked or just waited till next year. And I wasn't really keen for uh, either of those. So I called Rafa because they'd sent me his name and said he's the only one available. So before I signed it, I just gave him a call. Um, and we just had a chat about it. And we both, like he wanted to fight. He didn't want to fight either. You know, he wanted to wait, but when we finally came to grips that there was no other option, we uh, we just like, all right, well, let's get it done. Uh, yeah, and I read that, that you called him. That's uh, a very classy move on your part. Uh, did you feel like you had to convince him to take it when you were calling him? like, Or both of you were 
by the end in agreement that this has to happen? We were, we were in agreement uh, that, that it was uh, going to happen inevitably. So we'll just do it now and make some money. Um, I, I didn't have to convince him or anything. I just I just said to him what the, what the UFC said to me. And he was like, oh, yeah, he understood. Probably the same deal for him, to be honest. Right. Like, probably nobody wanted to fight him in front of him either. <laughs> yes. Yes, I, I have heard that as well. Uh, who has improved more since you guys were training together? I think we've both come in leaps and bounds. Um, I think I've displayed a lot of different um, aspects of my game, maybe a little more. He hasn't had to yet, but I'm very aware that he's a good grappler and a good wrestler, and he just hasn't had to use it yet. So, uh, we've, yeah, we've both improved a lot. It's going to be a pretty exciting fight, uh, no matter which way it goes, really. And what year was this that you guys were together? Oh, shit. It would have been... Man, I don't remember, like 2015 or 14 or 16, something like that, man. It was like they all blurred together now in Thailand, yeah. but a while back, yeah. Okay. Um, but we were like, like 25-ish, something like that, maybe like five years ago, yeah. A victory over someone like him who's highly regarded, where does that put you in your opinion? I think it makes me one of the elite in that top 15. It makes me very... Uh, it takes me away from being a prospect, that's for sure. Um, in my opinion, he's one of the best in there. One of the most dangerous guys to fight in the top 15. So beating a guy of his caliber is like a huge advantage for me. You know, mm-hmm. I make it look a little bit jittery, that's for sure. Uh, I feel like you've evolved from the pos- the prospect label. I mean, I would imagine you're, you in your mind you have evolved as well. It's just a matter of getting that big win to then start getting those big fights. Correct. Yeah, I, I don't think I'm a prospect anymore for sure. Like, I think a prospect is somebody that isn't in the rankings yet. Yeah. But uh, we'll see it listed in some places. So, um, whatever it is what it is, man. You can't you can't control what people write, can you? Uh, I I love that fight against Gregor Gillespie. Uh, do you have an interest in running that back, or do you feel like a win over? Yeah. Okay. Hundred percent. I asked for that um, after the Drew fight. I asked for that Gregor fight, but um, to no answer. <laughs> I didn't get anything back. So uh, From who? The UFC? Uh, I think I tagged Gregor in it, and I asked the UFC for it. Oh, but I think they said he was potentially waiting for somebody, uh, maybe ranked higher, which, you know, fair enough, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, completely up to him. Um, yep. Tried, failed. That was a weird one uh, and an unfortunate one. One of the many fights that we lost due to uh, due to COVID, unfortunately. Yeah. Could I ask next week the the belt in your weight class is being defended? Who do you think wins, Charles Oliveira Man. or Dustin Poirier? What a fight! I think uh, I'm going to pick Dustin, but you know those those are two guys that really deserve that belt. Like you know they've had an awesome trip, good story, good dudes. And uh, it's going to legitimize that balance. That's going to be an awesome fight. I think, I think Dustin will grab it um, a bit later in the fight. But, man, you can't sleep on Charles. That guy, like, chokes you out from everywhere, arm yeah. bars you. He's a freak. So do you feel like this will be your last time? Like, the next time you fight, life will be a lot easier for you? Do you think this kind of signals the end of the, the craziness of the last couple of years? Yeah, so – by the sounds of it, the next time I fight, we'll just be back to one-week fight trips, and it'll be awesome because I'll be able to come watch my friends fight and then shoot home again as well. So 
I miss those days. Like I, I kind of took those for granted, but I won't, I won't from now on. Uh, so you won't be evil. You won't even be able to stay for Kai's fight. No, I won't be here for Kai's fight. So my, um, my ticket is Sunday. Wow. Yeah. Like the next day. It, it, ordinarily, you would have stayed, right? He's fighting the next week, huge fight. You would have just stayed, right? Yeah, 100%. But um, if I stayed, I would have been accepted into this um, isolation program. So I would have missed that and that would have been stuck over here as well. And were you, And I'm assuming you weren't able to train with Alex, right, recently for his fight? No, I didn't, I didn't have anything to uh, offer Alex for this fight. Just like, just some shit talking over the phone. That was about it. But yeah, he he uh, did that camp in Wollongong with Lopez and his Aussie boys. And man, he looked the best I've ever seen him. To be honest, he looked great. Were you, honestly though? Were you freaking out when he was stuck in the guillotine there? No, come on. Oh yeah, okay. shit. I thought you were saying what was I? I thought you were about to say was was I freaking out about the fight upcoming? I was like, nah. But yeah, the guillotine. I shit myself. Like I was in my lounge. <laughs> I was just screaming. TV and I was like, yeah, didn't know what to say. And then uh, he got out of it and I was like, oh, thank God for that. He won't do that again. And then he went into the triangle and I was like, yeah. But uh, yeah, hard man to finish. Little short limbs, short neck. Yes. What a fight. Uh, And it has put him into legendary status. Uh, I know you've talked a lot today, so I'm going to let you go, Brad. Thank you very much for the time. Uh, good luck to you on Saturday. I can't wait for this fight. I know the entire MMA community is very excited about it. So I wish you the best, my friend, and thanks for joining us. Yes, thanks for having me. All right. See you, sir. Yes, there he is. Brad Riddell. Big fight for him on Saturday. Do go out of your way to watch that fight. Co-main event against Rafael Fazee of his win over... Uh, His win over, uh, what is this? This is strange. His win over Drew Dober on uh, that card headlined by Izzy and Marvin Vittori was a great one. Looking at this article from Give Me Sport. Bizarre moment. Shaolin Monk absorbs a flurry of punches from UFC star Brad Riddell without flinching. What? Well, the King, this is an old thing, right? I don't know why this is like in Google News right now. Okay, this was a clip that was posted by Bloody Elbow about an old fight. Brad Riddell against a Shaolin monk, Yi Long. And he just takes a bunch of punches and doesn't move. Wild. Great fighter. All action. I am looking forward to that very much. All right. uh, One more guest to go and then uh, plenty more to do. We got to answer your questions on the nose. Let's see how many questions. 150. Now, I'm hoping that the majority of these questions aren't that dude, uh, what's his name, Uh, McBean, answering the questions. I don't know if I'm going to give him the shine this time. Last week, I was giving him the shine because he was answering the questions and some of the answers were good. This time, I mean, if half of these, if it's really, what's 150 divided by 2, 70, 75? Yeah, 75, 75, 140, yeah. 75, if it's really 75- with 75 McBean responses, I'm not sure if we're going to go and read every single one of them, but, you know, I'll do my best to answer all of them. So we'll do that at around uh, four. And then prior to that, we'll check in with GC. I mean, a lot of 
a lot of fights to bet on this weekend. A lot of MMA going on. A lot of combat sports going on. So we'll get his picks in a matter of moments. We're going to be joined by Rafael Dos Anjos, who uh, I haven't talked to in quite some time as well. And we haven't seen him fight in quite some time as well. Uh, his last fight, you'll recall, was that split decision win over Paul Felder back in November of 2020. That fight that Paul Felder took on like five days notice, November 14th, 2020. That was his return to lightweight after a couple of losses at 170 pounds against top tier competition. Leon Edwards, Michael Chiesa did have the big win over Kevin Lee at 170 pounds in May of 2019. Also, uh, the Kamara Usman fight. Here's the thing that you can say definitively about RDA. Rafael Dos Anjos, of course, the former UFC lightweight champ, the man who beat Anthony Pettis back at UFC 185 to win the title in March of 2015. This man has fought everyone. At 155, at 170. I mean, just listen to these names. Like, I think people have actually forgotten who he has fought. Paul Felder, Michael Chiesa, Leon Edwards, Kevin Lee, Kamar Usman, Colby Covington, Robbie Lawler, Neil Magny, Tarek Safadine, Tony Ferguson, Eddie Alvarez, Donald Cerrone, Anthony Pettis, Nathan Diaz, Benson Henderson, Jason High, Khabib Nurmagomedov, Donald Cerrone, Evan Dunham, Mark Bocek, Anthony Njokuani, Kamal Shalarus, Gleison Tebow, George Sotteropoulos, Clay Guida, Terry Edom, Kyle Bradley, Rob Emerson, Tyson Griffin, Jeremy Stevens. I mean, what a freaking who's who. An incredible who's who. And he ain't done. And so I wanted to check in with the uh, former champ RDA. It's been a while, and he's kind enough to join us on the program. There he is. Hafel, how are you, my friend? What's up, I'm doing good. How about you, man? Doing very well. Thank you for joining us. Good to talk to you again. It has been a minute, as they say, uh, and a lot to talk to you about. Uh, could I ask, first off, uh, I noticed recently you, you, you told me this, and then I went back and, and uh, saw it on your Instagram. You've moved back to, uh, to Rio, to Brazil, no longer in Southern California. Why did you do that? Yeah, not anymore. Uh, yeah, I still have my house in there. Uh, I still have my house in California, but I decided to... I don't know, man, you know? I just want to change, you know, the environment, you know, change uh, uh, my mind a little bit, you know? Being real for me after, like, 10 years, it's been good. Be, uh, be back to my roots, you know? And so I decided to move here for training and to have the last shot of, of, on, my, on that belt, you know, like the last run on the title. So I know, like, I don't have too many years on me, but like, and then I'm, you know, I move here because I want to, to do my last run for the title. Now you have, uh, you know, relatively young kids. You, you, you all moved to Rio, everyone, you, you got everyone to leave? Everybody, wow. everybody. I got a uh, 12 years old. I got a uh, three years old. So we live here in Rio. I brought the whole family. So we're going to stay. You know, I came to stay one year at first, but looks like we're going to go for the second year. Okay. 
And you miss California. I miss, I miss, but like, it's been good to be in Rio too, you know, back on the days when I lived here, always poor with no money to do anything. So it's, it's been good being real with a little bit of money. And the acai is way better in Rio than it is in California, right? Not even close. Incredible. Incredible. <laughs> I have never, I've never had a food that tastes so much better in one place as opposed to the other. Like when I go to Bibi Sucos in Rio, I haven't been for several years. I feel like I'm in heaven. I feel like the gods are raining down on me. And then when I eat it here in America, it tastes like eh, it's bland. It's not that it's filled with all kinds of nonsense. You know what I'm talking about, right? I would, I want to bathe in oh, it. Oh yeah. In, in California, we, we eat blueberries yeah. with uh, apple juice. That's why we eat. So in Brazil, we have the real acai oh, with so guarana. That's why it tastes uh, so different. So good, so good. Changed my life when I had it for the first time. Um, all right, so you're back in Rio. However, we haven't seen you, like I said, in a little over a year. Your last fight, November 14th, 2020, against Paul Felder. Great fight, great story with Paul taking the fight on short notice. What has happened? What have you been dealing with this past year? Yeah, when I fought Felder, I had I was struggling with some like abdominal pain and some pain on my groin. And then I fought like that. I couldn't I couldn't throw my left kick during the whole fight camp. Uh, I heard I heard doing uh, uh, sprints on uphill, and, uh, and then I started feeling that that thing bug, bugging me, and I couldn't figure out the problem in the United States. I did a couple of MRIs. I couldn't figure out what was going on. And when I came to Rio, because I got a call to fight Tony Ferguson, and then I came to Rio to start my fight camp with uh, Andre Pedernera and Alvin Young. And then I still, I couldn't get better. And then I did some like uh, some uh, MRI that calls with a Valsalva Manuve. It's a type of MRI that you do like you kind of you kind of move and you kind of put pressure during the MRI. Oh wow! I, and then they find out some like that my abdominal wall was create some space. That's why I was having that. It called sport hernia. Ah uh, yes, yes. Very hard to find out what it was, and uh, and then I got the surgery. It's been a rough year, and then I got a surgery in March. And go back training, make weight for corner fight, and be a backup guy for corner for a year. And, uh, and I was getting ready for Islam, and my knee, boom, Damn. my uh, uh, meniscus. And I had it removed. So now I'm here. Can't wait to be back in the octagon. So, so two surgeries? In six months, yes. Man. Uh, and I'm sure the hernia killed, right? Yeah, the hernia was the worst, man, because I had two. I have one like big cut on my abdomen oh. and another one on my um, adductor, right on my on my groin. So it was two two little holes, one big one, the other one the little small. And uh, but it took a while, man. It took me like eight weeks to do something. Uh, uh, was pretty hard on my body. And this Tony Ferguson fight, when was that? Was in May. So, and then Benio took the fight. Oh. That one, Benny, Benny Darius took the fight because that fight supposed to be me, but like, I, 
I, I couldn't, you know, get better. And then I said, hey, I'm going to pass the ball, you know. Sure. And I don't think a lot of people knew that you were the backup for Connor Emporia until we saw you there in Las Vegas. That was kind of kept under wraps. Yeah, yeah. That uh, I texted Dana and I offered myself. Uh, huh. I was coming off surgery. I was in a good weight. I was staying away from the outside in Rio. So I'm keeping, I'm keeping myself around 180, 182 at the most. So... I'm, you know, I'm doing my best to stay light. And then I called Dan. I say, Dan, if you need a backup, I'm, I'm here. And Shen Shelby reached out to my manager and say, hey, uh, we're going to fly Hafa to, to Las Vegas. And I say, let's go. And I may wait. So that was good for me to keep my mind busy. Sure. And they paid you for that, right? Yeah, they did. Good money? Good money. All right. Good money. Not bad. You know, was was... That's good, but that, but now that's twice that a Connor fight falls through. Obviously, very different than the uh, the first time. Was that frustrating? Like, were you secretly praying that something would happen so that you can fight him? <laughs> oh, you know, like that's actually three times because we're supposed to right. fight for the Walter Wade belt too. Yes. <laughs> By the way, no one believes me. I've reported that multiple times, and till this day, people don't believe me that in May of twenty. 20- <laughs> what was it, 2018, right? It was May of 2018. 18. You guys were supposed to fight for the interim welterweight title and then the thing in Brooklyn happened and it all blew up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. So then you're there. Yeah, but you know, I was there on fight week and, uh, you know, I was ready to go. If something happened with one, which, you know, with one of the guys, I was ready to jump in. Uh, doesn't matter if it was Connor or Poirier. And until, like... You know, Saturday, 1 p.m., they kept me on uh, on backup. Wow. Uh, if something happened, so I'm ready to jump in with either one of the guys. But, you know, good for them. Nothing happened, you know. I wasn't praying for anything, like, uh-huh. bad happened to them, you know. I was just there, you know, may wait, make my money. and But, like, I was ready to go. I wanted to fight, actually. Now, what about this scene? It's Friday morning. You weigh in. You're you're at the apex. Uh, you have posted the clip. And what happens? You and Connor have a bit of uh, an exchange of words. Um, he, you said in the clip that he was trying to come up behind you. What happened? Tell us the story. Yeah, I was. I had just made weight, and I saw him walk to the, the scale. He made weight as well. And then he walked to the medicals, and then I saw him coming. Oh, you know, I saw him in the corner of my eyes. But like my corners, nobody saw it. Just uh, you know, I caught him on the corner of my eyes, and uh, and then we kind of make eye contact from far, from far. I saw he saw me there, and then I kept like him on the corner of my eyes. I don't want to stare at him anything like. But when I look, and he was staring at me, and he's supposed to turn right and get out of the building, but he started walking towards me. And then I and then I stood up and said, hey, man, what are you staring at me? And then everything got, cut, got cut, caught on camera, and that was it. Uh, he, he probably was trying to sneak from behind and do something stupid. Who knows? <laughs> you guys all know Connor. He probably will try to do something. <laughs> Uh, what, what do you make of, you know, what's become of Connor with the, the injuries, the losses? Do, do you think he can get back on track? Yeah, man. You know, like, 
if you know if he's really run, if he got his mind in place, he can get back to the top, I believe. But yeah, uh, uh, it's it's uh, it's 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 a hard injury, you know. Like, but and after at the end of the day, I know like I got the same, you know, pretty much, you know, that injury on my jaw. Mm-hmm. Like, but it's when it's bone to bone, not ligaments involved, it's much easier to heal. It looks ugly on TV, but actually it's just bone to bone. Like if you put some screws and some plates, it's going to be strong. It's going to be kicking again. But yeah, I think if he got his mind on place, he still can, 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 you know, he's Conor McGregor. He just can, he can cut the line for him is way shorter than for other fighters. The, the jaw injury, uh, that's UFC 91, Jeremy Stevens, right? No, no. That was my first UFC fight. And the jaw injury was against Clay Guida. Oh, Clay Guida. That's right. That's right. That's oh, right. yeah. It was in UFC Oakland, I believe. Uh, it was when Anderson Silva fought, fought uh, uh, Chael Sonic. That's right. I, I mixed it two. Yes, uh, I'm getting old. UFC 117. One seventeen. That's right. it, it, it's. I feel old too because all those guys they all retired. I know. Almost everybody on that card. It's crazy. <laughs> do you, do you uh, like? Are you shocked that you're still around? Yeah, man, man, I feel great. Anyway, I'm I'm 30, just turning thirty seven years old, and I feel I feel good. I feel like I want it so much. You know, I still I still have that drive on me, and uh, I'm I'm as dials at day one. It's just like, you know, these injuries being bugging me, you know, but I think everything's going to pass, you know, and uh, I, will, I will, you know, put on a, you know, a good, like, win streak and be busy. That's all I want. Now, what about you and Islam Makhachev? You were supposed to fight last year, and then, of course, after all of this, you're booked to fight. Now, you, I remember you saying you'll fight him if you beat him, you get to fight Khabib. And then they gave you the fight. Does that mean that that was agreed upon? Like, did, did Habib actually agree to this stipulation? I don't know. Like, you know, I haven't. So that, that's what I want. I would, the plan was call, call, call it out, you know, when I beat him. Because they want it so bad. They want to fight me so bad. Okay, RDA, RDA. I said, okay, I, I fight Islam. He wasn't ranked, like, near me, I think, at the time. And I said, okay, I fight the guy. You guys wanted me to fight him so much? Okay, if I beat him, you fight me then. So let's see how much you trust on him. Mm-hmm. But to and the best of your knowledge, he never agreed to that, or did he? Did Khabib agree to this? No, the best of my knowledge, no. Oh, okay. Why do you think they wanted you to fight him so bad? I don't know, man. I have no idea. <laughs> Maybe they think I'm an easy fight, so it's, it's easy. Once we get locked on the octagon, it's a different story. But here's the thing: didn't want to fight me to, to five rounds. That's a, a, a fact because I I told UFC I say I want to fight him three five rounds. Hmm. He doesn't want it. He want to fight three rounds. So that's the thing. That's that's you know that's you know that showed me something. Um, and and to be clear, when you say they wanted you to fight him, the they is that the UFC or is that his team? His team. Ah, his team. Okay. Which, uh, you know, management team you used to be a part of. Yes. You think they're coming after you? Yeah, I'm here, you know, like, 
uh, I don't know, like maybe I'm a former champion. Uh, I'm still around. Uh, I move, uh, I move up division. I fought for the title and, uh, I drop back down and then I come back to the lightweight division. I beat a legit guy, Paul Felder, Islam. He kept like, uh, talking crap on internet. Okay, you pull out, you pull out. You pull out on fight week, my friend. Don't forget that, you know? And then I fought Paul Felder on short notice, hard fight. Paul Felder's, you know, guy had a big heart. And then I beat a legit guy. So, but then, you know, my body just like, you know, it, it's a combat sport, you know? Like, we had contact with each other and then I hurt my knee and things happen, but you know, I'm recovering. I'll be back in there. Did you see his, uh, his recent win over Dan Hooker? And if so, are you impressed? Not at all. Not at all. I I, I think, uh, no, no disrespect with Dan Hooker, but once his lung took him down, he couldn't, he couldn't get on his side. Like he was flat on the ground. I'm a, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt and uh, people who has a little bit of uh, experience fighting from the bottom, they know you should never be flat on your back. And uh, uh, Dan Hooker was completely flat on his back. He had fought like three rounds a month before. I know that comes, you know, that's hard on the body too. With all that travel going to Abu Dhabi, Islam was already there. You know, he got a, his scene over there. So it was a good fight for him. Mm. It was a good a good matchup for him. Who do you think wins? Islam or Benil Dariush? I think I, I was even, you know, talking to Benil the other day. We, you know, we friends. And uh, I think Benil, if he, if he work like smart, if he trains smart, he's going to beat uh, 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 Islam Akachat. Wow. If he trains smart, I think he, he got the tools. He's very durable, uh, very hard to grapple. You know, he's he's tough guy. I think he can beat Islam. Just curious, while I'm asking you predictions, who do you think wins next week? Charles Oliveira or Dustin Poirier? Uh, Charles Oliveira. Yeah, if he tried to, like, uh, trade, you know, exchange with uh, – with Poirier, he can get caught, but Poirier is not a guy that's very hard to take down. Hmm. Uh, I think Charles, they're gonna they're gonna get in the scramble, and Charles is gonna finish him. So, in a perfect world for you, when do you return? January. Oh, that I already asked PFC, so I will, I, I want to fight January. You know, that is a show in uh, 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 Anaheim. Yeah, it's like. 30 minutes away from my house. So that would be the perfect scenario for me. And uh, I already contacted, you know, UFC and I say I want to be on that card. Perfect opponent for that card. I see guys like Tony Ferguson has nobody and we have a, would be a good rematch. I think when I fought Tony, I fought Tony on the wrong time. I should, I should, I should not take that fight was a uh, very coming off a uh, title loss and right away jumping in another fight in Mexico City on the altitude wasn't a good moment. I was leaving King's MMA. It was a very 
very bad moment for me. And I would like I would love to run that 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 match again to have that match again with Tony. Uh, uh, the other guy is Chandler, maybe, but I think it's too soon for him. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you want to fight that soon, but you know, yeah, you know, just want to be there, man. Just want to compete. Just want to fight. Whatever. Uh, Conor McGregor, Khabib Nurmagomedov, Islam Makhachev. Can you rank them in terms of how badly you want to fight them? That's a hard one. I think uh, uh, Conor would be the first one. Khabib second is Lantar. And wh- why Conor over Khabib? Conor because it's it's been like like we were talking like three times. Mm-hmm. Forget money. Not about money fight. Uh, Habib would be a money fight too, you know, like, uh, but just because I got hurt, couldn't fight. And then I, the, the bus thing happened in New York and, uh, yeah. And Habib, because, you know, uh, I had my loss that day and he beat me that day. It doesn't mean that that's, that's, that's what crazy about MMA uh, he was better than me that night. It doesn't mean that if we fight again, uh, 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 he's going to beat him again, you know? So and then I think that, that I would run those three guys like that. It feels to me like before it's all said and done for both of you, it would be somewhat of a shame if you never get to fight Connor. Like, I feel like we need some closure on the whole, you know, UFC 196 thing. <laughs> yeah, that, that I think, man, we have a history, you know, we have a big history, and uh, it, it could happen. I think that 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 has a big potential of happening. Corner is kind of gonna come back by mid of to twenty twenty two, and uh, you know, I'm I'm here. I'm still in the mix. I'm top six. I haven't fought in two years, and I went up the, uh, to the. <laughs> Two positions on the ranking, which is crazy to me. But, yeah, you know, I'm still there on the mix, so I can't be back there and be fighting again. It's just so crazy to me, like, how much, in terms of the history of the UFC, changed as a result of what happened with that card. Like, who knows, you know, the Nate Diaz stuff, the sale of the UFC. Like, I don't know if all these things happen the way in which they do if that fight goes through. It's a crazy, like, sliding doors moment in the history of the sport. Yeah. It was crazy. A, a lot of things could change that, that that night, but yeah, and I I know definitely I was I was I was on fire, man. I was training so well, and it was only like ten days, two weeks before the fight. I don't know if I ever told that story. How that that injury happened? Tell us, which tell was us. crazy. Like the the backstory. I had this guy help helping for spar, you know, and. I felt him like a little bit too much, like he was too flashy, you know, like, and then I told Rafael Cordero, I said, Rafael, let's put that guy, you know, aside. So I don't, I don't feel too safe training with him. He's kind of, he's going too crazy sometimes. And I don't feel, I want to, you know, save myself. And then, okay, let's put him aside. And uh, last sparring session, Everybody picked their partners. Who was the only guy left? Oh, come on. And 
I kind of turned it, turn it away, and then I look into Cordero, and he goes, okay, let's go. Let's go on fifth round. Let's go one more. And then I, I went to that guy that I didn't want to train, and then I kind of leg kicked him. He just left his leg a little bit, like lifted his leg, and I kicked it right on his kneecap, and I broke my foot. Man, fifth round, last training session? Last, last point session. And everybody picked their partners, and then I kind of walk away, and uh, that was the only, the only the guy over there, you know. Only he on the mat. And then, okay, let's go, let's go, the last one. And then I broke the foot. Oh, <laughs> it's funny. Did, I mean, fun. I got a laugh. <laughs> did you freak out when it happened? Like, did you lose your cool? I mean, how did you no, react? I know. And then I felt like it buckled a little bit. I kept going. Oh. I kept going. Fifth round, I kept going. And then I noticed after training that uh, I felt some, like, pop on my foot. And then I took my shin pad and I saw, like, it was, it was like, uh, it felt like a tennis ball on the side of my foot, you know, pretty big. And... Right after training, I jumped on my car. I drove to LAX to pick up one of my coaches on the airport. He arrived from Abu Dhabi. Oh. And by the time he, he got on the car, he said, how's training? How's everything? I said, look at my foot. And then my foot was a balloon, like was huge. Wow. And then I went to the doctor. That was Friday. And then I said, I'm going to wait until Monday. If I don't have to wear a cast, if uh, I don't have to wear a hard cast, I'm still going to fight. But I went to the doctor and said, hey, man, you need a cast. You, oh. you can't. I said, can I, can I just, I couldn't walk. I couldn't do anything. And then he put him on a hard cast. And then that was it. Five weeks. That was it. Were you depressed? No, not really. What? I was a champ at the time, right. you know, I had the belt home and funny thing, I was coming out of the doctor, uh, right after the fight, I went to the doctor to do something, some uh, like checkup and, and then I, I was hungry. I was in LA and then I put a, I, ha I, I have never told this story to nobody, just to close friends. And then I was hungry driving back home. And then I put on Google uh, uh, some whole food around me. And then I found some whole foods and I went there to grab a bite. was me and my wife. And then I had that little, you know, like little, little cart that you put your knee mm -hmm. and then you start sliding like the little scooter. And was a whole food in Santa Monica. And guess who was on the hot bar getting food? Connor? Nate Diaz. <laughs> I kind Come on. Yeah. And then I, I kind of... I look at him. He kind of starts sizing me up. And then <laughs> he was getting like... I say, man, I look at him. and say, it looks like he's going to fight me with, uh, with, uh, with a broken foot. And uh, I kind of look at me. And then we kind of, you know, look at each other and... My wife said my hair on my head did like oh. that, like a bug. Wow. <laughs> my 
was my wife she was so afraid because she was near me and she said i saw your hair doing that like like a dog ready to fight i i was really ready to fight you know i <laughs> made straight and said, it's gonna jump on me i'm gonna fight him here wait so and no hello uh, no nothing just staring at each other no no like he was on the like i was like five feet away from him he was on the hot <laughs> was really close was really close and he he looked at me and kind of uh, look at my foot and he said something like it's hard to understand what he said and uh he said like get bad or something like that i couldn't hear well i say okay congrats you're fine but something like that and he yeah. walked away so this was after he had already accepted the fight no that was after the fight oh this is after the fight after he beat connor <laughs> Oh my yeah. gosh! Wow! How long after? Maybe two days. Oh my god! Maybe Monday or Tuesday. So he, after oh, the fight, that is wild. <laughs> of all the people, yeah, I never met you know nobody like. Very hard to meet fighters in LA. I I never did. So I met Nate right after the. I still had black eyes and all. Yeah, that. he should have thanked you in that moment. Right, should have at least pay me dinner. Yeah, something. <laughs> I mean, a little, but buy, buy your uh, your hot meal that you were getting over there at Whole Foods. <laughs> Nothing. Instead, he's sizing you up. I mean, that's that's classic Nate Diaz. I, I, it's just one of the great what if moments in the history of the sport. By the way, um, I don't know if you saw your your old foe Kevin Lee. Uh, released yesterday. What do you think of that news? Uh, I saw that, that was crazy, man. I, I, you know, between all, you know, that that would be the last guy that I thought we have sealed release. He's so young, uh, you know, so much talent. He just need to get his mind, you know, straight. But you know, like I, I was, I was surprised with that with that news. He gets was still- a happy for. No, no, it's it's a, it's very unfortunate. But he's still twenty nine, right? I mean, he could still. I know you fought him, you beat him, but uh, I think he could still have a very bright future in the sport. Definitely, definitely, he's a very talented guy, very strong, very strong. Uh, he could be like he could be champion, man. You know, like he's when when I saw that, I didn't know he was that young. Mm. When I saw his twenty, got almost ten years on him. Yeah. Yeah, um, eight years in the UFC, but he's been doing this a, a very long time. So I'm happy to hear you're okay. No more injuries. You're back home in Rio. Good vibes, good acai. And you're hoping to fight uh, in, in January. And you'd love to fight Tony Ferguson. But you're open to anything, basically. You just want to get back in there and you feel you got one title run left in you, right? One more, one more shot at the belt, 155, right? No more 170, 155. 155. Uh, that was that was uh, what you know. UFC come to us and they ask, okay, it gotta be. So they 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 offer me a six fight contract. that say they it gotta be at 155. Oh. At first they let they let uh uh they let they let us choose what, which division we wanna be. Say okay, let's do the contract and. Uh, 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 we were asking for money and, uh, and then they got us to the money that we want, but okay, it has to be a 155. 
you're gonna do this, but has to be at 155. And then I'm living, I'm living on diet, I'm living on you know good habits all year round. Walking around 182, 183 at the most, and uh, you know uh, it's time. It's time for me to. That's why I moved to Brazil. Say I want to be here. I want to train. I want to. You know I have good doctors. I have good coaches in here. So it changed the environment for me too. You know it feels like like when I moved to California ten years ago, and I'm in Brazil now. So I gotta make things work. And by the way, this contract, when did you sign it? I signed it right before Felder's fight. Okay. All right. So five left. Okay. Um, well, congrats on that. Congrats on getting healthy. And I'm looking forward to your return, Rafael. Always great to talk to you. You always uh, you give us good stories. And that, that one about Nate and everything with Connor, that was uh, classic stuff. I can't imagine what that must have felt like for you uh, after seeing him beat uh, Connor. Hopefully one of these days we'll, we'll see that fight finally. And I'd love to see you versus Islam at some point as well. The back and forth between you guys on Twitter is pretty fun. I mean, I know you're writing the tweets. I don't know. Is he writing the tweets or is someone writing the tweets for him? I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe they, they're always together, together you know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's think that way. They're always together right, in the right. same room. Right, right. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, great stuff. And uh, all the best to you. Happy holidays and looking forward to your return next year. Thank you, Ariel. My right. pleasure. Take care. Talk to you soon. There he is, Rafael Dos Anjos. What a story there. Uh, just days. I had uh, initially thought that he was saying after pulling out of the fight, he sees uh, Nathan at Whole Foods. But then it all made sense going to the doctor after UFC 196, March of 2016. And he shocks the world. And his life is, is I mean, I can't imagine. He said he wasn't depressed after all of that. Much props. I have often said <clears throat> that a documentary needs to be made about March of 2016 to August of 2016. The amount of stuff that happened in the UFC in that stretch, incredible. We're getting Connor versus RDA. RDA pulls out. Nathan accepts the fight. I mean, we can even go a step before that. Bisping Silva's in February of 2016. 2016, by far the best year in the UFC's history. Bisping Silva, I'll do this on, uh, off the top of my head. Bisping Silva, February of 2016 at the O2 in London. RDA pulls out. They, they, they put in Nate. Nate fights Connor, 196, early March. Beats Connor, shocks the world. Also co-main for that card you'll recall misha tate holly Holm. misha comes back beats holly Holm, who just beat ronda rousey a few months ago in melbourne australia april we get the return of john jones 197 osp we had that infamous press conference connor and nate connor doesn't show up nate's there empty chair and that whole scene you recall they were trying to book the fight for ufc 200 also, the road to 197 for uh, John Jones was dicey, dicey with the out of gym, out of cage stuff, legal stuff. He beats OSP in a somewhat uninspired effort, but then they pull the plug on Diaz McGregor and they book. DC versus Jones, too. 
UFC 200. They do it on Good Morning America. It's a big card for them. So that happens. UFC 198, Stipe knocks out Verdum. Madness in Brazil. UFC 199, of course, Michael Bisping beats Luke Rockhold. That whole thing, two and a half weeks notice. Um, Faber Cruz, three, all that stuff. UFC 200, Jones out. Brock returns, gets suspended afterwards. Uh, Nunes beats Tate. That whole madness. DC fights Silva. UFC 201, Woodley knocks out Robbie Lawler in Atlanta, wins the title. UFC 202, Connor comes back, beats Nathan Diaz. And if you want to extend it a little bit, 203, uh, Stipe versus Overeem, CM Punk's uh, UFC debut. 204, Bisping back in Manchester against Dan Henderson, the big rematch in the middle of the night. He beats him. 205, Madison Square Garden, Connor versus Eddie Alvarez. Double champ. I mean, just an insane. And oh, by the way, in the midst of all of that, I you know I failed to mention the day after UFC 200, they sell the company for 4.2 billion dollars, 4.02 billion dollars to uh, Endeavor and all those other investors and all that stuff. I mean, just the absolute craziest stretch in UFC history. Three pay per views, I think it was. Oh wait, no, five pay per views over uh, a million buys. Two o. Seven, Ronda versus Nunez was over a million. 205 was over a million. The MSG card. Um, 202 was over a million. Um, Nate versus Connor, two. 200 was over a million. Uh, obviously, you know, the fights that we just talked about in 196 was over a million. Five pay per views over a million in one calendar year. Three of them involving Connor McGregor. Madness. Anyway, that was fun. Uh, love talking RDA. Appreciate him stopping by. Great stuff. Someone's calling me right now. But I can't pick it up. This one I'm not going to pick up. Um, all right. Great interviews today. Wow. Great stuff from Kevin Lee. Great stuff from uh, Sergio Pettis, Calvin Cater, Brad Riddell, Gunnar Nelson, and RDA. Nice to catch up. You know, I feel like I'm reconnecting with a lot of these guys who I haven't had a chance to talk to over the last few years. And so it's very nice. It warms my soul. In about 30 minutes or so, we're going to check in with all of you, answer some questions. In a matter of seconds, we're going to check in with GC and get his picks for the weekend. Time now to check in with Mr. GC. There he is. Yeah, accurate. Yep. Got it updated for uh, this is the fourth day, correct? Fourth day, but we only light after sundown. Yeah, I think it's uh, 427, somewhere around there today. So if you're still answering the questions, I'll probably light the next candle as well. We'll check back in. Um, It's looking great. No new additions to the set. No, but we've... We've gotten some maintenance here on the Hall of Fame. Uh, okay. Alex has come come to the rescue with some Velcro. So these picture frames, are, they're up. Yeah, oh, yeah. Huge assist. They're up tight. Uh, they are not coming down. Now, so. we still haven't put anything. Oh, yeah, we do have the one, right? We do have uh, yeah, Tony yeah, yeah. in there. We got there. Tony. We got yeah. Tony. These will be filled. Okay, all you right. Know, we, got a big, we got a big weekend here, Bellator, UFC. Someone could get added to the Hall of Fame uh, That's right. on Monday. By the way, where do you get frames so small? This is all dollar store. All dollar store. Wow. Yeah, Dollar Tree. 
Uh, yeah, which I just went and balled out at the Dollar Tree. Except Over. for this. This is a nice Target purchase. Yeah, yeah uh, I like the fact that you've still, um, you left the little plastic thingy on the uh, the menorah. Like, you didn't rip that off. Oh, yeah. I was actually, I was hoping to hang this. I didn't even uh, think about that. You know what? Well, really, uh, the yeah, arts and crafts. There it is. There it is. Always Freed ready. From the tyranny. Now it's, it looks good. It's, it's, uh... It's a little roomier. You can breathe. You can let your hair down on Wednesdays when Eric's not clogging up the joint back yeah, there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice we one. we got to reframe him so the decorations here aren't getting in. Yeah, the, no, he can't get that in credit. Shot. Shrinivas with an unbelievable idea. We're gonna get a little table back here so I can put some things up. I mean, a it's, table yeah, sticking little, out of the wall. A, no, a little thin. Uh, okay, like a, something you put in your foyer wow. or something. Yeah, Shrinivas is gonna what? Is he gonna? Uh, he's gonna build one for us? No, no. Okay, just gonna buy it off of Amazon. Get a little uh, high top table there, okay. Yeah, Voss, he's great, but I don't think he's got the the handiwork to do that. Yeah, the craftsmanship. So yeah, it's um, coming together, show by show. I love it. Uh, all right, so like you said, we got a lot to discuss. A lot to discuss, man. We got a lot of picks. Yeah, now we, we're I sticking. Mean, we're sticking with the uh, Movember mustache. No, no, no. Like, I told 1st. you this before the show. We're letting the beard catch up. Now some people might the shave the stash and yeah, then just and then start fresh. Just, nah, you're nah. just gonna let it catch up. No, I mean, look, this is a nice stash here. Yeah. This is nice. I'll let the beard catch up. The beard will catch up quick. And you won't even trim it just to even it out? No. Okay. Nope. Uh, do you know what the final tally is? I want to make my donation. Yes. Down five and a half units for the uh, for the month of November. Yeah, what does that mean in, in normal language? It all depends terms. on the units. My units, I do $50, so that's roughly like $275. Really racked up a tab here. Wow. For, for, so I owe you $275. Yeah. You don't owe me, you owe November. Yeah, right, we could always okay. split that. That get us to the five hundred. We did fine. we did pretty good uh Listen, raising I'm the fine. Money. I'm a, I'm a man of my word. I said I, I was, would do I it. was looking for the cop out for myself. Oh. <laughs> no, no cop outs. All right. Not so yet. it's a new month. We're gonna end the year strong. I mean, Let's who would have so, thought yeah. when this uh, year started that we'd even be doing all this? You were do I mean your big uh, <laughs> your big hopes for the year was to get the game night spot. No, I was, I was hoping to move up to prime time or maybe in my wildest dreams move up to game day. Wow. So like really big spots. I didn't even know the, there was a prime time. I mean, it's just look up the time of day and that's what the show is called sure. on ESPN Radio. Sunday morning. Sunday morning. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not even kidding. That's a real thing. <laughs> Sunday morning, game day, prime time, game night. There's your ESPN oh Radio lineup God. on the weekend. <laughs> it's, it's shameless. It's shameless. Wow. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. Well, I think uh, things have uh, turned out very well. All right. What do we got? What do we got? We got a little bell tour on Friday. We got a little UFC on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you've been flexing your boxing muscles. I don't know if you're going to go that route again. You no, tell I'm, me. I'm staying away from boxing. TFM right. scared me too yeah, much. Yeah, you did. That. I mean, <laughs> huge <laughs> upset. I mean, yeah, so I'll, I'll stay away from that. I'll keep it just Bellator and just UFC. Um, great Bellator card. I can't mm-hmm. even lie. Pretty, pretty good card. So we'll start with Bellator on uh, on Friday. I'll uh, I'll kick it off with some singles here. I I think the dogs are barking this weekend. I got a I got a lot of dog picks coming up. Uh, I'll start it off with Oliver Encamp at plus one fourteen. He's got UFC experience, three and zero in Bellator, three first round finishes. He's gonna have a nine inch reach advantage. So I'm happy taking him as a dog here. Uh, up next, Vinicius De Jesus. Take him as a dog as well, plus one hundred five. He's just fought way tougher competition than uh, his opponent, LeVon Shockley. LeVon, man, he's got nine wins. His first six pro wins, though, are over people who have zero wins, combined zero wins between all of them. Uh, he got dominated in his Bellator debut. He's only won by KO. De Azus, he's never been finished. He's fought guys like Joaquin Buckley, Jeremiah Wells. I'll take the experienced dog in this one. Moving on to Johnny Eblen. I will take him by decision. He's minus 1,000. Can't really take that as a single play. 
Don't know if he's going to win by decision or by knockout. Colin Huck body, he's never been knocked out. Four of his five Bellator wins are coming by decision. So I'll take the profit plus money, plus 115. And then lastly, we'll keep the dog train rolling. I'm going to go with Sergio Pettis over Horiguchi. I mean, Horiguchi, both these guys are... I mean, they're great fighters. This is this is one of the best Bellator main events I've I've seen. You know, since wow, we started the show, you. Bellator Burks. I mean, this is a pretty good main event. Like, if it you, is if a you great got main nothing event. to do on on Friday night in beautiful Uncasville, Connecticut, I still think it's weird sun. that you're not going. I just I, like if it was any other weekend, I think I really would be there. It's only fifty dollars to get in. Someone, yeah, someone invited and by the way, me to go. Who invited you to go? Someone from Bell. I feel like Scott Coker is going to roll up the red carpet for you, Bellator Burks. No, I mean, on. he's going to say fr- one of my friends in Connecticut. I can make this happen. Coker will probably have you sitting cage side over there. Could you imagine that? He'll do the picture of you guys shaking hands. <laughs> you give me Coker cage side shaking hands. I will be there in a heartbeat. That's that is for sure. Uh, by the way, quick question here um, from Ek, of course, who uh, was responsible for putting together that great moment with DC last week on the show. Uh, speaking of studio maintenance, please tell Ariel Hawani that you have to mount the menorah on top of Xbox 360 game uh, from 15 years wow. ago. Is that wow. true? True or false? Facts? I mean, this is what we're working with here at Vox. You know, we got The Verge right next to us, the gaming yeah. center. People are ripping on it, but it's a super adjustable shelf. It's like I can, yeah. any height that I want, I can add games, I can make it taller. The talk question about, is, how does he know this? I didn't even know that. Someone demanded that I light the uh, light another candle at sunset, so I sent them a picture and let them know that I had lit another candle <laughs> wow. on Monday after the show. And then everyone just came from my neck wow. on these Xbox 360 games. Like what games? Oh my god, we got uh, Connect Adventures, Connect Demands. I mean, I've never even heard of these. A National yeah. Geographic game. Wow. Uh, Diablo three. That's a pretty good one. Okay. Yeah, I don't see what the big deal is. I mean, they're not supposed to see that. Yeah. If people would have seen my setup at home for the past year and a half when I was doing all those shows, you know, from my spare bedroom, way worse than that. We've seen the TV turn off. Well, the TV is just, I mean, it's the least of my problems, to be honest. I mean, the the computer is on top of books. The whole thing's jerry-rigged. So I feel like this is... I mean, I appreciate you letting us, you know. Yeah, I mean, you got to do what, you, what gets on at home. I got like, I got computers stacked on towels. Yeah. It's, yeah oh, it's towels is weird. Why towels? That's kind of soft. Like, I feel like you'd want something sturdy. Yeah, I guess books. Sometimes I use books. books. Whatever's there and available, I'm usually in a rush when I'm doing it. So. Right, right, right. All right. Yeah. So Sergio Pettis, I mean, fantastic matchup. I just think he's going to be able to out-volume him, and I think he's got a wrestling and grappling advantage. That's a big one. Sergio I mean, Moneyline. Yeah, yeah, Horiguchi, he could he could definitely get the knockout, but you know, Pettis doesn't really get knocked out that much. I think it's going to be a razor-thin fight, and you know, maybe Pettis gets a dumb split decision. I, I think it's going to be a good one, though. Uh, let everyone know, I believe, what is that? Is that four dogs? That is three dogs and then a plus money decision. Yeah, there we go. There's the yeah. there's the recap there. I mean, for um, everyone saying you're a a front runner who just goes for the favorites, read it and weep. I'm hoping I'm hoping the dogs are barking this weekend, man. I got I got some dogs in the UFC as well. Uh, so yeah, hopefully it, hopefully it works out for us. Um, and then I got a little Bellator parlay. What better way to better way to finish the Friday night? Wow. Yeah, I'll do Kai Kamaka the third against uh, John De Jesus. I just think Kamaka's going to bring more volume. He's going to mix in the takedowns, get the decision. Shabley, I just think he's better everywhere than Bobby King. And then uh, Scoggins Hill, two wrestlers that don't really have finishing power. Seven of Hill's last eight have gone to a decision. Scoggins, none of his uh, Bellator fights have ever been finished. So that'll pay out plus 156. I'm only doing the half unit on the, all the Bellator plays, but uh, yeah, Bellator 272 should be a pretty good card.
man, DC not going to be happy about you picking against this guy, Kyle Crutchmer. Oh, yeah. That's a big one. That's his boy. That uh, that might be the ballsiest pick of them all. I mean, in camp, dude, he's got the UFC experience. The nine-inch yeah. reach advantage, too. If it's, I, I know, know Crutchmer's going to try and take this to the ground, but if it stays standing, I mean, in camp's good, too, man. 3-0 in Bellator, three first-round uh, finishes. Can I tell you something that I just uh, stumbled upon? Uh, yeah. over, tapology.com, the best, right? I they mean, are the best. The best. Uh, the well, best. I just found, I don't know how I didn't notice this earlier, over on their uh, their Fight Center page, like you can break it down. Like if I just want to see all major organizations, right? And then they'll tell you the upcoming events or you do the drop down, you do regional. It is just amazing what they've got going on here. So like yeah, I know very like easily... One championship, Bellator 272, LFA 119, ACA 133, UFC. Those are the quote-unquote major promotions holding an event this weekend. They yeah, are far and away the best. There's a lot going on. Oh, yeah, 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 man. When I, when I see the sure dog, no, no. no hate to sure dog. It's just tapology is just that much better. When I see the sure dog link, I always look for the tapology. I mean. 100%. There was a time... SureDog was, you know, the end-all, be-all, but uh, yeah. these guys, they've just Let's get you on Tapology. Stuff. Let's start building up the profile, make the picks. You get the... Oh. I'm, I'm, up-rank- I'm up-ranking my belts on Tapology. I Wait, you're on there? Belt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I wow. Mean, I live on Tapology. It's I didn't. I didn't realize you had, like, a profile and everything. Yeah. Yeah, I set it up. Uh, I think my name is literally GC. Okay. Wow. Okay. You also came across the, uh, the Riddell punching the dude, the monk or whatever. Yeah. I saw that last night. That is ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Yes, I, w- I, I wish I would yeah, have seen wish it. We, I wish we had the B-roll to play because it's, I mean, it's absolutely insane. I wish I would have asked him about it. Um, it was a bit weird because I felt like, you know, he was at the uh, the media day and I felt like he was like looking over his shoulder the whole time. Like it was a bit, you know, yeah. you know, they have these media days, right? And like, there's all these people and like, we're media. Like, I feel like we're media, right? We're, I mean, like, I mean, yeah, it's weird. this is a media, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, we're not invited uh, to the party. I Listen, I'm not, I'm not uh, causing trouble. That's not true. Don't go crazy. We're not asking to be invited, but it's just weird that we have to kind of like sort of finagle our way in there, you know? Yeah. And that's just because I don't ask if I'm being honest. He still came on though. Still came on. Yeah, Good interview man. too. Yeah, he's the man. Um, all right, so that's Bellator. That is Bellator. And then we go over to UFC on Saturday night. Um, a lot of good fights on this one. I, yes. I mean, you keep saying it's a sneaky card. I really do think this is a, uh, a really good one. Um, I'll, I'll kick it off with an underdog, Jared Vandera. I will take him at plus 205 over Asmat Mersakhanov. Mm. Do I think Vandera is the better fighter? No, and there's probably a good chance that he loses. He's coming in on short notice, but Mursakhanov is small for the light heavyweight division, and now this fight is being moved up to heavyweight. I mean, Vandra, he's he's pretty large for the division. He has to cut down to 265. He's going to have a 6-inch height advantage, 9-inch reach advantage, probably a 30- to 40-pound weight advantage. I mean, he's just going to be much longer. We've also never seen Mursakhanov in the third round. Both his decision wins have only been two-rounders. So, I mean, if this gets out of the first round... And if uh, Vandera can use his size, maybe just grind out a decision, maybe get a ground and pound going. I just think with the size discrepancy, the weight class change, this is Mursakhanov's UFC debut. I'll, I'll take a sprinkle. You know, I'm only putting a quarter unit on it, but I'll take a sprinkle on uh, on the money line here. Oh, okay. All right. And then we'll more keep dogs. Yeah, more dogs. We got another one coming up right here. Claudio Puez at mm. even money uh, over Chris Kritzmacher. Striker versus grappler. I'm going to side with the grappler in this one. If, if it stays standing, grits, he's probably going to take it eight times out of ten. He brings that volume. He brings that pressure. But Poyas should be able to get this to the ground. We saw grits 
taken down five times against Hoffa Garcia last time out. Pueyes can just rack up the control time like we saw him do against Jordan Levitt and Marcus Mariano. Over 10 minutes of control time in both those. And, you know, he can maybe even go for a submission, but I think he'll be able to get a decision win. So I'll back him. He's going to have the height advantage, the reach advantage, age advantage. He's 10 years younger than Chris. So I'll take El Nino to get his fourth straight uh, UFC win. Shout out to Gilbert Melendez, the original El Nino. That was probably something uh, for yeah. him. Uh, I mean, it's a great nickname. It is a great nickname, yeah. Uh, we'll keep it moving with another dog. Jeremiah Wells, plus 164 over Jake Matthews. He, I mean, he looks super impressive in his USC debut against Warley Alves. He's explosive, aggressive. He's got a ton of power in those hands. Uh, and he recently got his black belt under Daniel Gracie. Who Look else? Trained? I mean, who else trains under Daniel Gracie? Of course, the great uh, Andre Petrovsky. That is one. Sean Brady. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sean Brady, last time out, Jake Matthews loses to none other than Sean Brady. I'm not saying this is, like, too huge. It's not that significant. But, I, you know, having a sparring partner that's coming off a win against the guy you're fighting has to be somewhat bene- beneficial. Also, when you look at Matthews' levels of wins, of his 10 wins in the UFC, Li Jingliang is the only fighter still on the roster. Of those nine that are no longer in the promotion, seven of them had their last fight in the UFC against Jake Matthews. So these guys were on their way out. Kind of speaks to the level of competition that he was beating. A little bit concerned about Wells keeping his chin up, maybe getting knocked out. But he hasn't been knocked out yet as a pro, and Matthews doesn't have a ton of KO power. So I'll back Wells here as a uh, yet another dog on the card. Now, speaking of uh, Daniel Gracie and Petrovsky and Sean Brady, of course, unless we forget that they were trying to get Petrovsky. Oh, yeah, the island boy. Yeah, yeah uh, Gracie and um, Brady were trying to get Petrovsky to walk out to uh, island boy. Uh, unfortunately, they were a little late, you know, day late, dollar short. We all know what happened. Verena Janjiroba, she steps in, immortalized, the hat, yep. yada, yada, yada. Yeah. You know the story by now. Anyway, yeah. uh, yesterday I got a message from Sean Madden. Uh, who's a great striking coach. He's cornering Mallory Martin on this card. Are we talking about Mallory? Are we, are we doing anything with Mallory or no? I, I do have her a touch later, but it's a, it's a distance bro. Okay, well, this, you know, this was a good opening. Um, uh, he reached out and uh, basically wanted to know if there was anything at stake for any fighter on this card on Saturday oh. <laughs> who chooses to walk out to one of the great songs from the brand new Thug Nasty mixtape. <laughs> Uh, which, of course, was released earlier this morning at Midnight Central. I, I mean, I can't stop listening to it. I know you feel the same about it. It's, uh, it's really I mean, opening it's a fantastic mistake. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you, the toughest decision is what song are you going to make them walk out to if you had to choose? I like the uh, all that dun, 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 all that glory goes to God. All that glory goes yeah, to God. Yeah, I fight hard. I fight hard, and that's my job. All the glory <laughs> goes to there God. There it is. There it is. There it is. Uh, the one he dropped yesterday, the early release, was fantastic. I mean, oh, some yeah, of those Dark lines. and Saw. Yeah, like, how do you know the names? The single off the album. I listened to the whole album. It was, yeah, dude, it'd fight hard. The, the line of the century. Ask me about the block. They'll say that I'm a banger. I messed around with the white way before I met Daner. Using <laughs> Daner to rhyme with banger was that was fantastic. He's good, right? I mean, dude, like to be completely honest, it is yes. harder to have a rap flow than people give credit for, right. and like he actually does have like some decent flow on it. I think he has some pretty decent flow. I mean, like really impressive. Uh, I think no one expected this. No one saw it coming. Anyway, I enjoyed it. I give him props for putting himself out there. The creativity. Uh, all of it is great. Go check it out right now on the Thug Nasty YouTube channel. It dropped. Everyone's talking about it buzzing. I think a Grammy is in the future. To get back to Sean, though, the offer is on the table. <laughs> if Mallory wants to walk out to one of those songs on Saturday, we will immortalize her on the wall. Not only that, we will immortalize Sean on the wall. Same deal that I gave to Sean Brady. 
now is being offered to Sean Madden or anyone else on the card. Now, here's the thing. Here's the problem. In walks Danny Rubenstein, manager, who vetoes the whole thing on Twitter. This is happening on Twitter. I mean, total party (laughs) pooper, total Debbie Downer. Um, Every party needs a pooper. That's why we invited you. Danny, we invited you. You're the party pooper. And so I just want to say no. Did he give a reason? Uh, who knows? He's afraid. I mean, he's, he's all corporate now. There was a time where I feel like he'd be all over this sort of thing. Should we call him and ask him? I mean, you've been, you've been taking a lot of calls on the show lately. I don't see why not. <laughs> well, I just feel like it, it, was a great, it was a great situation. Let's see if he picks up. I just think it's a great situation. And, uh, you know, this I is mean. A, this is, I mean, how many, how many shows have we gone to the phone in? We, I mean, we have an opportunity. Hey, Danny, uh, Ariel Hawani here. You're live on the MMA Hour right now. Wonderful. Uh, thanks for taking my call. So uh, I was going back and forth with Sean Madden on Twitter. I believe you represent Mallory Martin? Yes. Uh, and Sean threw out the idea, if Mallory walks out to one of the great tracks from Thug Nasty, a.k.a. Bryce Mitchell's new mixtape, which dropped earlier this morning, youtube.com slash Thug Nasty, uh, he wanted to know if there was an offer on the table, much like the offer that Virna Janjiroba jumped on, to be immortalized on the wall. It seemed like we had a deal in principle, and you came in and poo-pooed the whole thing. Yes or no? Uh, I just wrote the word veto because I don't think it's a good idea. I think Mallory should walk out to whatever she chooses to walk out to, not because it gets her on a wall in a studio. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Gets on a wall in a studio. You're just saying that like it's some kind of wall, the most prestigious wall. You've been to the Apex. You've seen the UFC Hall of Fame. Dare I say this is way more prestigious than that wall on the staircase. This is immortalized for the world to see each and every Monday and Wednesday. You're telling me that this wouldn't be a big deal for a young fighter like Mallory Martin, who's trying to get ahead in this game, to be immortalized amongst the gods of MMA just to walk out to a song. Which, by the way, it's a prelim. I mean, there's a good chance they don't even show the walkout. Uh, That's true. Nobody will probably know, but we'll know. Yeah, so you're not letting this happen. Uh, if Mallory wants to do it, oh, so you're walking it back now? No, no, no. It's always the fighter's decision. Okay. Managers don't make decisions for fighters. Managers are here to consult with fighters. I mean, this, I feel like there's there's more to this statement right now. I'm just saying. Managers don't make decisions for fighters. You're there to guide the fighter and tell them which fight to take. Not always. I tell the fighter it's their career, not my career. My wow. career is being a manager. Their career is fighting. Okay. I can give them advice and I can guide them with my ex, you know, quote-unquote expertise and knowledge. But at the end of the day, they're going to make those decisions on their own. Take the fight or don't take the fight. Walk out to a song or walk out to a different okay. song. All right. Sort of like how you tried to get uh, Rafael Fazeev to not take this Brad Riddell fight. Uh, I didn't say I didn't try to make it happen, but it just I just didn't think it needed to happen while they're ranked 14 and 15. Let it happen when they're ranked... Five and six. Right. Uh, Danny, by the way, GC, uh, manages the great Rafael Fiziev, who's fighting in the co-main event uh, this Saturday against uh, Brad Riddell. Also manages the likes of Piotr Jan, who's been name-dropped on this program several times over the last couple of weeks, people calling him the best boxer in MMA. Any update on uh, Jan's, while we have you, uh, Danny, any update on Jan's next defense? Uh, it'll be first quarter of next year, either February, March. Most likely March. You can announce it here. I mean, managers are announcing fights left and right these days. I see this on Twitter all the time. So if you want to announce something. I unfortunately do not have anything to announce. All right. All right. Well, you heard it here first. Danny now walking it back and saying that Mallory is allowed to walk out. What are we thinking? Darkensaw, 
GC, we th- what is that other one? The Glory? I mean, to- Dark and Saw is the single. Dark yeah, and Saw is crazy. Dark and Saw is crazy. All right, Mallory, make it happen, and we'll print it up. You'll be right next to DC over here on the wall. I mean, I think it would be full circle for you, Danny. You you came into this game through DC to have one of your fighters, young fighters up there next to DC, I think would be pretty cool. Well, I came into the game through Matt Grice, actually. Okay, you're but right. Yes, uh, DC. What, uh, is, his, is his bobblehead still upside down? No. Yeah, thanks for watching. I mean, it's been... It's been uh, resurrected, yeah, the last couple of weeks. Uh, how is Matt doing, by the way? Is he doing okay? Yeah, he's great. He's uh, coaching soft, his daughter's softball, and I'm uh, still working for the police department in Oklahoma City. He's got a gym out there. Um, same, the, gym, the, the gym he had merged with another gym. Um, he's got a gym out there. He's coaching up-and-coming MMA fighters. Okay. Well, big month for you. Jake Hager, John Jones coming up, yeah? <laughs> no, as far as I know, that's not Come on. All right. We'll get more on that. I saw Jake talking to Renee Paquette, my fellow Canadian, uh, about that. Check that out on her uh, social media. She posted a clip. All right. Sorry to uh, cold call you here, but we were just talking about that whole thing on Twitter with Sean, so we wanted to get some clarification. Um, I'm actually going to go see Mallory here in an hour. I will speak to her about it and let you know. All right. There it is. Thank you, Danny. There he is, uh, Danny Rubenstein of Ruby SE, one of the top managers in the game. So what do you think? I mean, it feels like it's back on the table, right? Uh, that does not sound promising. <laughs> he, he did not sound excited about that at all. I think I think now I'm going to start putting pictures up of people that have been <laughs> featured on GCN Helwani. It'd be a pretty good wall. we got Pat McAfee, That's right. D- DC himself. We'll have your son. We'll have a picture of your son here. Yeah, my mom. Was that my mom or was she after? Nah, yeah, I think that was, I think that was on the nose or something. Yeah, all right, yeah it's, it's yeah. quite the who's, I mean, Start. it's one of the... Uh, I mean, the, it's the premier place to come. Yeah. <laughs> it's old uh, GC and Hawani. Unannounced, too. That's the best part. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, sorry. Please continue. Uh, yeah, I mean, the the album. Sorry. Yeah, I'm way off track. The album was great. album um, was amazing. Yeah, Cyborg's getting shout out. How do you think Tyrone Woodley's feeling right now? I want to see a battle rap between... Bryce Mitchell and Brian Kelleher, Boom Kelleher, one of the uh, the best rappers. You know, Woodley, I mean, Woodley's put in his time, but a little battle rap, and then the winner goes on to uh, compete against Woodley. I think that would be pretty cool if you ask me. Yeah. Yeah, ain't been caught. Another good line. I have to shout it out before we oh. move on. People lining up to punch me, that's a punchline. I mean, that's that's, that's great. great. That's great stuff from Bryce Mitchell right there. That's all time. All right, back to the picks. Yes. Here we go. Anything on Brian Barberina? Oh my gosh! That it was too late. I, I saw that this morning that he was back. I mean, he's he's facing an undefeated prospect, right? It would be uh, fitting. Weeks? I mean, this is one of my favorite yeah, props Bam on Bam. the Bam Bam Lunchbox. One of the best things that I've ever received on this program. I mean, look at this thing. This is this has been with me through a lot of ups and downs. So it would have been. You nice. You ever actually brought a lunch in that? No, I've never brought. It's very dusty. Maybe we could get someone to. Uh, but I mean, this was old studio, new studio, ESPN back again. Crazy. Looks like he is a minus 200. Wow, as low as a minus 145 favorite. Prospect on super short notice, too. That's interesting. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting fight to watch. Um, Next pick I got here, though, Jimmy Crute. I'm taking him by sub. This one... (laughs) At plus 380, I'm just taking a flyer on this one. I just thought it was way overpriced. Uh, I mean, he needs to take the fight to the ground. Jamal Hill's going to have a major reach advantage, probably a striking advantage as well. So Krug just needs to go to the ground, and why wouldn't he? Hill's got a 57% takedown defense. We saw him get taken down six times against Darko Stosik. We saw him get his arm snapped, dislocated, whatever you want to call it, while getting dominated on the ground against Paul Craig. Krug, he averages five takedowns a fight. He's got two submission wins in the UFC, BJJ Black Belt, Green Belt, and Judo. So the path for... Path to victory is there for Krupp. Hopefully he's going to execute it. Plus, 
do a little of that MMA math that I love. Crude submits Paul Craig. Craig technically submits Hill. You know, it's the trickle down, so hopefully it works out with us. Imagine if you had had a Paul Craig by submission over Jamal Hill and that got countered as a TKO. Oh, my God. I mean, that would be a tough pill to swallow. These ones make me nervous, man, going, like, straight for the finish. These ones make me very nervous. Yeah, that's, that's why it's, it's big, you know, plus 380 is a, a pretty big price tag. That's why I'm only putting, you know, a quarter unit on it. So, so nothing too crazy. And then we'll finish out the UFC singles. I'm going to take Rob Font as the favorite. This is the only single favorite I'm taking. I'm going to take him over Jose Aldo. Oh, I mean, absolute legend of the game, Aldo is. I know. I know. I know a lot of people on Aldo. It's going to be a fantastic fight. But, you know, I think Font, he's going to use his boxing, constant pressure. He's always going to be moving forward. I think he's just going to touch up Aldo throughout the entire fight. And I think he's going to likely point his way to a decision or be able to get a late finish in this one. For Aldo, you know, he's probably going to come out strong. I would expect that. But I think he has moved away from the leg kicks. A lot of people talking about how he uses the leg kicks. You know, he hasn't been using them as much lately. He's only gone for more than 10 kicks once in his last five fights. So, you know, I think this is going to be a boxing-heavy affair. And, you know, when it comes to power, Rob Font, he's never been knocked out in his career. So I think it's going to go long. I think it's probably going to go the distance. And, you know, I think it's going to be mostly boxing, which I think will benefit Rob Font. I just can't really trust... Jose Aldo to keep his pace up for the entire five rounds. So I think Font will be able to take over as the late rounds come on. I mean, we saw him go strong for five rounds against uh, Cody Garbrandt. Outstruck him every round, and then he threw the most strikes in rounds four and five. So he was actually getting more aggressive as the fight went on. So I expect Aldo to come out strong. I'm a big fan of Aldo's, but I do think Rob Font gets it done here. Wow. That is a good one. Just money line, all right? Yeah, just the money line. So those are the the singles. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, we're going to see what happens. It was, what was it, an ESPN bold prediction that, uh, <laughs> that Rob Font would... Uh, what, fight would, for the belt or something? What was it? What did he say? He'd beat, they'd beat Aldo, and uh, it was like shocking predictions that yes, he'd beat shocking. Aldo, yes. as, even though he's a favorite in the fight. Um, but that's classic. So then I got two quick uh, quick parlays that I can run through here. Yes, sir. Three legs. We'll, we'll kick it off with Alex Morono over <clears throat> Mickey Gall. He's going to have the striking advantage. Gall's been outstruck in all nine of his UFC fights except for CM Punk and Salim Tuari. CM Punk, he's obviously not UFC pedigree. Salim. It's still kind of weird to like note, you know, like to be like, oh, it's two wins yes. over CM Punk. <laughs> yes, it's, it's right? weird to go on topology and yes. see CM Punk. Right, and his right. pictures with like a WWE belt. Right, right. And then, I mean, Salim, three UFC fights, three losses. He hasn't fought since 2019. And, I mean, the only time that Gall has ever won by decision is that Salim fight. The, the rest are. All six of his other wins are by submission, rear neck and choke to be specific. In my opinion, that's really only his path to victory here, and I just don't see that happening. Morono, he trains at Gracie Barrow Woodlands, second degree, BJJ black belt, 27-fight pro career. He's never been submitted. He's going to have the striking advantage, cardio advantage. I think he's going to be able to rack up points throughout the rounds. He'll be able to handle himself on the ground. I think he gets it done uh, by decision. Next up, Brendan Allen. Curtis, I mean, he's he's either the under the underdog darling or the parlay killer, depending on which side you are. On when he fought uh, Phil Haas at UFC 268. And he's still a sizable underdog here. Even after that performance, Vegas is just kind of daring you to take Chris Curtis again here. But I think Brendan Allen gets gets it done. I think he's just a better fighter in this one. I also think training out of Sanford MMA, that's where Haas is at. Probably told him to uh, watch out for that power of Curtis. You know, he just needs to be aware during the striking exchanges, take it to the ground. Similar to uh, Magomed Kermayev in the uh, in the PFL the last two times that Chris Curtis lost. Obvious concerns. Chris Curtis is, is flaming hot in 2021, 5-0, four finishes. Uh, and another thing that does concern me, the fact that Sean Strickland will likely be in his corner, the only Whoa. UFC loss for Brendan Allen. 
Don't know if that gets into his psyche at all. Don't know if that messes with, messes with him. But, uh, you know, that is something to keep an eye on. And then we'll finish it out. Jimmy Crute. I said I like him by sub. This one's just a win. That parlay pays out at plus 203. Okay. And then we got one more. That is a crazy note about Strickland and Allen. Didn't yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's, uh, I don't, I don't know, know if it'll mean much, but it is kind I, of right, funny to know. Right. I mean, it's just like the uh, Sean Brady and, and Jeremiah Wells. Don't know if it's going to mean a ton, but it is just an interesting, interesting note. Then we got two over props, uh, Velismus and Mallory Martin. It's the Jedi Goodman special with, uh, with the over mm-hmm. two and a half in women's MMA, Velismus. Yep. You know, we saw her get an early finish last time out, but before that, six straight decisions. Neither of these women uh, have ever been knocked out. They're both tough. We saw Martin eat a ton of shot from Hannah Seifers, and I just, uh, I just don't see this one finishing early. And then uh, Fiziev and Riddell. I mean, you just talked about it. This is going to be such a fantastic fight. Just two really sound strikers. And uh, I just think they're too high level to, to see a finish. Sort of similar to that Jan Sanhagen fight we saw a few weeks ago that went the distance. And if you look at their last few fights, Riddell, five straight, gone to the scorecards. Fiziev, three of his last four. I think that trend continues here. I'll take the over two and a half. That parlay will pay out at minus 102. And then we'll just get really stupid. We'll just get really dumb. We'll combine oh. the parlays. Oh, we'll God. throw in Georgia. We're going to throw oh, in Georgia of wow. all teams, and we're, we'll call it the air fryer. Um, so that one will be will be six legs. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> wow. George, so that's one, two, that's six legs, yeah. Wow, plus 741. How about that? I'm surprised you didn't do in, uh, in Bellator. Speaking of fights that I think will go the distance, Pettis Horiguchi. I don't know what that was. Uh, yeah, it was actually like I think it was like minus two twenty yeah. for, for the over four and a half. So. Yeah, I could see that. All right, there it is. Throwing in a little Georgia action. Georgia going up against Alabama. Alabama SEC championship. It feels like no one hey. really, uh, no one really knows that this game's going on up here. Uh, well, no our man, cares. our man Al thought it was. Uh, thought my Georgia stuff today was uh, just Red Packers. Yeah, I mean, no one cares about this. That's just ridiculous. How does the song go? That's it, right there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, on CBS. No one cares. No one cares. No one cares. cares. I I certainly don't care. Unbelievable. I I know you despise college football. Despise. I I mean, I'll be doing. uh, I'll be hobnobbing with Paul Pierce. You know, just uh, me and the truth. The truth. Everybody cares about the truth. Yes, everyone cares about the truth. Be careful if you're making some IG stories. Might end up. Come on. Why do you have to say that? No, he's a great guy. I mean, never met him, but I hear he's Man, a great never, guy. Yeah, great guy. Never met him. That's actually legit. I have never <laughs> met him. <laughs> but he sounds like a, a fun guy to be around. So I'm looking forward to that. All right, there's the picks. GC looking to uh, yeah, start the questions. month. Yes, I'll get to the questions. Uh, looking to start the month uh, with a bang. All right. Uh, so thank you very much to you and Danny Rubenstein for joining us on that segment. Good luck to you this weekend. We'll check back in on Monday to see how you did. I'm trying to... Uh, Whew, I'm trying to buckle in here for all these questions. I'm sure there's some hard-hitting ones. Without further ado, time now for everyone's favorite segment of the week. It is time, it's time for a good old-fashioned Q&A, MMA fans. I need fans. to stretch. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, the moment has arrived to hear from the man himself, Ariel Helwani. Live from the Box Studios oh, yeah. in beautiful New York oh. City, it's I can't touch my toes. And now, I should probably to be answer able to. your questions. Yes, get thank out of you, your Mike. Seats and on your feet because here he is. Ariel yes, here Hawani. I am. That is me. Time now for everyone. Yes, thank you, Tucker. Great work on your part. Time now for everyone's favorite segment of the week. It is time for on the nose. Shout out to the Adelaide Crows for their nice merch. Uh, how are the toffees doing? Are they doing okay? I mean, everyone was giving me crap. 
Uh, Everton, uh, 2-1 at halftime. Perfect. Okay. So um, let us go to the questions now. You know where to send them. By now, it's pretty much too late. 151. I do believe that is a record. How many of those are courtesy of McBean? We shall find out. Arielhawani.substack.com is where you left them. And without further ado, it is the one and only El Cubano leading us off. Now, I owe El Cubano an apology. El Cubano, uh, I, did, I, I, I read his question first last week, and for whatever reason, I totally botched it. Actually, GC and I botched it. We were talking about Amanda Nunes. He was talking about Valentina Shevchenko. So I'm going to read this one slowly. Hola, Ariel. Assuming Sterling Young 2 gets done early next year, we hope, and we got a bit of an update there. I both agree and like your idea of the winner of Font Aldo facing off with TJ Dillashaw for a rightful number one contenders match. By the way, how does this guy send the question so quickly? He beats everyone to the punch. It's amazing. Anyway, he's always first. I wonder if he writes the question. Next week, can you tell us, do you write the question the night before and you set an alarm? Like, how do you get this done? How do you make it happen? Is it more likely we see the loser of Font Aldo face off against Corey Sanhagen, Mirab Dawalishvili, or our guy Chico? Wow, Viva Hilwani. I mean, all three of those. I'm guessing most likely Sanhagen because they typically, not always, but typically like to match guy coming off a loss, guy coming off a loss. Dewalishvili on a roll, Cheeto on a roll. I mean, I like the idea of Cheeto versus Dewalishvili. So I'll say Sanhagen. Uh, a lot of replies here. Okay. Yes, McBean chimes in. I'll, I'll, I'll give him a couple. He goes, Hella, Hola El Cubans. Uh, glad to be back for another segment of On the Nose. The winner of Sterling versus Jan will determine if TJ gets the shot or has to face the winner of Font versus Aldo first. My two cents from a 40-year-old casual fan. Killashaw chimes in. If I had your MMA intellect, people would respect me too, Mr. Bean. I mean, there's all kinds of love. All kinds of love here. Okay, going back to the questions. I got into a rabbit hole. Uh, here is the aforementioned Killashaw, who's a bit, uh, I mean, he's a, you know, he's a legend online. A positive troll, but I feel like sometimes he, you know, he pushes the boundaries a little too much. Um, hi, I'm a new user of this app. Not sure if I believe that, but anyway. Have started enjoying your segment with GC. One thing I observe all the time in brackets, which feels a little passive aggressive, is you rarely understand what GC is saying whenever he talks parlays or hedges. You always respond with Thanksgiving or Christmas stories or just exclaim, oh yes, makes sense, could not agree more. Could you share some insight and clear the air? P.S. Please tell GC hi, he'll know what I'm saying. He also then says, yes, beat El Cubano to be first, but actually he didn't. And then they go back and forth to decide who was first. But in the end, it was El Cubano. Now, I don't feel like this is fair. Do you feel, GC, like all I uh, add to your segment is, you know, oh, yes, makes sense, cannot agree more? Of course I know what you're talking about, but this is your time to shine. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he said hi. I know what he's talking about. I mean, kill <laughs> Shaw. He's, we're, we're on the same wavelengths. Wow. Okay, so you think I offer nothing. I'm no, actually... But- 
I'm it's, actually. I think you're good. I think I think it's like you you don't give picks. You, you, yeah, like that's what you do. You won't even bet on your own teams. No, I don't bet on my teams. You're about to make that friendly wager earlier. I was hurt. Yeah, no, I you know I was trying to do it. He came on the show, but like in the end, and he's not going to text me. We yeah. all know that. But look, Kill look, the show, look. Though. great points. Here's the thing. You notice I'm putting these big name guests in your segment to boost the segment. I don't know if you realize that. I'm trying <laughs> to give it the old rub. I, yeah, no, nah, I mean yeah. So I don't appreciate yeah. that or the insinuation by Killshaw that I'm either not paying attention or don't understand what's going on. In any event, Carmine says, Go, Wani, my man. I hope you had a great week, mate. Thank you. Hope you did as well. Two quick questions this week. One, normally fighters, when asked about their pay, give a vague answer like, I'm getting taken care of. Or, I'm making more money in this fight than my past fights. With the continued dispute over fighter pay, would it help all fighters to know exactly what everyone is getting paid similar to the NBA and NFL so they can leverage off each other and get better deals when they negotiate their new contracts? Of course. Now, the best managers know, and I can understand someone not wanting to talk about how much they make. You know, I'm not sitting here talking about my pay, although it's different in sports. The notion, though, that the reason why they don't want this money out there, these numbers out there, these figures out there, is because they don't want hanger-oners to come and leech off of them is absolutely ludicrous. Because as we know, the likes of Kevin Durant and LeBron James and Steph Curry and, and uh, you know Tom Brady and name a famous athlete, they all have their salaries to a penny out there, including their endorsements. So trust me, it ain't that much different. In fact, it's only dramatically different for the fighters. They're not making as much. If those guys can handle it, I think these guys can handle it. But, you know, their secrecy. Heck, I ask people how many fights you signed for less these days, and they get all defensive about it. I'm like, yo, I'm just asking you how many fights. Or you get pay-per-view points? Not. These things I think are important. I do think they are important. But it's like the fight announcements. Like, really, what's the big deal? I'm fighting this guy on February 12th. Okay, great. Why is it so secret? I don't know. Who has been more of a distraction to their kids' careers? LeVar Ball or Lopez Sr.? Teofimo Lopez Sr. Um, I mean, I feel like Teofimo Lopez accomplished more than the Ball brothers, right? I mean, he won all those belts. LeVar has taken a step back, but I'll still say LeVar, I think they got off on the wrong foot. Lopez accomplished more. You got to give Lopez uh, Sr. the credit there. Ariel, please take me behind the curtain and tell me what the production crew does. Some of my favorite podcasts have their production crews interact with the host, and some even have cameras on them while they speak. And they all seem like friends, yours included. What are those guys up to back there? Tell me. Wow, great question. Uh, well, uh, we have a TD. I hope I'm getting that correct today. It's Tucker who does a fantastic job for us. New-ish addition to the team. Uh, we have an audio technician. Is that the right? Uh, you know, Frank, we're here. Audio mixer, okay. Uh, Frank would be all over this this question. I mean, he would love this. Uh, of course, we have GC back there um, who's you know, producer extraordinaire. He's getting all our graphics, all our B-roll, his segment ready, all that stuff. Of course, we have Joe, who is the MVP of the bunch, in my opinion, because he has to track down these crazy fighters who sometimes are no-shows. And that's not a fun job. Just ask New York Rick, who had to do it for many years. Of course, we have Alex, corporate Alex back there, who really is the leader of the bunch and uh, who who drives the ship, you know, is, is driving a ship. No, you kind of like you steer the ship, I would say. Uh, in the right direction with all the technical stuff, the YouTube stuff. I mean, here I am completely removed from all of them. 
speaking on their behalf, but I feel like that's the general gist. On Monday, of course, we have Mr. Monday Afternoon, MMA, New York Rick, who really has nothing to do with the show anymore other than the social assets, which are a huge part of the show. Uh, but as far as the actual production of said show. And then we have people from, you know, other places. Yep, there he is. Uh, nowhere to be found. It is, uh, <laughs> that's probably my favorite uh, Wednesday bit. Nowhere to be found. Uh, he's at home doing God knows what. Instagramming, tweeting and whatnot. But yeah, that's the the general gist. It's a great team. Dare I say the best team that we've had working on this show in the history of the show, believe it or not. In the past, we sometimes had people who I felt didn't really want to be doing this for one reason or another. I don't feel like there's anyone here who doesn't want to be doing this, who's not invested, who's not all in. And uh, the show doesn't happen without them. So I'm very, very appreciative. Killashaw chimes in. Uh, of course, his favorite is Srinivas. Uh, and uh, he loves him. He's always talking about him. Srinivas, you got Miles back there. Yes, someone wants to say something? No. All right, uh, Srinivas is the man. He helped us get those cameras back there, the mics back there, just tremendous stuff. Okay. I'm trying to get to all the questions and not so much the replies. I appreciate the replies amongst everyone very much, but I'm just trying to hit the questions here. Hi, Ariel, from my good friend Angie. Happy Hanukkah. We currently only have one Dutch fighter in the UFC, and that's Jermaine Durandamy. Have you heard of the new Dutch promotion Levels Fight League? I think they could be an incubator for new Dutch UFC fighters. Uh, yeah, it is crazy, and Jermaine hasn't fought in quite some time, and there was a report that she was removed from the rankings. It is a little shocking, considering the rich history of fighting, either MMA or kickboxing, but these things go in waves. You know, there was a period where people said, like, Irish MMA was no more, and now I feel like Irish MMA is coming back, and Brazilian MMA is no more, and even Canadian MMA has suffered, uh, you know, a bit of a downturn, if you will, in terms of not a lot of uh, great prospects. So it's all cyclical, and they'll be back. I'm not very familiar with Levels Fight League, but I will check them out. And yes, I do think it helps when there is a local promotion building talent, helping talent evolve. That's very important. Zach, happy Hanukkah, Ariel. My question for you this week is where's Megan Anderson? Since her loss to Amanda in March and her contract ending, she hasn't said a single thing about fighting. Okay, um... I'm going to skip the line here, but I, I appreciate it. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Megan doesn't fight again. She might come back. She is not officially retired from what I'm told, but I, I also wouldn't be surprised if she's moved on. I know PFL was interested. I know Bellator was interested. I know she's doing some uh, movie work. Um, I know she does stuff online. She does some stuff for ESPN. I wouldn't be surprised if she goes in a different direction. This week's handicapped hot take for you and it's coming from a Justin Gaethje fan. It's crazy he is being talked about as the number one contender. He won a close decision fight over someone who just lost to the champ after being sub by Habib. I don't see as the number one contender. He should fight the loser of the title fight in December. All right, so then who fights the uh, the champ? The winner of Dariush Makhachev? I mean, I guess you could do that. I just think that win over Chandler was huge. It was fun. A win over Habib is, you know, you kind of have to just throw it out. Other than that, he's won, I think, five in a row. His last loss was to Dustin Poirier, of course, other than the Habib fight. You let Makhachev and Dariush figure it out. Someone who wins that fight emerges, and then they're next, and it's a nice little neat package, so I don't mind it. 
Quick and simple, Ariel at heavyweight, who wins? John Jones or your friendly foe, DC? At heavyweight, I think you have to go with DC uh, because he's proven at that weight class. Hey, Ariel, do you have any martial arts experience yourself? Is it something you want to expose your kids to? I would love uh, to... Uh, my, my kids have done a little bit of martial arts, and then once I was starting to get them into it, COVID happened, and that was obviously a weird time. Um, I've talked about this before, and actually the last couple of days I've been really jonesing for it. Uh, I was boxing for a year right up until the pandemic, and then I stopped, obviously, and I would love to get back. I'm just, you know, with kids and school and the job and the shows, um, you know, I'm trying to be as smart as possible, so I'm doing the workouts at home, uh, but I would love to get back. I really enjoyed boxing Many moons ago, I'm talking over a decade ago in New York City, I was doing some uh, jujitsu and I enjoyed it. Uh, did a couple of Muay Thai stuff, D didn't love it as much. I really loved the boxing. Like I was going two, three times a week religiously. And so I would like to go back to doing that. Um, and I was even like in my mind saying like, oh, one day I'll just do like one smoker thing just for fun, just to feel what it was like. But now I, I probably suck. And I did suck back then, just to be honest. Um, but I was, I was feeling it. I was getting good on the, the speed bag. I was doing the heavy bag. I was doing everything. Now, I know my actions right here aren't emblematic of someone who was training, but trust me, I was putting in the work. So I'd like to do it. I'd like to go back and do it. And I will go back and do it. I promise. Favorite segment of the week from Patrick. Two cool questions. How often do you get recognized in public? And do other parents ever chat with you about upcoming fights? I mean, when it's uh, a fight week, I'm at an event, obviously you get recognized. I don't mind it. I love it. When you're in the bubble, so to speak, at the arena, whatever. Uh, when I was at wrestling with my kids, Survivor Series, I was actually surprised how many people, because usually when it's wrestling, I feel like I don't get recognized as much, but uh, I was, and that was cool. I loved it. Nice to get the love from Brooklyn. Uh, I talked to the parents a lot about it. Um, some of them know before, some of them know after. It's just a fun job I'm lucky to have. And, uh, you know, everyone wants to talk about sports and fighting and the characters. So, yeah, I don't mind it. There are times where you go, you know, let's say you're going out for dinner, you're at a birthday party, you kind of just don't want to talk about it. But uh, it's never to the point where I'm flooded with questions or bothered. So I really don't mind. Is there someone you follow on, on IG that you would join their live? Is there someone you follow on IG that you would join their live? Yeah, sure. A thousand people. Two thousand people. Uh, I follow a lot of interesting people on IG and I would love to join their live. There was a period there for like the first two weeks of the, uh, the pandemic where I felt like you'd go to the top of your IG where the stories are and there was like 13 lives. You remember that? Everyone was doing them. It actually wasn't bad. But then I think everyone got tired of them. My man, Luis Gilmore. Let's play fantasy booking, but for a combat sports broadcast team, your all-time dream lineup for the following positions. MC for weigh-ins. Wow. MC for weigh-ins. Uh, let me read all of them so I know. MC for weigh-ins, host for press conference, ring announcer, commentary team, on the desk, backstage reporters. Any other position you can think of? Feel free to choose yourself as many times. <laughs> Uh, God, that's tough. I'll go, okay, Wayans, I'll go John Anik because he does the best at uh, 
pronouncing names, host for press conference. I mean, I think I did a pretty damn good job myself, if you ask me. Uh, but I don't, I'm not going to name myself for any of these. I mean, that would be a little unbecoming. Uh, host for press conference. That's a good one. I don't know if there is. I mean, you know what? I, I think does a great job for press conference. Uh, Eddie Hearn. I think he does a great job at the press conference. I mean, I think he's the best promoter right now. He's doing a great job in combat. Eddie Hearn. I enjoy watching him work. So I'll go Eddie Hearn, ring announcer. I'll go Bruce Buffer, the man. Commentary team. How many are on comms? So I feel like Luis is, uh, Luis, I keep messing that up. Luis, Luis, Luis uh, is, is European slash British because he said how many are on comms. It's a very British way of saying things. Um, who are you picking? I'm going with Mauro Ronaldo as my play-by-play guy. I'm going with... Uh, for color. That's a tough one. I kind of like two. There's some good ones in the UFC. More, I, I'll go with Moro, DC, and Cruz because I'm trying not to use the same person twice. Backstage reporter, I'll go with Laura Sanko. On the desk, I mean, the desk is like, I don't want the desk a part of the broadcast before and after. When they go to the desk on Bellator during the broadcast, it's like, or whatever the sound is of the tire screeching, it just slows everything. But I think Anthony Smith does a great job. Bisping does a great job. Woodley does a great job. And that's that. Good question. Uh, Happy Wednesday, Ariel. John Wayne Parr came up in conversation on a previous show when you were discussing one of Brad Riddell's past fights. Yes. I would love to see the legendary gunslinger on your show. My question for you, what would it take for you to switch from Adelaide Crows to the Collingwood Magpies? Never. I'm a crow for life. Dear, dear Ariel from Abhisek, amongst the following... Who do you think has the best chance to recapture gold by the end of 2022? Davis and Figueredo, Max Holloway, Robert Whitaker, Jan Bohovic, Stipe Miocic, or Aljamain Sterling? Ha! Um, Figueredo, Holloway, Whitaker, Jan, Stipe. Gosh, tough. I'll go with either Holloway or Figueredo because they're actually going to fight for the belt. And who is the better ch- Man. I'll go with Figueredo. Better chance. Amongst the following, who do you think has the best chance to capture gold by the end of 2022? Valentina, 135. Alexandre Pantoja. Giga Chikadze. Isla Makachev. Hamza Chemaev. John Jones. Paulo Costa. Also tough. I'll go with Islam. Fun one. Your wildest prank. Man. I'm not a big prankster. I feel like I could think of one and I'm... I'm going to blank. I can't, I don't know. You stumped me on that one. Don't divulge that Jedi Goodman is your alias. He is not my alias. I don't have a burner. I promise. <clears throat> hey, Thug Nose, for the uneducated, can you explain how good Don Fry was? Man, that guy was as tough as they come. Oh, my gosh. Don Fry? I mean, just a man's man. When you look up man in the dictionary... Don Fry is the guy who comes up. He's got the voice. He's got the mustache. 
He's got the crazy fights. Don Fry was a legend. Of course, that amazing scene in, in Pride with Takayama, them going crazy. I mean, just incredible. Um, Don Fry, yeah, all-American legend. Super tough. One of the OGs of the game. Much respect to him. Hey, Ariel. From Lior, my good friend, my chevre. Happy Wednesday and happy Hanukkah. Hope you light the candles every day. I do. With the shocking release of Kevin Lee, remind me what, uh, remind me that Dana White quote, it's not a career, it's an opportunity. What is your thoughts on that? Bonus question, where's Chell Sonnen fit into this? As a friend, you should check on him as well. Only love from Israel. Listen, I was talking, look, the Kevin Lee thing, it's surprising, but it's not surprising. And I'll tell you why. <clears throat> So yes, is he on a losing streak? Yes, but there's guys in the UFC who are on much bigger losing streaks and uh, they're not being cut. Did he recently pop for USADA? Yes. Um, but that suspension is coming up and it wasn't the biggest deal. It wasn't an actual steroid, even something that you could deem a PD, Adderall, ADHD, all that stuff. I mean, come on, we've seen way worse. None of that really is coming into play here. I think there's a few factors that could be coming into play here. Number one, uh, Francis Ngannou and his manager, Markel Martin, aren't in the best graces of the UFC right now. This is the inside baseball that no one else wants to talk to you about, but I'll talk to you about it. Um, they're CAA guys, including Kevin Lee. CAA, Endeavor, I've never seen eye to eye. Now, are there CAA guys like George St. Pierre, who the UFC does business with? Yes, but of course, there are guys who they're going to do business with because they have to do business with because they're their big stars. And there's others who are more expendable. Francis, at the moment, is not expendable. Kevin Lee is expendable. Um, and so he might be a victim in all this, and that's very unfortunate. Sometimes we've seen some shocking releases, and it's like, hey, JDS didn't want to fight this guy, that guy already. He's on a losing streak. He's making a lot of money. Time to cut bait. That wasn't the case with Kevin Lee. And so one could only hypothesize that all the drama with Markel, you know, Markel is the manager for Francis and Kevin Lee, among others. And he had that somewhat public back and forth with Dana on social media where, um, you know, they booked that fight with Surreal Ghan and Derek Lewis for the interim title. And it got a little messy. And Francis has talked about a situation next year is going to be super interesting for Francis Ngannou. If Francis, my understanding is if Francis Ngannou loses that fight to Surreal Ghan, he's a free agent. And if he wins that fight, he's a free agent at the end of the year. Heavyweight champ. Even if he loses, let's say he loses the decision, because I don't think he gets knocked out by Surreal. I mean, there's still a lot of value in Francis Ngannou. So they're sort of betting on themselves there. So it's a super interesting situation. Hello. Oh, you just uh, you just lit the candles? Is that what just happened? Yep. Thank Happy you. Hanukkah. Thank you. I hope you did the prayers. Uh, appreciate you very much. Happy Hanukkah to all of you as well. Uh, yeah, Kevin Lee. It's a very unfortunate situation, but it's not the first time that someone who's associated to someone who they're not... Listen, the UFC has their favorites as far as managers go, and they have their not-so-favorites, and they make life difficult for the not-so-favorites. They could do business with whomever they want. They could choose to do business with you or not with you, talk to you, not you. That's just the way it goes. And trust me, every manager has felt it. Even the ones who are in their good graces right now, they've felt it out of their good graces. In their, I mean, it's, it's a political minefield. It really is. And you got to play the game right. And if you play the game right, then your fighters are going to get opportunities and maybe they're not getting the most amount of money, but they're going to get more opportunities. I mean, if you're butting heads 
you'll eventually maybe get the money, but it might be short-lived because they'll remember it. I mean, it's just a political minefield. I wouldn't want that job in, I mean, for a gazillion dollars. Tough one. I think Kevin Lee was caught up in all of that, if I'm being honest. Now, I don't know if anyone's going to admit this to all of us, but like that's, that's, that's the real truth. That's a shoot, brother. Ariel, how does someone like Kevin Lee get cut when they still roster fighters like Sam Alvey, who hasn't won eight, in eight fights? I, I just explained it. All respect to Alvey, but those are just the facts. I feel like Kevin Lee still has a few great fights left in him. Yes, he does. He's 29, and I can guarantee you right now, he will make more money outside of the UFC. There is a demand for people like him. He's still young. He's still talented. And right now, with the Trillers, with the PFLs, with the Bellators, with the One Championships, it's not the worst thing in the world to be a young fighter still under 30, still somewhat in your prime, available to work. There's money to be made. There's money to be made. And I think he'll make money. In five years' time, what major changes do you see in the UFC slash MMA? Example, Ali Act, new promotions, rule changes, innovation, collective bargaining, new president. I mean, the biggest one would be collective bargaining. Heck, we don't even have to talk about a union, an association, just a collective voice. That would be huge. Would love to see that happen. Ariel, you raised an interesting theory on Kevin Lee's manager potentially playing a factor in him being cut. My question to you is, what are the managers on the inside getting from the UFC? Is there anything other than the opportunities for their fighters? Example, kickbacks on the side. I don't know. I mean, look, it's, it, I don't think it's any kickbacks or anything like that. But, you know, it's politics. And if you can get in their good graces, and if you could do some, some things for them... I mean, I told the story one time of a fighter who was having trouble coming to terms with the UFC, and then all of a sudden another manager shows up in their hometown. They don't even live there at a lunch with their client, who's a friend of that manager, is like, hey, if we could get this deal done, you know, they'll keep you around. This stuff is happening. It's the Wild West. I mean, how about the fact that there are managers who run promotions? How about the fact that there are managers who are running promotions who, you know, you got managers running promotions, signing fighters, and then getting them into the UFC, and then managing those fighters once they get into the UFC. So they're signing them to managerial deals while they're fighting for their promotion, and then they're still repping them outside of the UFC. That is not allowed in the sport of boxing. That's one of the many things the Ali Act oversees. MMA, as I've said time and again, is in the leather helmet days. We are going to look back on this time in 20, 30 years and be like, wow, things were different. It's getting older. It's growing. It's evolving. But, I mean, there's pretty much no regulation other than the actual commissions. But in terms of the sport, like they're overseeing the rules, the fights, the events. But in terms of the sport, the structure of the sport, the checks and balances, the, the you know, whether things are on the up and up and kosher, it's the Wild West. I'm perplexed as to why these managers who supposedly have their fighters' best interests at heart are not negotiating better terms for the fighter with UFC. Because at the end of the day, it's in their best interest 
to be in the good graces of the UFC. At the end of the day, if you have a roster of 100 guys and you're constantly butting heads with the UFC, 50 guys, 40 guys, 30 guys, I mean, yeah. I mean, like if you're constantly butting heads with them, it's going to get hard. It's going to be hard to get things done. And so if maybe you don't push so much, fight so much, but stay in their good graces, maybe you're not getting guys who are getting the most, but they're going to do business with you and you'll be in a good spot. And so that's why I feel like some of these guys are more concerned with their relationship because at some point this fighter is going to be done. He's going to retire. He's going to get cut, whatever. You still have to stick there and, 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 and do business. So yeah, that is problematic. It is problematic to have all these fighters because at the end of the day, if I'm one fighter out of the 50 with multiple guys in my weight class, I'm thinking to myself, well, at the end of the day, are they fighting for my best interest? Are they foxholing it with me? Are they, are, they, are they truly going to battle for me? Or are they concerned about their relationship, their standing when I'm done? Tough spot. Perfect world, you get like one you know, you have like you have a, a manager who represents one person, two people. I know that's not ideal and, and, and not really realistic, but that would be the perfect scenario if you ask me. Chael P and DC hanging off a cliff. You can only save one. Who are you saving and why? I mean, come on. Why would you say that? I save them both. I throw myself off so they can live. Apology of this post multiple, t- multiple times. This website keeps doing weird things. Uh, with Hooker considering a potential move to featherweight, how would that play in with the fact that one of his training partners, Alex Volkanovsky, is the current champion? Here's the thing. I've, I've seen people say this, and I even saw some people say, like, how could you not ask, not ask Hooker about this? Can Dan Hooker win a fight at 145 before we start bothering him and Volkanovsky about this? Yes, I know. It's something to talk about. Volkanovsky's the champion. He's got all these guys like Max Holloway and Giga Chikadze and God knows who else who's coming up, Zabit if he comes back, blah, blah, blah. Hooker has to win a few fights before they have to worry about that problem. Why are you guys worrying about this now? What's up, Ariel? Only question I have is can you ask DC if he can get more fighters added to the UFC video game? I have a secret for all of you. He doesn't decide. He just has a sponsorship deal. And he talks about the ratings, and maybe he has a say in the ratings, but you really think he decides who's in the game? Come on, guys. Don't be marks. Can we expect a 2021 MMA tribute song later this month? Last year's tune to Odd Lang Sign was great. For all the acquaintance be forgot and then... You want them all? No, I think I'm done with that. That was pretty much an ESPN thing. It takes a lot of time to do that. I don't really feel like doing it. I've got enough. Once we get to the holidays, I'm out of here. Um, hi, Ariel. It seems that after you called out the ESPN MMA guys for not crediting sources, they appear to be doing it now. Ramundi actually does it in his tweets, but your best bud will add it to his tweet but not have it in the first tweet. Some don't read the subtweets, so it seems like he's giving credit but not because it's in the first tweet. I, you think they changed their policy? I don't know. I, I don't know. I noticed the second tweet thing. Not They do it a lot in baseball, by the way. I mean, I, not my thing. Look, if there's not enough characters, I get it. But more often than not, there are enough characters. 
that's not on me. You go ask other people why they're doing that. I, I really, I have never, I know there are people out there that want to make me out to be a bad guy, this and that. Oh, you're playing. I have never had a problem crediting. In fact, I have never understood why that is a weird thing to people, honestly. Now, if it's like a minute apart, two minutes apart, you're both working on it, all right, fine. But if it's like an hour, two hours, three hours, I've never understood that. Never understood it. You think that someone's going to go click on that other person's link and be like, ah, this is my new favorite journalist? Who cares? Never understood it. Not necessarily a question, but more of I'm stoked to finally be a part of this. I've been a fan for maybe seven, eight months. I don't miss a minute of your MMA Hour shows. Tight schedule, but I managed to finish each show before the next one comes. You're just a really great guy. Thank you. And I respect and admire you. Love how informative and entertaining you are. I've struggled with mental health, as we all have, so I can appreciate when you talk about those topics. Thank you. Love your shows. Each show that passes, I become more of a fan. Thank you. Now I can ask questions. Oh, uh, and you're doing a bang-up job. Wow, this is amazing. Roki, you're the man. I appreciate you very much. Ariel, any update on your potential role for Paul Fury? Yes. Uh, As I said earlier, I'll be doing the face-to-face stuff on the Thursday. I'll be working the weigh-in on the Friday. And then for the event, I'll be doing the in-ring post fight interviews, which I'm super psyched about, and the backstage locker room interviews too, which I'm very excited about as well. There's going to be some interesting people there. Tyson Fury in the house, Nate Diaz in the house. What's going to happen? I'm looking forward to that. Any update on Anderson Silva boxing again? No, but I'll look into it. Any update on Hasbula fighting? No, I'd be very surprised if that happens. Out of all the new up-and-comers, who are you most excited for? Ooh, wow. I think Ian Gary has a very bright future. Your favorite Canadian MOT and Crows fan here. Pretty sure I'm the only one, so we'll crown myself your favorite. I will give you a moment to correct what happened last week where you couldn't find your Crows jersey to display proudly and put it on for the rest of the show. It's right there. Wanted to wish you a happy Hanukkah and get your thoughts on whether you'd be open to doing some booth work for the new World Fight League. Not going to lie, wondering if you have... Uh, wondering if you have all the first scoops on the league because you will be a part of it. No, that is not true. I might have uh, some more on them next week. Look, the one thing I love about boxing and these opportunities are you don't have to work for the promotion to work on the broadcast. Unfortunately, in MMA, you have to work for the promotion to be on the broadcast. And I don't feel comfortable with that. So I wouldn't look for that. But I wish them the best, and I hope that they uh, they launch in 2023. Who wins, Bob Sapp or Bombardier? In, in their prime, Bob Sapp. Oh, here's Killashaw. The name is Thug Nose, the inspiration Thug Rose. He hands out 10-7 does to all his fellow foes who now work at Trader Joe's, but that's just the way it goes. You're his friend, he knows, so it's okay if your curiosity grows. He has large eyebrows, not relevant, but rhyming, so added. Wow. Not very nice. Ariel, what are your thoughts on all the changes to the Habs management in the last week? I think it's long overdue. Bergevin got a little more, you know, leeway after the great run last summer. 
time for a change. Thought it was interesting that they got rid of the media guy as well, the PR guy, Wilson. Do you like Jeff Molson as owner of the team? I think I think he's cool. I I think he has shown that he's willing to do whatever it takes to get the Canadians back on top. I think it's really interesting that Patrick Waugh has thrown his name into the hat. Um, usually I don't love when they try to go the nostalgic route. I just want the best guy for the job. The part that drives me nuts about Montreal is, and in particular the Canadians, they need a general manager who's bilingual. And I get it. It's Quebec. It's Quebec's team. You need someone who speaks French and English. But at this point in 2021, you get a tremendous translator and you get the best man or woman for the job. The best candidate. I don't care where they're from. I don't care what they speak. Heck, I don't care if they speak freaking Spanish. I don't care if they don't know how to speak English or French. Get the best person for the job. Enough of this politics. Oh, the captain has to speak both. Oh, the GM, the coach. They're never going to realize their potential if that's the way they're going to go about things. <clears throat> when are we going to see the Helwani NFT collection? I have none. People have reached out to me about it, but uh, I don't know. I just can't wrap my head around it right now. Shalom, questions for Frank, and he's not even here. What is it like to be the unsung hero of the show? What is the best MCU movie in your opinion? I don't even know what MCU stands for. Does anyone back there know what MCU stands for? I don't. Poor Frank. Left us high and dry. Hey, Ariel, out of all the people that are not on speaking terms with you or vice versa, which one bums you out the most? I imagine not people you'd consider have questionable character, but one where it's just a misunderstanding gone wrong with a good person. Hmm. Killshaw writes Man Miller, but we're not on bad terms. I will say there's, there's not many. Where I feel like, um, but you know, like obviously you don't want to have any beef with anyone. I'd correct all of it right now, but like think about how many fighters are in the sport, how many managers, how many officials, and there's like two, literally two that won't talk to me, that I can't, you know, pick up the phone right now. I can't pick up the phone right now and speak to this. This is the problem is when I pick up the phone, I, I see all this other stuff. Um, and 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 speak to these people. Two. I mean, that's a percentage of like 0.000001. So I'm good. Right now, I'm good. Uh, that could change, but right now I feel like I'm good. Hey, from Kamloops, BC, when are you getting Hamzat on? I've been trying to get Hamzat on, but, uh, and, 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 you know, he's not a dominance guy, but it's just been tough. He doesn't do a lot of media. I've been trying. I will keep trying. On that note, what are we doing to mend the Colby beef? Oh, yeah, the Colby, I guess Colby, the Colby one bums me out just because I went to bat for him so many times. And I have nothing, I mean, like, I didn't love the way he promoted the Woodley fight, but that one is kind of weird to me. So maybe I'll, I'll, I'll say Colby. What are we doing? I'm not doing much. Last time I sent him a text was several months ago. I don't want to be the guy who's texting him while he's, you know, about to fight for the belt or after the belt or right before the, the title fight. So I don't get it. I don't. But, you know, these things are going to happen. Uh, Shalom again. Non-Frank question. How does the stuff with Ali and Dominance get resolved? This show is obviously doing well, but I'd be remiss to say that interviews with Usman Gaethje would be awesome. How do you feel about those kinds of interviews being white whales currently? I mean, trust me, we got a lot of people to talk to. Would I like to talk to those guys? Of course. 
But I want to talk to people who want to be here, who want to be on the show. And if they don't want to be on the show, then God bless. <clears throat> few more. Hey, Ariel, two quick questions. What are the chances that the March 19th event in London has made a pay-per-view? Not hearing that. So yeah, Leon Edwards, Usman, not going to happen. Is there a chance we see Ian Gary on the card? Yeah, I think there could be a strong chance that happens. Have you listened to your fellow thugs debut album, Pasture Fire? Yes, Thug Nasty. It's tremendous. How do you rate it? An 11 on 10. Good morning, Ariel from Idaho. When Connor does return, do you think that'll even be bigger than when you return against Cerrone? Uh, no, because there were a couple losses since then. But I think it's always going to be big. Distance makes the heart grow fonder. He's still a massive draw, so I think it's going to be massive. Bigger than Cerrone? I don't know. But it's going to be big. There's no doubt about it. It's going to be a year plus since his last fight. Ariel, it has been well documented the success the UFC is having by using the Apex for fight night. I know everyone wants fight nights back on the road. I do think this will happen going forward at some point. My two questions, do you think fight nights will continue to be at the Apex on occasion, even when they start going on the road again? Yes. With the success of the Apex in Las Vegas, any chance the UFC would open a similar Apex in China or Europe? Great question. I haven't heard that. But that would be a great thing to invest in. I love that. Would love to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah. Would make life easier. Especially in Europe. P.S. Pastor Fire is the album of the year. Need that thug nose, thug nasty collabo. Amen. Hello, Hiawani. Excluding Connor, which active MMA fighter has so far managed their career the best to maximize income and exposure? Wow. I think Izzy's done a great job. I think later in his career, Nate has done a great job. I think uh, Max Holloway has done a great job as of late. I think Masvidal has done a great job as of late. Ronda obviously did a great job. There are some that aren't doing a great job, that aren't capitalized. I'm not going to throw shade, but there are a lot of fighters out there that I don't think are... Stipe, I think, did a great job um, capitalizing on their success and their marketability at this juncture in their lives because it's a, it's a small window of opportunity. Uh, did you know that Andy Foster of the CSAC is a retired fighter? Yes. And a 7-2 is a pro? Yes. And 6-0 is an Ami? Yes. I did know that. And I think that's why he's the best in the business. I've seen Colby Covington be on everyone and they mamas MMA show. Why hasn't he been on the MMA hour? Ask him mad at me I think he's mad at me for something I said on DC and Hawani and yet he talks to DC and DC agreed with me all I said was all I said all I had the audacity of saying was the Black Lives Matter stuff was a little too much in the build up to the Tyron Woodley fight and what I find so interesting about that was and I stand by it if you're going to play the heel and be sensitive about things that is that benign then what kind of a heel are you Come on. And remember, Colby and I didn't get off on the right foot, but then we really, I think, you know, had a good thing going. But if you're going to play the heel and be sensitive to criticism, then are you really a heel? And then what about this clip that emerges of, you know, him telling Kamaru, you know, I'm just trying to sell it. Here's the thing, guys. Like, if you're going to play the heel, let me give you a little pro wrestling tip. When, 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 I don't know, Shawn Michaels and, and, uh, and, and Bret Hart, if Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair, John Cena, CM Punk, Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, on and on it goes. If they have beef, real or not, 
on camera in the ring, they sure as heck aren't having those conversations in the middle of the cage. Now, of course it's different, but if you're going to take a page out of pro wrestling and sell things and work things, because that's what it is, and then in the ring, while you're mic'd up, while there's a thousand mics and people there, you're going to have those conversations. Save it for the back. Because guess what? It only hurts your credibility when you walk to the press conference 20 minutes later and then go rag on the guy. Or do an interview a week later and then go rag on the guy and say you didn't mean it. Just save that for the back. Stick to the gimmick. Now, if there was respect going in, whatever. But like, if you're, gonna, if you're then going to say, go to the press conference and be like, you know what? That was all for show. I don't mean it. I love the guy, respect the guy, then fine. But you sure as heck can't say that and then 20 minutes later go to the press conference and rag on the guy. You can't do that. Your credibility is shot. So kayfabe is important. Stick to it. Do that in the back, in the locker room. Just my two cents. Um, with the Cambosis Jr. win over the weekend, Australian, as an Australian, it was awesome. What moment in MMA is most similar in terms of build up the odds and entertainment? Wow. 13 to 1. I mean, Matt Sarah was pretty damn big. Matt, if kind of is a little Matt Sarah action, right? Uh, Salut de Montréal. How do you go about watching fights? Is your wife a fight fan and does she watch with you? Do you put it on the TV or the computer? I pretty much watch it on the computer. If there's multiple things going on, I have multiple things up and uh, I just sit basically in that chair where I have the fake background and all that. I just sit there and watch it because then I have to do all the stuff afterwards. So it's easier. I haven't watched a fight on a TV in a very long time. And my wife will sometimes pop in, but it's a not very comfortable setup and she's not a huge fan. So I don't really mind, but I don't do the multiple screens like GC. I just have all the little like players on the laptop and I watch it that way best setup no but it works for me because you can write you can check in your Twitter up all that stuff salut on call de Montréal as a new father I wanted to know if you had any tips you could share or something you wish someone had told you before you became a father uh, also uh, when are you coming back to Montreal uh, hopefully in April for Passover would you consider doing a fan meet up there yeah, I would love to, but it's hard because like you have so many family members to see and friends and you kind of just want to be in that mode. But one of these days I would love to do something in Montreal. It would feel really fitting and mean a lot to me. Um, as far as new father, I would just say to enjoy every moment from the moment you find out that you're going to be a father to the final days as uh, a single couple, if you will, with no kids to the craziness at the hospital to the first, you know, trip back home. Like I would just really try to take it all in and enjoy it. Some of my favorite moments, I'll never forget one moment, my son, Oliver, who's nine now, my oldest was five days old. Uh, and I'll never forget. It was early May, maybe like May 4th, 5th. There was a Bellator card. I was watching it, I think on Spike and he was sleeping in the bassinet next to me. And it was a beautiful spring Friday night in Brooklyn and the windows were up and I just was like looking at him and in the bassinet and being like, I can't believe I have a kid. I can't believe I'm a dad. And this is just so nice. It was just, it's like a, a, a moment of feeling that stuck with me. Another one was my daughter, who's now five, was maybe six days old, sleeping next to me in our bed. 
and the Cubs just won the World Series 2016. And I remember looking at her and being like, people have waited 100 years for this. You're five days old. You're obviously not watching this. But I'll never forget her tiny, tiny body right next to me um, while I'm watching the Cubs beat the Indians uh, late night. That was the week of UFC 205, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so just appreciate those moments. Appreciate the kids. Don't sweat the small stuff. Uh, don't let the the frustrations, you know, consume you. Appreciate all that stuff because it goes by really fast. And every step is great. Every milestone is great. Make a big deal out of the birthdays. Enjoy those moments. Appreciate the happy moments. Celebrate the happy moments. And, uh, and just take it all in with a smile. I wish you the best. Uh, who is the most famous person you have in your contacts? Wow, that's a tough one. Uh, I don't want to out them. What is the particular moment you point to in your professional career where you got the I made it feeling? There's been a lot. Um, I mean, obviously doing the TV stuff was big. Um, doing the NBA stuff was big. Doing the in-ring stuff was big. Coming back and doing this show was big. Having this show where people come in studio is a big deal for me. I mean, there's been a lot. I feel very lucky. But I tell you what, I feel like there's more to do. I don't think I've officially made it. I, I haven't had that like, holy crap, put my feet up, hands behind my head. I am the man. I made it. I haven't felt that yet. The greatest piece of advice you've ever been given well, it wasn't given directly to me, but something that has stuck with me throughout my entire career is 80% of success is just showing up. And so early on, I just wanted to be everywhere, show up, work hard, be professional, um, and just be there. Say yes to everything, because then good things happen. You meet people. Um, Hilwani, I keep breaking the rules of this chain and getting mansplained by your loyals, and I just want to say that I'm loyal too. Them's were dark days when you were off the air. I went to some dark MMA pod places. So apologies in advance, but here are some repeat questions that haven't been answered. You're the man. Have you reached out to any boxing reporters to come on the show and talk about the brilliance of that Crawford fight a couple weeks ago? No, but I do love talking to the boxers and uh, I'd love to have more on. We might have a big one on next week. Why do some journalists only give credit in the comments, knowing it will get less recognition than in their initial tweets? You guys are smart, smarter than I thought. I don't know. Don't ask me. It's a weird thing to do, and I would never do it now. Again, if you run out of characters, I get it. I get it. But that move afterwards is a weird one. Uh, what do you think of the format of the triangle added to the fights last week? I, I dug it. I dug it. I didn't mind it. Uh, outside of combat sports, you comment on other sports, but not so much hockey. Do you actively watch and follow the sport? I'd say of the of the other sports, NBA number one, um, NFL number two, Bills. It's really Knicks, Bills, Jays, and Habs are together. When it was the Expos, it was Knicks, Bills, Expos, and depending on the season, I was all in on whichever team is playing. Um, but yeah, hockey was always number four for me, believe it or not, from Montreal. Hey, Ariel, my friend Justin and I are huge fans of your musical talent. We often run back the original MMA hours on Fire Jam. Wow, MMA hours on fire. Can we expect a new original MMA hour track from Thug Nose? If you want it, I'll do it. What's the best possible move for Kevin Lee? PFL, Triller, make that money. 
Why do you always announce your guests in reverse order? That's a great question because then I end on the first guest and they're up first. All right, Ariel, I went to Sasabune this week. Pretty good recommendation. What's the next restaurant we're going to? Wow, you actually listened to me? God, I'd love to go to Sasabune. Okay, next restaurant. Um, oh, what is it? Um, there's one, there's a Turkish restaurant on like 73rd and 2nd. God. Man. There it is. Ochomoko. Where, where, tell me where. Tell me where. It's it. Wow, I used to live right next to Greenpoint. O-X-O-M-O-C-O. O-X-O-M-A-C-O. By the way, when you're talking to me, can they hear you or not? Okay. O-X-O-M-A-C-O. That's Tucker's brother, uh, brother's Mexican restaurant? He's the sous chef there. Uh, this is Mike. Michelin star. Wow, sounds fantastic. Okay, uh, is gas a good thing or a bad thing? Good thing. It's lit. Uh, Mike, next week we need a review in, uh, in the comments here. Ochomoko in Greenpoint, let us know. <clears throat> hey, Ariel, hope you had a fantastic Thanksgiving. We've been hearing a lot of names for Hamza Chemaev's next opponent. Who are your top three most realistic opponents he could face? I mean, it's up in the air. Gunny, I'm down. Neil Magny, I'm down. Pick anyone, just not Nate Diaz. Any update on what's going on with Anthony Rumble Johnson? Heard he's still very sick and uh, future up in the air, but not COVID. What's up from, uh, MT, uh, from ATL? Have you been watching Curb Your Enthusiasm? I didn't watch any of it. Haven't watched any of it. I feel like the show's run its course. It's been on too long. Uh, it's been on like freaking 20 years. Cheers from the 404. Shout out GC who made it to the big city. Shout out. Uh, three more, two more questions for you, this time fight-related. Does Henry Sudo finally give up on trying to have his return fight for a title and accept the fight? I think he'll fight again. What are the odds that we see Connor's return be against Dustin for the fourth time? Low. Uh, what is going on with the rumor that UFC 271 is going to be in Seattle? I've heard Seattle is being discussed, but I haven't heard it specifically for any specific show, but... Uh, newish arena that they renovated where the crack and play would make a lot of sense. One of my favorite cities, Seattle. UFC on Fox 5, I think, was there. Diaz Henderson and some others. DJ fought there. Great city. Love it. Last one from our good friend Christopher. My question is, how far is too far for an MMA show when it comes to ads? Have you seen the estimable... Chael Sonnen hawking lords and ladies titles with ads on a show. What? It appears to be half pyramid scheme, half fraudulent microland grab, but there he is advertising for them. I don't know what that is. Is there a line here? Uh, I mean, the podcasts that I like out there that, you know, I listen to don't have a ton, but I get it. You got to make your money. You can fast forward, whatever, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not the judge and jury. New podcast that I love right now, highly recommend Wrestling with Freddie, Freddie Prince Jr.'s new wrestling podcast, former WWE creative team member. He pretty much sits there for 45 minutes and tells you old stories of his time working there. It's absolutely riveting. I couldn't recommend it enough. He's great at telling the stories. Go check it out. There's my rec for the day. And also check out Ocho Moco in uh, Greenpoint. Oh. Oh, O-X-O-M-O-C-L. We almost blew it, but we saved the day.
Go check it. I, I want some Ochomoco right now, if I'm being honest. All right. Thank you to everyone who sent in questions. I appreciate you all very much. We've gone a little over here, but these are the things we have to do when you send in so many great questions. Everyone good? Everyone good. Al, you can hit my music. Yeah, my phone was buzzing this whole time. All right. All good in the hood. Wow, 38 texts. That's a lot of texts. I'm a very popular guy. Don't know if you know this. It's the only show where we'll shoot straight with you. We'll give you the goods. We'll give you the truth. We'll give you the biggest names in the sport. What more do you want? We might be coming after the boxers as well. I mean, look out, Boxing Media. We're coming after you too. Why not? We ain't scared. We ain't scared. In any event, it's time to call it a day. Thank you very much to everyone who stopped by today. Uh, thank you very much to Calvin Cater. It's weird. I announced the guests backwards, but I thank them forwards. I wonder why. I'm not sure. Thank you very much to Calvin Cater. Good luck to him on January 15th. Good luck to Rob Font on Saturday against Jose Aldo. Thank you very much to Kevin Lee. Sorry to hear what happened, but appreciate him coming on, especially before the flight, and can't wait to see where he lands next. Thank you very much to Sergio Pettis. Good luck to him on Friday against Kyoji Haraguchi. Thank you very much to Gunnar Nelson. Great stuff. Great to connect with him once again. Good luck to Brad Riddell. Big fight for him this Saturday against Rafael Faziev. Hey, Mallory Martin going to walk out to it? We'll find out. Thank you very much to RDA Rafael Dos Santos for stopping by. Great stuff for him. Thanks to the crew. Thanks to all of you. Back on Monday. Same time and place until I say peace. I'm out of here.